Hello there, welcome to episode number 12 of True Cult Pop. It's me, Stephen Hill. I am here and I am joined by my very own little helper since we get into that Christmas period. Me, Santa. Him, Rudolph. Your red-nosed bastard. It's Sam Slight. I'm such a bloody lush. Got whiskey nose coming out my ears. I called you an elf and a reindeer. And a reindeer, And then just slagged you off as well. What a wanker. That's not very festive, is it? It's not in the Christmas spirit. It's about as Christmassy as Die Hard. How you been, Sam? Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have time for that conversation. No, no, we'll do that another time. (laughs) But how how you been, mate? How's things going? You good? I've been good, thank you, mate. I am uh, at a point in my life, have been for probably the last three or four years, where I don't give a fuck about telling people that I like the festive period. So I've been having a nice time enjoying serving all the fucking wanker Christmas drinkers who come through the hospitality industry this time of year. So, But no, I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good. I'm bloody good to hear it, mate. Good to hear. I'm good as well. Um, didn't ask. So. Well, yeah, I know you didn't. I'm very rude, actually, to, for you to not <laughs> ask. But um, uh, if you uh, follow us on... Uh, do you know what? I never shout out our social media or anything like that, right? I'm going to say, go and give us a follow on Instagram and on Facebook. And, I mean, if you're on... Particularly if you're on Apple Music, where we've had a couple of not-so-nice reviews. If you'd like to give the show a review since we get into the end of the year... Please go and give the show a little five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can even write a thing saying, oh, aren't Steve and Sam great? Isn't it really good? That would be really nice. That's what we want for Christmas. People usually ask that uh, in every episode. We try and ask it like maybe once a year or so. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be really nice. I bring this up because I've been permanently banned from Twitter for pointing out that, that we are all mere mortals. Now you think like, you, you mouthy prick, I'm sure you did get banned from Twitter. I got banned from Twitter for fucking, after Pompey, my football team, lost. I went, the only positive you can take from that is that one day we will all die. And yeah. then, oh, that, that's threatening behaviour. No, it isn't. So, um, I'm, said, I'm... You've definitely said worse to me I, on Twitter. I, like, I, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm not getting another Twitter. Fuck you, Elon Musk. I'm not getting another Twitter account. So, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, I now just will be... Um, our Twitter account, which is at True Cult Pop on Twitter. So if you want to follow us on Twitter uh, and you can talk to me and ask me stuff, but I will not, I will not be making a new Twitter account. That's quite a personal way to start the podcast. I also want to see, because we don't have much time this week. I just want to say, I can't really, don't really have time to do a full review. I went to see Girls Against Boys at the Garage mm. last week. And I wanted to mention it because they're a band who, it was proper like bad back core um like just men in their 40s at that gig um if you don't know girls against boys they're a a new york based kind of post punk post hardcore band that don't really sound like a hardcore band from the 90s they have a bunch of albums phoenix luxury number one baby amazing house of girls against boys they were celebrating the 25th anniversary of that even though it's actually 26 years old now and um, I really like Freak on Icker, and I particularly like You Can't Fight What You Can't See, which was their last album, which came out, I think, in 2002. They've done nothing since then. And it was probably one of those things where you go, well, everyone here, there's a bunch of people that I knew, shout out, you know, all my sort of uh, middle-aged... All the chugger boomers. <laughs> yeah, that were there. Um, lovely to see you all. We had a lovely time. And, um, and honestly, like, I know there's that cliche of, oh, they've never sounded better. Girls Against Boys sounded exactly the same as they sounded back in the 90s. I only ever saw them once, opening the main stage at Reading in 1999. They are such a brilliant band. And if you like any of the kind of post-punk, 
post-hardcore-y sort of sexy Fugazi, which is essentially what they are. They're essentially like, I think I, I tried to explain them to, to you, Sam, and you called them Ian McKay in a pencil skirt. Yeah, well, that sounds quite sexy. And, and I think that to does me, sound so, yeah. very sexy. And a little you know, black it's, number. It's uh, <laughs> absolutely, and it's um, it's a great pitch. I mean, they don't quite sound like Ian McKay in a pencil skirt, but you got to no. get on that. It's a fucking great band. What Mate, a great I've, band! I've already listened to House of a couple of times this week off the back of you telling me how good it was. And I'm curious. I know you're not going to review the show in full, but you sent me a video of them doing a Joy Division cover, and just yeah. through like mobile phone speakers, it sounded fucking great. Was the sound mm. particularly good in the garage that night? Yeah, they sounded brilliant. Like Excellent. I don't really remember the garage sounding good or bad at any point. Particularly, it's always sort of sounded fine. It's always okay. I go to the garage it? and you go, like, oh yeah, it sounds great. I've never gone, wow, it sounds amazing. But I've certainly never gone, God, it sounds shit in here, doesn't it? Mm. So the garage, you know, consistently sort of decent sound. I thought Girls Against Boys actually, like I say, I mean, Scott McLeod's vocals, which he has a very, very instantly recognisable, quite unique vocal style. He sounded brilliant. They've got two bass players. Um, just really, really good. And the set, I mean, they couldn't really fuck up. With their back catalogue, they couldn't really fuck up. Although, like I say, they didn't play anything post-1996 and they've got some really great albums post that. I think my favourite album of theirs came out sort of after that and they didn't play anything from it. And yet, still, I thought it was absolutely excellent. They are a great band. Do go and check Girls Against Boys out because I feel like they're a sort of lost band, if you like. Mm. Sort of a lost band. Um, anyway, that's a very, very brief review. I should say on the show this week, we are basically not reviewing anything. Um, we're getting to that point where it's the end of the year. As I mentioned, it's nearly Christmas. It's nearly time for us to be sort of tucking up all of the loose ends of the year in the world of music. And so we decided this week, because you don't just want to listen to our opinion, we're trying to get as much musical variety as we could. We've asked some of our peers, some of our friends, some people that we know, some people that we respect to come on and give us their take on what has been happening here in 2022 so um i said i tried to do by the way i said to try to do a kind of diverse podcast so by doing that we've invited five white men on the show <laughs> Why break I, am tradition, a, eh? I, I am i am aware of what that looks like but can i just say can i just say um I, I did ask i did ask a kind of i asked a lot of people i said a myriad of people uh, a lot of people and um some people's schedules just didn't kind of add up to it or we didn't hear back from people in time or we didn't do it so don't think that you know that that was just me going oh everybody needs to hear from some more white men <laughs> definitely um that's such an underrepresented way. group <laughs> yeah andrew yeah. tate told me we're marginalized <laughs> exactly yeah it was it was purely by accident but that, but, <laughs> but still like love love all the, the the people that did um take a time to have a little chat with us so that's coming up in a little bit um and next week it will be the top 20 albums of the year, the next two weeks. Mm, Sam's yes. next week and mine the week after, or mine next week and Sam's week after. We haven't decided yet, but then we're going to be getting into all of that good old end of year stuff. Before we go any further, I should say, go to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop and you can sign up for our exclusive content there. We have, if you're listening to this podcast, the day that it comes out, a new Your Cult Pop coming tomorrow on Jersey's Best Dancers by Lifetime. A bit like Girls mm. Against Boys. If you're not familiar with this band, expect to hear me verbally waz myself off over and, one of... And threaten me, of course. And threaten Most me. Most importantly. Threatening. Yeah. Mm. You yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Aggressive to you, wasn't I? It's a strong, it's a bold intro to that episode, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> if you like The Departed I mean... and 
crushed scrotums. <laughs> sign up, sign up, I reckon. And uh, the, the the police will be called at some point, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so any amount of money you can suggest an album. Someone suggested Jersey's Best Dancers, which is fucking great, incidentally. And uh, yeah, we did that. And if you want to sign up for our true classic pop um, five pound tier, we just did what I think is thus far our finest one of these yet, if mm. I say so myself. Uh, Listen About Prejudice, Volume 1 by George Michael. Going in, in a probably for the first time, big, on a really, really big pop artist, away from the world of rock and metal and stuff. Um, it was a bit of a... Uh, no, it was a risk. It was a bit of a risk, but it was, a bit of, it was just something different. Um, but I think we've pulled it off, Sam, if I do so yeah. myself. Uh, I, I'm happy to say that in terms of... It's not my favourite album that we've covered in the classic series. It is my favourite episode we have done of one of them, though. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic chat. Really, really cool. Uh, and I hope everyone really enjoys it. So yeah. go and listen to that. Do go and listen to that. I would love for you to listen to that. And I'd love to get uh, your thoughts on what you reckon, even if you're not a George Michael fan. Even if you're not in, you, you thought you weren't interested in George Michael, you didn't know anything about George Michael or whatever. Um, I'd be interested in your thoughts on the record. And I'd certainly be interested in your thoughts on George Michael himself. So... Like I say, patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. Now, we're just going to get straight into it because this is going to be a fucking long episode because we spoke to people. <laughs> we ended up speaking to people for a little bit longer than we did think we were going to be doing, but that's all good. But um, we didn't just want to get our guests' opinions on what has happened this year. I put the call out on Twitter, as I said, at true cult pop on Twitter. Um, you put the call out on our socials for your albums of 2022 and you delivered. Thank you so much for everyone who put their top three albums in um, for the voting process for what is the True Cult Pop Listener Album of the Year poll thing. We had 131 different records nominated across all platforms. There's some people who messaged on Patreon, a couple of people in the download forum. Um, obviously, Twitter was, was the main one. A couple of people messaging me from various other places. And... The different albums name-checked across those 131 albums was such a broad spread. It went from Ashen Sphere to Charlie XCX to Yard Act to Parkway Drive to Rina Sawayama and to... And I'm not making this up. This they did get one... Muse got one vote. Oh, dear. <laughs> Unlucky. And, he, and even... I can't remember who sent him. They even went fuck you <laughs> in brackets like, i had a good time fuck you like, mate, don't, don't need to apologize mate don't need to apologize but even no, muse, no, no, no. even muse got a nomination for our, our our album of the year so it just goes to show how broad the spectrum is i'm delighted that yes. red hot chili peppers didn't because i can at least go like oh yeah the muse album's funny red hot chili peppers is just a disgrace frankly <laughs> but um thank yeah. you so much we have crunched the numbers and we have a top 15 for the albums of the year we have a top 15. I'm going to read them mm. out from 15 down to number one. Uh, number 15, Blending by High Viz. Fucking lovely stuff. Cracking lovely, record. Lovely, stuff. Can't argue with that. Number 14, Hiss by Wormrot. Again, excellent. Singaporean mm -hmm. grind at its finest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In God's Country by Chatpile, number 13. Yeah. Um, a, Hard work. A very, very abrasive listen. I mean, that's definitely a bit of me, isn't it? I'm, it I'm not arguing against that one. It is. Number 12, Unison Life by Brutus. I've not listened to this. Oh, mate, it is smashing. You should. It, is it? Did you like Nest? Did you yeah, like yeah, Brutus? Yeah, yeah, I did. Brutus, I, I, yeah, I like Brutus, yeah. I, I think this is as good, if not a slight improvement. It's not really reinventing the wheel, but they've they've pulled another blinder, mate. That's a great okay, album. Cool. Number 11, Erebus by Venom Prison. 
Lovely stuff. Bit it's of death album, metal. That. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. They're probably the best for me. There's the best death metal album of the year, I reckon. Uh, Black Country New Road, Anthem Up Here is our number 10, which is cool to see. Kind of surprised it's that low, to be honest, because that is an mm. album that has done very, very, very well across a very broad spectrum of listeners and publications, etc. Uh, but great to see it in there, definitely. Yep. Uh, Heavy Pendulum by Cave In was number nine. Lovely stuff. I mean, uh, Stephen Brodsky and Nate Newton, get him in every band. I just saw <laughs> yeah, um, just saw Little Sims has got a new album out next year. Get Nate Newton get to guest on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number eight was Where Myth Becomes Memory by Rolo Tomasi. Excellent. I've not really uh, gone back to that so much, to be honest, but yeah, it's good, yeah. I've gone back to it a fair bit. I, I, I When I first heard it, I was like, my God, they've actually equaled uh, Time Will Die. I don't think they have quite done that, but it's it's a strong follow-up. And they played a blinder when I saw him at the start of the year in uh, in Nottingham. They were on fine form, so good. Cool, cool. Uh, number seven is the Callous Dow Boys with Celebrity Therapist. Excellent. Bit mad, Which isn't I, it? Yeah, like mad. that. That's yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. Number six, Impera by Ghost. Yeah, I surprised that was so high. Um, really? not not disappointed, I mean, but album. I'm. It is a big album, but I I feel like the response to it out outside of kind of, well, I suppose the only response I've really seen to it is publication responses and then Metal Hammer Facebook comments. It's not entirely representative, but I don't feel like I've seen so many people talking about Ghost so much. But it's another strong Ghost album, so hey, yeah. fair enough. It's good. Uh, number five, top five, Dysphoria Problems by Soul Glow. Yeah, which lovely, is a great lovely, record. Lovely. Obviously, yeah, yeah. we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks. Number four, again, another great record. Zelenada by Zelenada. Yep, smashing. They absolutely obliterated the Royal Albert Hall with Meshuggah earlier this year. Mm. I thought they made more sense then than Meshuggah, and I fucking love Meshuggah. So, yeah. well done, Zelenada. Number three, Angel in Real Time by Gang of Youths. Obviously, I went pretty fucking hard on that record. Yeah, that's it. It's. Um, a beautiful album. Beautiful mm. album. Deserving of the bronze medal at the very least, I would say. Yeah. Number two, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Number I two. mean, yeah. You'd have to good have something to see. fucking good to beat that, wouldn't you? I mean, i tell you what, great to see that in amongst, this is quite a guitar, you know, like obviously we're a new podcast and I know a lot hmm. of you listening, you, you like guitar music. Um, and there were lots of, you know, like I say, different shouts to you know Way's Blood and um, uh, well, I think like you know Dental Curry was one mm-hmm. that got nominated as well. We had a, you know a lot of do I think Post Malone had a couple of votes and stuff as well. So you know, a lot of votes for individual little things here yeah, and there. Yeah. But um, good to see Kendrick like that high up. Obviously, very good. You know, you you lot are right. And <laughs> number one, the True Cop Pop Listener Album of the Year deservedly by some, so by some margin as well i have to say mm. is they fear us by ithaca a fucking superb album i'm really really heartened that so many people have got behind it i mean ithaca have done really well um if if you're a metal hammer reader just turn mute your phone for five seconds spoiler alert they just got number three in the metal yeah. hammer album of the year i'm so fucking happy to see ithaca getting these critical plaudits fair yeah. fucking play fucking great record and i'm sure it won't be the last time this year that that gets mentioned um i reached out to jamila from the band to say hey jamila by the way you've got album of the year from our listeners and she sent me a message back saying thank you to everyone that voted for they fear us and also bought the album or came to a show it means so much to us that so many people connect with the record and what we're trying to do self-love and healing is a revolutionary act and also trans rights and a cab forever so totally on point for jamila yeah lovely to see <laughs> uh, and well done like uh, you know uh, we'll talk about that album i'm sure more in the future but there you go thanks to everyone who voted and chucked us your top threes got 
A, a really, really good list, and B, loads of things I hadn't listened to that I am now going to go and listen to. So, mm. cheers. We appreciate that. Uh, your your show is our show or some shit. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get our first guest on. So, we spoke to a man who we'd spoken to previously, a lovely man, the front man of Ohms, Paul Waller. He does the Year in Horror podcast, which I've appeared on a couple of times, talking about Michael Jackson and, of course, ghost watch as well the scariest thing that's ever happened paul is a lovely man and we felt mm. we owed it to him to have a chat to him after we mugged off kiss his favorite band he gave <laughs> us some money and we mugged off his favorite band so we thought we we need to get him on and let him have his say on a variety of things which he did um so here we are talking to the one and only mr paul waller here he is um fresh from having his little heart broken by Sam and I after we slagged <laughs> off Kiss. 2022 has been a hard year for you, isn't it, Paul? Uh, to listen to two men who you massively respect slag off your favourite band. Come on now, your... come on now. <laughs> slag off your favourite band. Did you enjoy that, by the way? We did, for those of you who don't know, we did, we, did a, we did a Patreon thing on Kiss because Paul suggested it. Thank you for your contribution, Paul. And then we weren't that keen on it. I absolutely loved it. When that came in, when I got the ping, I was so excited and yeah, pretty much agreed with everything you said. Um, but yeah, totally upsetting since then. Australia's been knocked out of the World Cup. Like, I'm not having it. Like I'm Australian. This is bad. This is bad. Bad year. The yeah. worst. Well, don't worry, mate, because we're going to do music from the elder at some point. And that'll mm. probably be 2023. So that's already looking up, isn't it? It can only get better from here, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. Surely. It's not going <laughs> I mean, if you want an album full of Christine 16-esque songs, we'll go with that. The older it is. Oh, what a lovely little spoiler. Um, <laughs> what a nice tease. <laughs> what, a, what a lovely tease. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, mate, how's, how's, uh, how's your year been? In general? Uh, yeah, apart from the most recent thing ever since, uh, ever since you did that episode on Patreon, um, it's been pretty good. Bands um, is all ready to go for next year. So Ohms is like full ready. We're just waiting for that mm -hmm. album to come out. Um, we can announce some festivals and whatnot. And then um, the podcast is doing better than it's ever done. Like it's really exciting. I don't know if you guys look at the charts when they come out every week or whatever, but I do. And like just to see my name in those charts is so Oh, I just love it. I love uh, it. I, I, I really love the podcast. I've become a hardcore, not just because I've been on it, but although thank you for having me on, by the way, and I did very much enjoy that. It's funny, oh, just as an aside, Paul, we just nothing to do anything, but I, I went to um, Lost Boys Pizza in Camden on Saturday, right? And they've got loads of horror paraphernalia in there. <laughs> they've got a load of VHSs on the wall. Guess what fucking VHS had on the wall? Ghost, oh, no. They actually had Ghostwatch on VHS on the wall. Oh, crikey. Wow. Scared the you, you were coming. It's terrifying. It's a rare treat, that one. I know. You got that on VHS? No, I got the news. After we chatted, I knew there was a Blu-ray about to come out, and then it finally got announced, and oh, I've got it now. But yeah, finally, nice sprinkly new one. Too scary to be in my house, to be honest. But, um, but mate, I, yeah, I do. I, I really, I've enjoyed the podcast, and I enjoy your takes on horror, and I enjoy a lot of your guests, and it's just, it's just good. It's also that the production quality is really good as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I tell you, I, I mean, it's I, I. I've started Patreon, um, 
because I, some uh, fella sent me a stack of money and just out of the blue and said, thank you for what you've done. And it was a lot of money. And I was just like, Jesus. Okay. Because he asked me for my uh, PayPal, uh, which I'm glad to give to any of you that want to send me a big stack of money. Go on, but, give it a little, give it, give it a plug. No, 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 no. Um, just go <laughs> to a year in horror Patreon yeah, if you want to... Uh, if, if you want to join in. But honestly, I set it up and I was just completely shocked that people care because I don't... With this, with the horror podcast, it's not like any of the band stuff. I don't want to do anything mainstream with it. I just want to be completely underground. I haven't got like any social media except Facebook. And I mean, who goes on Facebook anymore uh, and does that? You know, it's just no. I don't want to, to do it properly. And... I quite like that. I got offered. Um, I got offered to do ads, uh, which I thought, well, how, who gets that? I was like, oh, fantastic, and I turned it down. So far, <laughs> uh, I can't Ian see McLean, it lasting long. Podcasting. Oh, but man, what what a great position to be in! Like, I'm so chuffed. This year's been so good for it. So yeah, I'm really pleased with everything. And that, that guy that just sort of kicked my butt and sent me that money. It's just mm. like, right, well, I better do something for that money now. So yeah, thank you. Oh, it's been good. Yeah, mate, I really, really enjoyed the podcast. Go and listen to it um, if you're interested in horror at all. We'll talk about horror in a little bit. But first, let's talk about music. We've got you on here. Just sort of review the year. Talk about your favourite stuff. Favourite five albums. How hard was it to pick five records from this year for you, Paul? Not really. Uh, not really hard at all. Like, there was four that I knew I wanted in there, and I took a, a fifth one, which we'll go through in a minute. Um, but, yeah, as I mentioned to you previously when I was chatting with you i just think it's not been uh, a really good year for music for me um because i've just really cut back on what i'm listening to i've gone so hard into the the podcast that literally half the amount of albums i've listened to maybe two new ones a week tops um mm. usually one new one a week and it used to be like every day there would be a new album that i would thoroughly rinse like thoroughly and yeah, not the case. I know. I know you guys do it for a living, um, and I never got burnt out. I just switched to films like that. But yeah, I don't know. So I, I can I can honestly say I haven't got that repertoire to choose from that you have. So we'll see. Like I so don't know I, that list. Do you know them records I sent you? Yeah, right. So you sent them to me, and then my Twitter on Twitter, and then my Twitter account got suspended for <laughs> what I think we've probably we haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure I'll I'll have already have addressed this. Um, free the Twitter <laughs> one, free the free the slightly annoyed Pompey one, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I did have it, but then I forgot. But I know a couple of them I remembered, but um, I don't think Sam knows. So it, we're going in blind, Paul. So kick us off with your Sweet. your your fifth choice. All right, first of all, I just want to say, Sam is so young. Ridiculously, I've just seen his <laughs> face for the first time today. I <laughs> so am, young. and I've always looked young for my age. I remember I worked in a hotel in Bournemouth in 2014, so I would have just been sort of 20, turning 21, and I genuinely looked like a 13-year-old. Like It was awkward when I had to ID people <laughs> over the bar, because it was like, I feel like you should be doing that to me, really. But yeah, <laughs> there we go. Young at heart, so, you know. Yeah, young friend single. <laughs> He's your <laughs> Sorry, go on. Anyway, yeah, he is young and he is young. Um, yeah. yeah Good looking fella. All right, okay. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so here Let's we go. not go too far. <laughs> all right, all right, easy. Um, Jockstrap was my number five. Ah, uh, okay. Jockstrap. Go on. So, yeah, all right. Now, uh, 
I don't know what this is. Do you know what this is, Sam? Um, I I am aware of it. Um, I I remember it coming out, and I remember seeing a fair bit of buzz about it. And then I I I, I had it on my sort of like to listen to list for quite a long time, and I've been meaning to get to it. I wish I'd have seen this list beforehand because it would have prompted me to do it. Because I just saw on um Friday before recording, uh, Quietus's album of the year, Jockstrap. All right. Mm. Okay. Well, you can blame me or Elon Musk for why you didn't get the. The, the the note in advance but that's another story but go on then um so quietest album of the year your fifth favorite album paul go on talk to yeah. record then i'm amazed at that stat that's that's incredible for them as well like that mm. must be oh wow uh yeah um it came out in september on rough trade um but i knew it because of this one standout song I just love a dance around the kitchen with my dog in my arms and we listen to this song. It's called 50-50. I just love the song. So when the album came out, got it. And it's my one that I didn't put in my favourites, but I just had to mention it. It's very eclectic. Like it doesn't hold together very well. And it's that's a fault with it. But as individual tracks go, there are some absolute killer songs on this. And as I say... 50-50, it starts, you mentioned once in one of your intros, like one of you really liked musical youths, Pastor Duchy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that, yes. It starts off with a very similar sort of thing to the way that starts off, which just gets me like really fired up because I also love Pastor Duchy. And then it swings into this vocal glitch that doesn't stop and it's ridiculously fast and ridiculously hooky. And yeah, as I say, I just pick my dog up and we go, do, 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 do. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Any song you can dance to with your pets is yep. immediately elevated to great song status, I think. <laughs> You're right. That's fair, isn't it? You're right. I, I think so, that's a fair assessment. I mean, um, it has to be really good if you've got like, uh, I don't know, goldfish. But uh, yeah, I, I back it. Yeah, it would have to be yeah, um, uh, Under the Sea from uh, The Little Mermaid, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is basically just that. <laughs> it's, yeah. so, it's so ridiculously close to that. Yeah, you're on, you're on the you're on the nail head, everything. But I want to say, again, if you're going to this on my recommendation, please be aware that it is patchy, right? And it doesn't mm. flow very well. It, okay. It's a big issue. Sounds interesting, though. It's made me want to... So actually, now you said, like, I, did, I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm sort of familiar with the name, and I'm probably... I'm looking up the because you got you obviously got to be a bit careful when you, uh, when you <laughs> Google, Google jock strap, strap haven't yeah. you? But oh yeah, I think I know. I recognise the <laughs> artwork. Okay, yeah, I am aware of this without really. But I'm kind of like my 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 sort of subconscious is aware of this record more than I am. Okay, I'm it's check that shit out. artwork. What do you think of that artwork? Well, it's not great, but I've seen it. Right. I recognise it. Put it that way. <laughs> I think I recognise when people going, this is really good. So I probably should have paid attention to that, but I probably might have been the artwork that put me off. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be checking that out. You can check that out, Sam. Oh yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I mean, you saying patchy but eclectic. I mean, it's like yeah, bit I can you, see why the uh, well yeah, bit of me, and also I can see why the quietest would love it as well, which is also a bit of me. So yeah, fair enough. I'll stick oh, that on after we finished. Good. Wicked. All right, what's your number four then, Paul? Fourth best. Here we go. So this one is um, a song that I've always called Jid, and I found out this week it's J-I-D. Yeah, we had this. We had this problem when we reviewed the album. We weren't sure if it was Jid or Jiddy or J-I-D or J-I-D. 
or do you know what I mean? Like that he and he refers to himself in all the different ways. Ah. So I don't. I still don't know. Put it that way. Um, but if you're saying it's JID, I mean, I thought it maybe was as well. But you sure about it's that? Big- it's because I saw him and how I discovered him um, wasn't from you guys, actually. It was from this thing called Tiny Desk Concerts mm. on ah, YouTube. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's how he said his name. So I'm going with that. Yeah, I, I saw an interview with him where he said, oh, it's it's um, Jiddy, Jid, J-I-D. And he said all three of them. And it's like, come on, mate. Come on. <laughs> Throw me a bone. Way. Come on, man. But so, but yeah, but if that's what he's saying, well, that's good to know. JID. Anyway, yes. So this is the forever story, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got that Sam problem where he's incredibly young looking. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but he's thirty-two, like thirty-two, and he looks so young. Mm. Love that. That's important, I think. Well, these young people, uh, and even when they're not young, they're like I mean, the generation below. They go to the gym. They have, you know, when I go to the gym, but like they have always been going to the gym. They have skincare routines. Like they don't drink so much, get early nights. They're not, it's not like, it's not the 90s anymore, Paul. Like these people take care of themselves. I can assure you that none of the things you've just said apply to me. <laughs> I, do, I do not go to the gym. I do not have a skincare routine. I, uh, well, until recently, certainly, possibly excessively drunk at all times. Uh, and then whatever the other, oh no, uh, yeah, I haven't slept properly for about 10 years, Steve. Okay. Yeah, so well, you're wrong there. All right, fine. You're yeah. you're the exception that proves the rule in a lot Absolutely. of ways. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. You are yeah. the best. Their mm. opinion. So. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. The forever story. Like, yeah, he is young, but we reviewed this. I I I was banging into this record. I think it's great. You a little bit, Sam. Maybe not quite as much as me, but you quite liked it, didn't you? Yeah, not as much as you. I I did enjoy it. I did find that. Um, there was a kind of middle portion where it went a little bit slower and a little bit more easy going that I was less taken with but uh, no I did really enjoy it and to be honest it is one I have been back to a fair few times yeah me too yeah um, yeah I, I think it's an impressive album and actually again if we're talking about albums of the year I know uh, Neil Kulkarni uh, formerly of Melody Maker now writes for uh, DJ Mag and Wire he said on his Twitter that it's his favourite hip hop album of the year so yeah mm. okay well I try I do try and keep up with hip hop Um and I find it really difficult to bond with any hip hop album because they always just brandish out the N word, and I I hate it in music. I hate hearing it. Ever since N.W.A., I just hate hearing it. But I love the music, and it's really it's this odd juxtaposition, and yeah, and it. This one, it didn't bother me. Finally, I feel like I'm getting over that hump. I can listen to it. And when it happens, I don't go like that. I I just really got into this. And like you said, you come back to it and you think, why am I keep coming back to this? I, I just do. Every song has something, a different flavor to it that I love. And like, I just want to mention the production on this thing with your headphones on is just mm. incredible mm. incredible yeah i really very much enjoyed the production on this there's a few so dance now the one with kenny mason i think is brilliant um that kind yep. of second <laughs> half the stuff with like you know ari lennox who we spoke about ari lennox uh was on the yasmin sullivan album that we did after we, when we yes did about her, Dave. she's on that as well she's great on can't make you change as well i think that was one that i was a bit more into than you to be honest, Sam, but like, mm, like, there's yeah. there's a few that I've sort of gone back to that I really love. Stars was another one. I think that little run there that I actually really like. Stars, 
make you change. Uh, what's the other one? Like Money, I think is really great as well. This this album's great. This is a great record. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is really good. This is like one of those ones where, because obviously we've got our top 20 and we haven't revealed it yet. I'll say this. This is definitely in the conversation for my top 20 of the year, I think. Ooh, I like that. Tease. I like that. Nice. Um, uh, I think also we've got to mention Surround Sound um, just mm-hmm. because... Uh, the way it's got this little Wu-Tang bit, like a little sample that I don't use particularly as a sample, but just as part of the beat. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that is mm. cool. That is very cool. That is very cool. Yeah, this is, this is a good record. I mean, we've reviewed it. If you want to hear our deeper thoughts on it, go and find the review uh, I think somewhere. it was on the first episode of True Cult Pop, wasn't it? It was early. Yeah. It was, it was early the first or second. Yeah. I think mm. it was, it, yeah, definitely the beginning. I think it was. I can't remember the top of my head. Anyway, but good pick, Paul. Well mm. done. You're on the board. <laughs> um, to, right, bronze medal status. Okay, so this is when it gets tricky, and I know it's got to be impossible for you guys to choose a top three because it it has to be good to get in there. And for me, I I I didn't find it hard at all. This is the thing. Um, I was pretty sure on the order it should be, but I I just. As I say, weird year. Carpenter Brute, Leather oh, Terror. Oh, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Yeah. I found I found this was um, just a banger throughout. I, I love front to back in it. I don't like dipping in. Um, it's weird like that. This is one that you just got to let the whole thing flow over you like a film. Um, also, he's called Frank, which is, I think, a really a strong name for a French fellow that's 46 years old. Good man. Frank Huesco is his... Say that again? Huesco, I believe his name is. Frank, I interviewed him once, Carpenter Brute. Lovely man. And? Oh, he was absolutely lovely. Yeah, he was really, really nice. And then he played a superb show at the Forum in London straight after. It was very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I reviewed this on Riot Act, back when we were Riot Act, and um, I was well keen on it. I reviewed it for Metal Hammer as well. I think I get him an eight. Probably would have, I think at this point, for, for this, for this particularly for this scene, might even give it a nine. I mean, I love it. I love how heavy it is, but it's just, it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's like relentlessly, <laughs> relentlessly over the top. And it is like watching a horror film that, if this was a horror film, it would be like Evil Dead Army of Darkness or something. It would be like, or maybe Evil Dead 2, because that's better, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's just... Easy unbelievably <laughs> relentless and it gets more and more and more and more over the top and absurd and just like oh my god what the fuck as it goes on it's like eating a lot of blue smarties like a skipful with a big <laughs> big barrel of orange juice uh yeah br- absolutely brilliant now, this is a gr- it's a great record a great record yeah. do like- you do you rate the dillinger uh, sort of guest appearance do you do you rate that always yeah always i'm i've i've yet to be disappointed by greg pucciato yeah love greg don't care what he does uh even if it's rubbish <laughs> i wouldn't say it for a couple of reasons one because he's massive big, yeah one because he's <laughs> huge um and two because i'm just a big suck up mark for the man so yeah but i genuinely do think it is really good i think greg sounds good i think mm. which is the one from the, the the black metal man at the end it's um uh oh god it's a uh, your man from fucking... oh. over 
uh, Tribulation, isn't he? Yes, that's Johan right. from Tribulation. Right, yeah. uh, Johannes from Tribulation, sorry. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johannes, that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fucking brilliant as well. I think the guests are great on it. I think just this is just a rollickingly good time from a genre that I thought was a bit kind of dead. And I know you're a, you're a big fan of all the synthwave stuff, aren't you? Very much so. And I had to pick something from it because if you were to go through or if I was to publish my Spotify, whatever it's called that comes out the end of the year, um, you would see it's just full of this stuff. This like, just who is this? Like, this is someone that has got like 4,000 listens and most of them are me sort of thing. But <laughs> it's it's... Something it's like me with I black just, grape, to be honest, but that's a different thing altogether, really. But yeah, it's important to have a background band that I don't have to focus on, and I can do all my emails, I can do my the dishes, I can be on a walk with Mister Puggles. Doesn't matter. I've got this to listen to, and it's just complete background stuff. And I think that's really important for my life and where I am now. And mm. Synthwave just does it for me. Okay, nice. All right. So top two. What's number two? Oh, right. Okay. Aldous Harding and the album's called Warm Chris. It's on 4AD. And I think this might be the one that you haven't mentioned in your podcast previously. I, yeah, I do not know this record. Aldous Harding is a singer-songwriter from Australia, New Zealand? New Zealand. New New Zealand. Zealand. I am aware of her. Um, but I'm not aware of her music. I don't think. Well, she she's absolutely nuts. Okay. At least she was when I spoke with her. So done a little interview with her, and it was one of those interviews where you're like, I've got I've got nothing from this. That that was mental. <laughs> so yeah. So, and it throughout the whole period of her album before this one and just before that her interviews were bizarre so you would you would just think like you know like you imagine Bjork interviews would be mm. but they're not Bjork's actually really intelligent and really fearsome and when she gets a bee in her bonnet she'll give you fantastic interviews this not so much it was just crazy and you have to piece together what she's talking about um, but yeah she goes to Wales to to produce uh, and create her albums and then she goes back to New Zealand lives with her mum and stuff like that but this this album is really folky, and although I prefer the one before it, I just think this is so amazing. I haven't been to a gig of a band in over a year, and my next one will be her uh, when she plays, I think, the Barbican next year. Oh, um, crikey. Okay. Yeah, I would just think, if you're into to folk music... Um, but with this weird off-kilter indie slant to it. I mean, just just check out her videos and you'll see exactly what I mean by this sort of weird... And I'm using that and meaning it. It's really strange, but it just makes this sort of weird, folky sense. It's strange in what sort of respect? Because it's sort of not wacky, I take it. That's the thing. Never goes to wacky. Yeah. And, and if it did, it, I'd bin it. But it never does. It's just she doesn't want to engage with what we would think as folk music. She doesn't want to engage what we would think as indie music. She just wants to do her own thing. And I've seen artists like Nina Nastasia before, a very similar sort of vibe. And 
when I went to see her live, it was difficult to translate because she was so shy. She 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 just felt completely alien from the audience, and you could and that's why you love listening to them because it is so unusual and it is so original, and you can feel it peppered throughout this album just this weirdness so I can't wait to see alive I've watched a couple of YouTube clips and yeah it seems to come across that I just love the unusual and she mm. is unusual okay cool well I'm gonna check that out that sounds definitely a bit of me a bit of you as well isn't it Sam surely oh yeah definitely yeah I mean um folk is not a genre that i typically find myself sort of gravitating towards but it's when it's got that kind of weirdness and when you said there's an indie slant to it as well i think yeah i will definitely investigate that and i do feel like i've heard the name aldous harding bandied about by uh sort of respected publications and writers and presenters etc so yeah i'll definitely be giving that a listen as well definitely all right cool good which brings us to the best album in your paul wallace opinion of 2022 what is it paul well, I've only, it's been a recent discovery um, and it's only because one of the local venues my way said they're playing this weekend and I listened to it and was absolutely blown away and I didn't go and see them because I just don't want to go to gigs right now. don't know the reason why, I just don't feel it. And now I regret it really badly. So the album is called Wow Machine and it's by a band called Stealing Sheep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your face is you one on me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. I've right. not a clue, to be honest. I'm gonna take you through it. Right. This is an experimental pop band and they're from Liverpool. Okay, so not too far away. In two thousand and ten they had this sort of underground success, but they were like a shimmery shoegaze indie band. And something's happened with the last couple of albums. So I, I took note of them then. And was like, yeah, that's all right. And it never made my like top 40 albums of that year. And it was just like, that's okay. And then I seen that they were playing locally. I thought, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what they're doing now. And honestly, I love it. it the flavours on this thing are incredible. And i tell you as to why. So the whole base of this record is this woman's work called Delia Derbyshire. And she uh, was a woman that worked for the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. And she did the Doctor Who soundtrack, uh, amongst other, many uh, other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know this, who this person is. Yeah, yeah. I watched a, a, something with Clipping, and they did a What's in My Bag, and the two guys were picking this. And oh, she's like a kind of electronic experimental pioneer of early yes. electronic music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the photo, if you type her name in Delia Derbyshire, um, you're going to find this photo of her. It's like the stock photo. And she's there splicing together some tapes. Um, and then there's men in, uh, in white jackets behind her with clipboards and things like that. And that's her BBC stock photo that just gets used. It's crazy that she wasn't recognised properly during her lifetime. It's crazy. So what happened is that the BBC have archived all this stuff that she's done. Tons of offcuts and stealing sheep got the offcuts and they've created this album with that as the base. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely gives me little tingles listening to what they've created with it. Love oh, wow. It. Cool. I've just Googled them. And this is their, their fifth full-length album. And they've done a lot of bloody EPs as well, by the looks of things. Yeah, yeah. Loads of stuff. 2010. So it's a three-piece then. 
Um, band's influences include the knife, craftwork, talking heads, moon dog, seer, daft punk, and can. Crikey, that is yeah. a, If that's a, a, a good sort of look at what they do and that is accurate, I'm, I'm in. I don't think either of you will be disappointed. Um, on first listen, it takes your breath away. And it's whether it will keep you on repeat listenings because there it is one trick, but it's just one trick done really well. Really well. Fair. Okay, there you go. So, Wow Machine by Stealing Sheep. Number one. Album of the year, according to you, Paul. You've got a couple <clears> of other <throat> things you want to shout out. So, um, I asked for sort of song and gig, but you haven't been to any gigs. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> we got the song, I suppose. So uh, you had like you went to see some. You went to shout out some comedians and some obviously horror films. If you don't mind doing that for us, I'd fucking love to. Okay, right, okay. On. So, um, I've my I've got a number one for the best gig. Um, uh, but number three, I've got Chloe Petz, uh, and she's a uh, a lesbian comedian and you know she's a lesbian comedian because her whole set is about being a lesbian comedian um, and she supported Ed Gamble recently uh, on his tour and my number two is Ed Gamble uh, and it was a different ga- different date that I saw Chloe Petz on um, but yeah I know she was supporting Ed Gamble and Ed Gamble was really good and you know he was meant to do this whole thing for Holy Raw when Holy Raw was a thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and they were going to be releasing like uh, side one and side two was in a gamble show. Mm. And then side three and four were a load of Holy Raw bands that he liked. It was his choice. He yeah. did not include Ohms. So, you know, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with him? Wow. But I know. I've, I've got beef with this like a guy. nice guy, doesn't he? And then he yeah, you, you think you know a guy, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ed. Sort it out. Uh, but yeah, he... He had me in stitches, uh, which is the minimum of what you expect going to one of these gigs. But I went to a life-changing comedy gig. Absolutely life-changing. And this was at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre uh, near London Zoo. I don't know if you've ever been there. I'm aware of it. Yeah, probably am. It's an incredible venue. And it was Tim Key. Ah, fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Tim Key... I, I turned up, I sat in my seat, I look over to me, Tim Key's right next to me, just looking at me, face to face, and just gives me this little nod, like that, just acknowledging me. He did it to every single person that walked in there, like he acknowledged them, and he made everyone in the crowd piss themselves, no matter how many times he did it, and I'm, I'm talking about maybe 200 times he did this, and it was always funny. His show was... I, I, wiping tears from my eyes just and no particularly funny jokes it was just his mannerisms I don't I can't understand how he had that crowd in the palm of his hand like he did it was magical to watch and I never thought that I would get from a comedy show like you would do a normal show but he, I did he's brilliant Tim. I saw him years and years and years going way way back I remember he wrote a poem on a cream cracker <laughs> and I just thought it was so fucking so funny. He just had a cream cracker in his pocket with a poem written on it. I mean, I'm not doing it justice, obviously, but it was really <laughs> funny. That's one of the few the things that I can actually remember because it is that it sort of it all just flies by, and you go, you walk out, and you go, why was any of that funny? But it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, Tim Key's amazing, man. So good. Mm. Those of you who aren't kind of uh, 
O'Fay with loads of comedians. You might know Tim Key from being Psychic Simon in the Alan Partridge series. I don't know if you've ever seen Alan Partridge before, Sam? Uh, no, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's because he quotes it all the time. The daft get. This is great banter. <laughs> it um, really is. <laughs> it really is. Uh, all right, awesome. So no, this is this is your bread and butter, though, Paul. Top five horror films of twenty twenty two. Okay, so um, as I mentioned, like my main thing that I do now is just this podcast, a year in horror, and I will just pick a year out at random, and then I just go through every film that I can that's got three out of five or more in the ratings. Sometimes that'll be 80 films that I have to watch in a month. Sometimes it'll be 20. I love it when it's 20, but it doesn't <laughs> often happen. Um, but this year, I've been keeping a keen eye on everything that's come out. And you will hear people that are into horror say that this has been a particularly incredible year for mm. horror. I think they're all incredible years for horror. Just like when people say, oh, this year is particularly great for metal or for whatever. There's Every year is great. It's just sometimes not those big ones hit and you have to go to the underground to find those real standouts. And it's the same with films, you know. It's the same with horror. Of course it is. Um, and, yeah, I've got a top five. And um, I, I don't know if you've seen any, but I'd love uh, if you haven't and you just want to scare this Christmas, go for any of these. So at number five, I've got a film called Hellbender. And it's probably the most unknown one uh, from this bunch. And it's by a family uh, in the States called the Adams Family. So you've got a mum, dad, a couple of daughters that just create these films on their own. Uh, they're all called Adams. And, uh, and this, this film just got me. It's very witchy. It's, it's very supernatural. And it's got this demon grunge band in it as well. So, yeah, just want to mention Hellbender. Oh, amazing. Yeah, all right. That sounds good. Check that out. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of heard, Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard of it. that one, but I've not I've not seen it. I mean, to be honest, uh, just for your sake, Paul, uh, I have been to the cinema about three times this year and I haven't particularly enjoyed anything. Oh, no, I saw Moonlight Daydream. That was good. Everything else I've seen has been a bit shit. So um, go on. But yes, I have heard of Hellbender. You saw, a, uh, you saw Mulan, the, uh, the original <laughs> the, uh, the kids club. Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, 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 and then Finding Nemo was last week. So yeah, good. Finding yeah, Nemo is good though. It, that is no good shade too, on though. Mulan. Anyway, go on. Sorry, <laughs> mate. I feel like I've derailed you. With no, no, I like it. Who knew that before we even went on, you you were bullying each other at that point? That's great. I love it. <laughs> it it's it's not for it's not for air. It's just constant bullying. That's good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens in two years' time when you know. When uh, Sam destroys this podcast somehow, oh, I, I don't know. In inevitable hell. ego attack. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. don't fucking get onto that shit. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, right, at number four, this was really ruined for me just a couple of weeks ago when uh, we got to the cinema, very excited, and someone down the front is watching Brazil on their fucking smartphones in the World Cup. What is going on with people that go to the cinema and want to watch a football game in there? <laughs> I thought you meant the Terry Gilliam film for a minute. I thought exactly <laughs> the same thing, yes. <laughs> I was like, why do you go to the cinema to watch another film? <laughs> another on film the, on your phone? Yeah, yeah, Brazil would have been on you. That, that, that does make more sense. Um, that's <laughs> mental. That's ridiculous. Just don't go, mate. Oh, dude, honestly. But it was called The Menu, uh, the Anya Taylor-Joy one. I loved it. Okay, oh, cool. yeah, I want to see that. I do want to see that. 
yeah. yeah that's my number four no spoilers and if you say anything yeah. it's going to start as a spoiler so yeah we'll just leave it at that number oh, four is, Don't... Is, is ralph ralph finds any good in it i think it may be his career best for me Ooh, okay. wow that's even better than words. you're an inanimate fucking object even better than that <laughs> surely not <laughs> even better than that yeah wow. even better <laughs> blimey Oh, Stephen. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, number three is Terrifier 2. That's ah. a football score. Number three, Terrifier 2. Yeah. <laughs> this is the three, uh, Terrifier 2. Uh, which four, 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 East five, five. Yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, I know football as well. See, nice Blink 182. Oh, I can't think of another band. Yeah. I can't think of another band. 5.0. H2O. 3.11. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good, um, this is great anyway, it really is. Terrified 2. Terrified 2's had a lot of people been puking up and shit in the cinema and running out, haven't they? It's been is the it notorious really one of the year, hasn't it? Well, let's see, it was made for pittance and it was done from crowdfunding. Um, it goes on crazy long, but when when you finally relent and go, oh, do you know what, I'll watch a two and a half hour film then. Um, I think we've got a new baddie as as decent as Jason Voorhees as Freddy Krueger Pinhead whatever I just think Art wow. the Clown is it um, I cannot wait for the, the conclusion in Terrifier 3 I completely recommend it if you want that hack and slash sort of stuff and you miss that um, I love it all so yeah I just thought this was great awesome okay yeah I'm gonna watch that definitely get your sick bag ready nah not me mate Nothing scares me apart from Michael Queasy Steve. Oh, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> only Michael Parkinson pretending to be possessed by a demon is the only thing that can scare me. So uh, I'm not scared. But anyway, good. Yeah, okay. So here we go. Number two, Paul. What you got? Barbarian is my number two. Ah, uh, yes. I've, I've heard so, a lot about this one. Yeah, I've been meaning to go and see this, but it's not on because I live in Basingstoke and it means that the only thing is that, that is on is Black Adam. 15 times in the big multiplex mm. and nothing else so i can't really watch good films unfortunately talking about miss Earring, i thought you were going to say black adder for oh That's wow great. on the cinema yeah. Yeah. amazing we're that, we're that far behind that black adder. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's not even showing films yeah. at my cinema it's gonna be a second series next year honestly <laughs> yeah um I'm, again, I'm not going to spoil this one, but they do throw everything at this. Uh, if you like your A24 sort of stuff, then they've got some of that style. If you like your, your slash and your bash, they've got that style in it as well. And they've got creepy serial killer shit in there too. It's I, I was taking my breath away, this thing did. It was great. Okay, yeah, I've been told, like Merlin, uh, who I talk about quite a lot, said to me, you have to go and watch this, but you don't read or hear anything about it, so I'm going to cut that mm -hmm. off right there. No spoilers. Um, number one, the best horror film of the year from a horror maestro like yourself. Feels like quite a big thing, Paul. What you got? I've got X. As simple as that, ah, X. yes. Okay. I don't know what that is. Well... Um, it is Ty West, who um, has already made the prequel, and that came out this year also, if you're in America, and that's called Pearl. Um, but it's uh, about some a, a bunch of low-budget filmmakers that are doing porn. They want to just get their, their foot in the door. It's set to this 70s tone, uh, so the grain on the film is just like you would get in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the... It, the violence is 
crazy and the sex is over the top and quite realistic and it didn't get a foot wrong in my eyes I think it treaded all those things that you can get so wrong in today's climate and it tread it really well it, it, it again gave me chills very 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 good film great okay you know i've just looked at the poster and i recognize the poster so i probably will give that a little watch as well um paul thanks very much for coming on mate appreciate it Oof. you've had a good year by the sounds of things i hope you have mate I have, and I know you've got to go, but I just want to say a couple more things about your Patreon, if I may. Yeah, of course, go for it. I'm going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> no. The police. Go on. So, yeah. every little thing she does is magic. It's uh -huh. my second favourite single of all time. I just think that's the best, despite its chorus. Mm -hmm. Just want that clear. I, I, I mean, I really like that song. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of that as well. Chorus included, but yeah, fair enough. It, it's a banger. <laughs> Great. Okay. Now, Steve, you said that you love all these albums. Mm -hmm. Mother from Synchronicity. That song, Mother. What the fuck? Look, I'm not saying every single song they've ever done is brilliant. Um, but that song can kill an album. That is an album killer. You In can't the same kill... way that I think Behind a Camel could be having uh, entered into my sort of foray into the police. I mean, that's not good, is it? That is, that is, no, no, no. That is almost no, that album-ruiningly bad. Um, I don't think you can kill Synchronicity with... I don't think Brandon by Motley Crue could kill Synchronicity. It's that good. <laughs> Everything else on that album is so good. I can't even fathom, Paul, how you could even act like, you know... Yeah, look, I never said it was a complete 10 out of 10. I think it might be my favourite because it's sort of the... Oh, God, we're getting... Oh, it's mine too. We're it's getting into too. the police, aren't we? I mean, yeah. But I, I, I know what you're saying. You know what that is, though. Andy Summers wrote it, didn't he? And like Sting says, <laughs> he, wrote all the, he wrote all the best ones, didn't he? Like Sting says. So blame on Andy mm. Summers. We've had we've had Jamie Lennon coming on, slagging off uh, Stuart Copeland. Me and Sam slagging <laughs> off Sting. And now you're making... Although they haven't done it directly, now you're taking a pop at Andy Summers. We're never well, going to get him on as guests, are we? <laughs> when that reformation happens, we've got no fucking chance. Um, but look, I mean, mate, fucking hell. The title track, uh, every little, you know, Every Breath You Take, King of Pain. I mean, come on. I could go on. No, no. It's yeah, a fair, great, fair, fair. what a fantastic record. Anyway, um, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, Paul. Thanks very much for being a patron. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for getting the great content. Do you want to um, give a little shout out to your patron page before we go? Uh, oh man, love you. Uh, you're the good guy. Uh, I knew that you would be. This is um, Paul Waller. That's my name. And A Year in Horror is my podcast. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash A Year in Horror is the Patreon. Go ahead and sign up if you like that. I, I'm, I might sign up. I haven't done that yet, but I might. I'm going to do that. It's quite embarrassing. It's got a bit awkward now, isn't it? So, sorry. <laughs> no, Paul. give it a month. Give it a month. Let me get some more content. Okay, fine. Um, let's not let it get awkward. I'm sorry. You have to go. <laughs> there you go lovely paul lovely paul um into all the horrific things of the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does uh, it make your stomach turn it's for paul he'll love it yeah uh, i love having paul on it's a good time we'll get him on again another time i'm sure and um so we also uh, one of my other favorite podcasts i think we've spoken this a whole bunch of times before um was and he's pop collaborate and listen we've spoken yeah. about that podcast a bunch of times 
love those guys um we asked them both to come on apparently krista hasn't listened to a new album since 1997 or something so he couldn't <laughs> do it but dave fenson the man who <laughs> you called Mr. Mr. C, C. the shaman, like you face to face with a man who you'd insulted. <laughs> it's not the first <laughs> the time point. and it won't be the last. It certainly won't. Uh, we love Dave. We love that podcast. Go and check those guys out at Pop Collaborate and listen if you like. Dave is a, is a top bloke. He's got really, really good taste in music. Just someone yes. who has excellent taste in music and is genuinely funny. Um, and uh, his chat, as you would expect from a man like Dave, is not for the faint-hearted. So <laughs> let's slow over now to me and Sam, talking to Mr. Dave Fenson. Well, we're joined by a man in a place who has, I believe, got a rather bittersweet face. And he goes by the name of Mr. Dave Fenson. Dave, yes. Yes, how are you mate. doing, buddy? I'm, I'm all right, mate. I've just been, uh, I've been sorting out Vera's uh, all day. <laughs> uh, I've got, got, got plenty of them now, mate, which is good to know. Um, good. Lovely. Uh, everyone's sorted for salmon. Yeah, yeah, I'm well sorted. All, all, pro- all proteins, really. Good, yeah, that's good to know. I just want to point out, right, because I got um, you and Krista both were like, hey, 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 what's on here? And, <laughs> um, and I just want to point out that at no point did I say you were anything like Mr. C, the lead singer of Shaman. That was all Sam's own work, yeah, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah, oh, it, it was, been a bad boy, haven't I? Been naughty, naughty, was, very it, naughty, you might say. Oh, I see what you did there, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did, mate. You've... You've, you've, you've turned the turned the lyrics of, of my own song against me. That's what you've done. Um, yeah, I, 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 I did send you a full version of the rap. I was disappointed not to hear it in a podcast. I couldn't download it. I haven't heard it you yet. I it. tried to download it, and I don't know how you've sent it to a 42-year-old man, Dave. You thought yourself. You know I didn't full well. Oh, Krista did. Right, so you know full well that a, a middle-aged man, there's no way I'm going to know how to do it. I we, we will if Get Krista to send me a download of that. And we will end this little chat with you doing Ebenezer Good because it was it was great. Yeah, it was, it was right, third take. That was took me, <laughs> took me a couple. We we sat there. We had a lovely time. Anyway, right? Yeah, no, anyway. I was I wasn't remotely offended. I was I was glad to be held in the high esteem. I did I, I did point out I think though that uh, only one of them was Scottish and uh, and the, the, Mr C wasn't doing a Scottish accent. He was just from fucking Essex or somewhere or London somewhere. I figured as much. I figured as much. Anyway, enough about that. Enough about our banter. Um, how's your year been, man? Podcast is great, by the way. Obviously, oh, cheers, it's been man. going great. Yeah, like mate, my year has been mate. It's been a year of fucking ups and downs. It's been busy. I've been all over the shop. Do you know what I mean? I've got a, you know I've got a two year old, which kind of is just an ever evolving platter of learning how that works um but i've also my mum moved into my house this year my mum's 79 so now i've got three generations of women that i'm related to that live in the same house as me and they all want something at any given time and none of them will tell me what it fucking is um <laughs> honestly it's uh it's uh, yeah, it brings its own challenges but we're we're doing this big project we're building an annex in the back garden for my mum and a new kitchen and it's been going on since june and i uh it's a miracle i haven't stabbed anyone uh to be honest with you it's been a huge financial black hole uh, and it's driven me bolder than ever before on the plus side two diggers in the back garden i two diggers yeah mate two diggers not just one two so that's pretty good isn't it how many diggers have you got sam less than one Definitely less exactly. than one. Yeah. Fucking exactly. pathetic. What have I done with my life? Pathetic. Zero diggers. Yeah. Um, no also, diggers, mate, 
uh, give everyone a shout out because I, I watch. I think both Sam and I watch your stand-up special, which is available yes. on YouTube if people want to watch it. So give that a little pimp. It's very good. Oh, thank you very much, man. Yeah, it's called ADH Dave. It's a uh, recorded version of a show I did in Edinburgh in 2019 before lockdown. Uh, I kind of got an opportunity to record it at a pop-up venue that I was working with uh, last year. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 all right it's not too bad it's not the perfect version of the recording because i didn't have the benefit of having done it 30 days in a row I'd, it'd been like nearly two years since i'd done the show in whole so i only had one shot at it but uh, you know i think it's worth it's worth the amount of money i'm charging for it which is fuck all <laughs> so uh, if you've got youtube in a spare 45 minutes have a go at that Mm, highly recommended from me um yeah yeah i thought it was excellent i really enjoyed it well just that i suppose difficult to pick out sort of individual bits without really spoiling the the feel of it or and also spoil well, i'm not gonna spoil it this isn't fucking the sixth sense but uh yeah i thought it was excellent <laughs> i love the uh, the way that the narrative unfolds throughout it. and i thought um it did that brilliant thing that you see quite often in sort of modern comedy without being mawkish of well tying in really sort of deep and resonant personal themes with humor it was great i loved it hmm. Cheers, mate. I'd have rather written a thing about just jokes because it would have meant that none of that stuff happened to me. But as it went, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it was, you know, fucking cheaper than therapy. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, to watch it. As with everything I do, I'm always surprised that anyone gives a fuck. But uh, so that's very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was really good. I like the bit at the end where Bruce Willis turns up as a ghost. Yeah. That was good as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's talk about your five favorite albums. As a man who has, as is for his podcast, to sort of just really listen to a lot of music from the '90s, Dave. Which, you know, you're, I also often think you lucky bastard that you get <laughs> to just do that. Whereas I've got to keep on look, listening to new music, mate. Do like you genuine? Do, do, so when you're sat there and you're listening to our episode on Cliff Richards album from <laughs> 1993. What you're thinking is, you lucky bastard, you got to listen to that five times. No. Look, the thing is, right? I, I, this this has been a, a strange year for music for me. Obviously, I'm an old man as well. I'm fucking 46 now. Um, so, I, you know, I, I haven't... I used to have a job where I was in a car all the time. And this year I've been self-employed. And as I say, I've got a kid. So my kind of new music listening time has been depleted a little bit. Plus the fact it's been noisy here. Um, so I've not listened to as much as I normally would uh, in the same way, which is which will kind of be reflected in my list. But there's been plenty of stuff to get your teeth into. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I, I, what do you want me to do? Do you want to start at number five? Yeah, let's do it in a classic top five order, starting at number five. What you got? Okay, number five. Now, this is a kind of a bit of a... Uh, yeah, a bit of a wild card, this one. Uh, it's, I'm going with The Bugs, Absent Ridden. Ah, lovely stuff. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is... I mean, I've, I've been into The Bugs since about... I think about 2003, my mate Alan had uh, Pressure, uh, which he'd, he'd found from... So he's like the just the diehard warp Rich D. James fan. And I think for that first record came out on... Richard D. James's, I'm not even sure it's the first one, but that's the first one I heard. And there's a couple of tracks on there like Killer and Fuck Yourself. And I was just like, this is the hardest shit I've ever heard. And I've pretty much loved whatever he's done since. Um, now, the, obviously, this is, a, this is a weird album. This is, this is an album that kind of goes around the idea of the one rhythm album, which is, I, I must admit, it's a dancehall thing that I was unaware of until I read about it when I was kind of hearing about this album. So everything on this record is based around a single rhythm. He's got 
Um, I feel really silly saying ridden, by the way. Uh, uh, he's brought on a host of different uh, vocalists, you know, going from MCs to like Justin Broderick. And it, it's just presenting different textures and different styles. It's a really interesting idea to me. It's like, what does everyone do with this? And you end up with this really disparate record, re- you know, sometimes really affecting, sometimes really kind of just bleak other times kind of a little bit more upbeat and it's all basically around the same rhythm um i'm not going to say it's my favorite bug album i generally like him in a slightly more bombastic kind of just kind of going for the throat style Mm. but i think this is interesting enough uh to put it in the list and you know if i can ever give out a shout i mean obviously normally i'm the lone voice talking about this guy but i know you guys have actually spoke about the bug quite a bit on the podcast so in that case i'm a bit of a joiny inner uh well, yeah, but we, we we reviewed i mean sam's a big fan and went to see him recently yeah, yeah yeah. i only sort of discovered him basically from sam last year going oh yeah you'll really like this and i've gone back to you know a fair bit of his material but i'm certainly no expert but I actually liked this album more than you, I think, didn't I, Sam? Because I found it kind of brilliantly hypnotic, almost like a kind of cult a lunar album or something. Do you know what I mean? It just sucked me in. That rhythm just yeah. pounded me and pummeled me. And I thought all the little sprinkles and all the little accoutrements that the different vocalists, and you mentioned Justin Broderick's, um, you know, which is a, when you think of the amount of different sort of grime MCs and stuff on it and dancehall MCs, and then you've got Justin Broderick as well. Mm. I, I was banging into it. I've been back to it a few times since and i have to say i've probably not managed to get through it from beginning to end like i did when we reviewed it but i feel like that's all right isn't it because you kind of take as much as you can stomach and then let go but it, i i was bang into it i think it's well good yeah i mean i i'm a big fan of the bug um i wouldn't say i'm kind of an expert in everything that uh, he's done and when you start entering into all of other uh, all of kevin richard martin's other projects i mean he's released four albums just under his own name this year like he seems to put one out sort of I don't know, every third Bandcamp Friday or whatever. But uh, I really like this one. I think this is an album that when when we came to review it, I did find it, uh, as Steve said in our review, kind of, you know, is paralyzing and it is suffocating. I think for me at the time, it was just a bit too much. And it's not an album I go back to in full. Uh, well, I haven't since we reviewed it, to be honest. But sure. I think one of the one of the strengths of it is that if you do gel with it that much you have got 80 minutes that you can just get lost in for so long or because it is all based around one rhythm in it as you say it's those different textures uh whether kind of you know lyrically vocally or musically that the other artists bring in you can just dip in at one track at a time i mean i do keep going back to that opening track with nizamba i think that's absolutely fucking fantastic and his just his vocal cadence works so well against the bug stuff but i do agree with you dave that um I prefer him when he's being more kind of bombastic and aggressive and in your face. So, I mean, my, my favourite stuff with The Bug does tend to involve Flow Down and Killer P and stuff like that. So, you know, Skeng off London Zoo in particular is a big one and then Pressure off the uh, off Fire last year's album. But uh, yeah, yeah, always yeah. happy to hear someone else shouting at The Bug, definitely. Love man, if you if you've uh, yeah if you've if you've uh, uh, not done pressure a lot, man, definitely mm. go back and there's uh, there's some controversy around fuck yourself. I can't remember what it. I don't really know what it is. I've just he's, he alludes to it on the the release notes on the Bandcamp, uh, but you can find the original on YouTube. And what a fucking tune that is! It's just hard as fuck, man. So if you if you, if you don't know that well, I'd recommend going checking oh. it out. Although I might be preaching to the fucking choir. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't know good. that track or that release particularly well. So I'm definitely going to stick that on later. Lovely stuff. Nice. There you go. The bug, absent rhythm number five. What's your number four, Dave? 
Uh, number four, now, I, I, I can kind of probably see some eyes rolling on this one, probably yours, Stephen, that it's this low in the list, but I'm going with Kendrick Lamar's uh, Mr. Morale and the Hot Steppers. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's not because it's not because I think it's a, a middling album or anything like that, but this album is it's too dense and I haven't unpicked it yet. That's the truth of the matter. Mm. Um, you were talking earlier about not being able to get through... Um, the bug in one go now it's not that i can't get through this album i just haven't had the chance to listen to this whole album in one sitting now so i've i'm kind of you know i've kind of picked through you know the high spots of it and kind of start to know them pretty well you know in 95 die hard i particularly love like uh, mother are sober the one with uh, beth gibbons in it but as i'm just quite aware that uh, i've you know i've kind of not fully absorbed this yet uh, but what i have i really really like i mean obviously kendrick's like the consummate lyricist um and he's just kind of a force a lyrical force on this uh it, it, i don't know there's there's a thing about kendrick where he kind of moves to his own beat and he kind of transforms hip-hop around him like in his own image in a way that i mean in recent times you would argue someone like kanye has although i've never really been a kanye fan uh and wasn't i fucking right this year anyway um <laughs> But, you know, the best artists in hip have always done this. You know, you go back to the start, you know, fucking Rakim, like Public Enemy, Dre, like Dale. Every time these people come out, they, they they start a new branch where all of a sudden other people are aping it and you start this kind of almost new strain behind you. Or, or you know, and, and Kendrick's kind of, you know, Kendrick is the archetype of that. You know, you, you, you'll be so fucking bored over the next five years of wannabe Kendrick mm. Lamar's and no one will ever do it quite as well as he does because he's just you know he's just that original I, I look at artists like Kendrick in the same way as I look at an artist like Prince or someone that just kind of stands head and shoulders over the genre and can move it around but you know I mean so I mean for me Pimp a Butterfly is my favorite uh is my favorite Kendrick record uh and it took me it took me a while to really absorb that one and that was half the length of this one um, so that's why at the end of this year, I haven't listened to it enough times for it to be uh, my number one, uh, and I'd be bullshitting you if I said it was. But I do definitely like it a great deal. Okay, well, um, I think me and Sam maybe might hold off talking too much about this particular record, as in the next couple of weeks we are going to be doing our top twenties, and I feel like we don't want to get too many spoilers um, in there, but. What I would say to you, Dave, is certainly like I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. You've just said pretty much. Um, I actually am in the in the process of reviewing uh, the the Mount Westmore album. You know, you've seen that Mount Westmore thing, the um, the Snoop E40 uh, oh, yeah. Ice Cube Too Short collab thing. <sighs> and when I think of like what's happened in hip hop this year, and then you listen to that, uh, in terms of like how much that genre has moved on, it's like you listen to someone like Kendrick and it's almost not the same music, sure. even though it surely, surely, you know, clearly comes from that place. But you just listen, you go like, wow, that sounds so fucking dated compared to, and, and so kind of, I don't know, kind of quaint compared to what Kendrick is capable mm. of doing. Um, so look, we're going to be talking about that another time, I'm sure in the next couple of weeks. So we might just leave it there. But yeah, I mean, look, I fully expect, and I wouldn't be surprised if I were to chat to you in, 
two years, three years, five years, Dave, you turn around and be like, oh my God, it's just the best fucking thing ever. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, and I see that will happen. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that I'm not done with that record. It's just, uh, yeah, like at the moment, mate, it's, it's very difficult for me to get through a whole album at a time. So something that kind of wants to be absorbed as a piece mm. is always going to struggle. And I think, you know, the other stuff I've got on here is probably a little easier to listen to, which is, uh, you know, you'll see what I mean as I get into it, I think. Mm. Well then, let's do it. Let's get the bronze medal. Five Finger Death Punch, no doubt. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, I absolutely <laughs> love Five Finger Death Punch. I'm re- I'm, I'm down with. The, I, I, I don't know anything about Five Finger Death Punch. To be they honest, like war. I mean, they like guns and war. Uh, That's all you need to know. Oh, do yeah, they? Yeah. I, I'd imagine. Are they into wrestling? Oh, they, they must they might be. Like wrestling. Must be. Probably. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of people that like wrestling like Five Finger Death oh, Punch. Oh sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. no. It's, no, it's, and, they it's, like, it's, and they like freedom as well. You got a problem with that? <laughs> uh, I, I, well, um, yeah. I mean, as freedom to say whatever you you, you like, as long as it's not about the American flag. Don't say anything <laughs> yeah, about that. No, that's definitely Any. don't do that. But that's not freedom. That's just being a, a soy boy or something. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's get on with it. What have you actually picked, Dave? Sorry, uh, number three. Middle. I've gone for uh, goat. Oh, death. Okay. I uh, haven't listened to this. I haven't heard of um, this. I'm afraid. Mate, the goat are fucking. I, I I got in a goat on the a, a few albums ago, and I fucking love them, man. It's weird, vaguely dancey, kind of proggy, heavy on the rhythm, seventies throwback sounds. It's it's just fucking good time of a record, man. If you've never seen Goat Live, go and see Goat Live. They're just fucking crazy on stage. I mean, in a weird way, Goat are kind of doing what ghost are doing in metal but it's you know slightly on the more kind of indie rock side although it's it's one of those things where kind of goat seems to be one of those bands that i guess enemy or people like that would probably embrace a little bit on that weird kind of slightly theatrical side Mm. of things but you could almost see it's one of those things that almost like by a event of journalism that the, the the rock world hasn't embraced them as much right but when i've seen them live they've got all the theatrics there's loads and loads of fun they're all kind of wearing masks and kind of doing kind of crazy shit on stage there's loads and loads of rhythm loads and loads of different percussion it's just a fucking good time man it's it's, it's maybe slightly uh a little bit of a uh, law of diminishing returns uh because you know it's not a massive departure from the last record they've kind of got a sound and they do it um but i'm not bored of it yet you know i mean there's you know like i i i, I didn't put the clutch album in this list for example and clutch are one of my favorite bands and it's just because not that i don't like that record but just i knew what it was going to be before i got it i got it it was that great happy with it but uh, and there's an element of that with this goat record but I, I do recommend everyone go out and check this one out oh death by goat fucking great band love them to death brilliant live band check them out have not thought about that name for a long time to be honest with you i just brought them i just googled them and i was like oh yeah i remember how fucking mad they look there's one with a chimp mask on one with just that sort of cousin it thing <laughs> they're all wearing sort of very weirdly colored dresses one just sort of dressed like death one dressed like a sort of pumpkin with spiky yeah do you know and do you know i i remember them being a, a thing but yeah. I think I just wasn't interested in again, like you know, they play Coachella, they play Glastonbury, they play sort of Latitude and stuff like that, and 
but they're on Sub Pop apparently as well. I didn't know. I didn't know they were on Sub Pop. Honestly, man, ch- ch- check them out. This that's a that is a. a st- I'm, I'm glad you haven't had it because it's a strong recommendation. Check them out and let me know what you think. Yeah, I okay. just uh, found them on Apple Music. I'm definitely going to put that on because 33 minutes. I'm happy with that. But um, <clears throat> that's a, a striking press photo, shall we say? There yeah. you go. <laughs> They're great, man. I went, uh, yeah, we like, went and saw them live a few years ago, uh, and yeah, it was, it was just the most fun, man. I, I was really into it. You know, obviously, I'm going from the bug, which isn't any fun at no. all. Uh, <laughs> and this is kind of the other end of the scale, you know. Uh, do very much like this record. Okay. Oh, Death by Goat. Okay, so it's their fourth album as well. Yeah, I do remember. I, I should uh, should have listened to this band. Um, I might get. I'm definitely gonna check them mm. out. I think. Right, go on then, Dave. Your silver medal number two. What were you number, got? Number two again. Uh, you might not see this one coming. Uh, da, 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 da. Fuck, I've forgotten. I've forgotten what the album's actually called. Is Hang it, on a minute. Let me the just. The sick, f- the dying, and the dead. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's, that, that's, yeah. that, that's them. Yeah, I mean, fucking hell, mate. I've never liked Megadeth. Oh, I've, same here. I've, I'm fucking. Oh, I've, don't get them. <laughs> I've liked a couple of Megadeth songs, and I fucking yeah. everyone. I mean, I, I think you. I don't know. I, I mean, I can see a guitar in the background, Sam, but it seems to be guitarists that that like Megadeth, um, or and Virgins. Oh uh, yeah, uh, right. those the, those those two subgroups. But yeah, I've I've never given a shit. Anyway, no, it's 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 definitely not Megadeth. No, it's it's by the Viagra Boys. It's called Cave World. Oh, okay. um, oh cool, good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're great, mm, definitely. Yeah, I I love this record, man. Like for me. Uh, when I first heard them, I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like Nick Cave meets LCD sound system. You know, <laughs> it's kind of upbeat and funny. We've got a lot of kind of funk. There's elements of like kind of, uh, I hear a bit of like uh, John Spencer blues explosion in there, that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I kind of describe them as a tolerable Sleaford mods. Because uh, <laughs> I fuck it. I mean, even though Jason Williams is on one of these fucking tracks, I've. I don't really get the Sleaford Mods thing. It's I find it a bit fucking annoying. Mm. I, I kind of want to like them in a way, but then I hear it and I'm like, oh no, I, I, I don't. Uh, but no, I, I, re- I really enjoyed this Viagra Boys album. I kind of got it just before I went on holiday to Spain or got into it just before I went on holiday to Spain. And I sat and I listened to it uh, around a pool for two, well, for for like a, a week with my, you know, my daughter splashing around in the pool and drinking beers, and it was a great little summer album. Uh, yeah, really like what they got. They're 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 funny. Uh, they got they've got something to say. I like the aesthetic of them. Don't know enormous amount about them, but yeah, this was a record that kind of I knew nothing about going into. Caught me by surprise. Really took to it. Yeah, it's one of those ones where, I mean, we did, um, back when this was right, we did we reviewed Welfare Jazz, their last album, which was something that people had recommended to us, and I heard that, and I was like, this is really, really good. And for some reason, um, we didn't review Cave World. And mm. I was like, oh, shit, we should do it at some... One of those ones where you go, oh, at some point we'll do that, because that came out last week and I missed it, and I think it was, didn't get to the promo or whatever, which is, you know, our boohoo, music journalist, whatever. Um, and then I listened to it, and I was like, this is, this is really good, and at some point we'll bring it up. So I'm really glad you brought it up because it is good. And I saw a couple of people being like, have you not listened to the new Viagra Boys album? And I was like, I have. I just haven't had the chance. There's yeah, been a few yeah, this yeah. year where I just haven't had the chance to talk about it. But mm. I think uh, this is a cool album. And I think you're right. That kind of Sleaford Mods thing. Those type of bands for me, there is a line and you either fall on the line of dreadful or brilliant. Like Sleaford Mods, Slaves, Yard Act, although there is that one Yard Act song that I really like. Like I, I just I have a real kind of visceral fuck you reaction to a lot of that. But then on the other side, you get something like this, which isn't a million miles away, nah. but it's just 
It's got some fucking grooves to it, though, man. It's loads better. And like you said, they are actually funny. And they've got that kind of... I mean, it's a really obvious thing to say they're a bit like the Hives because they just sort of swing their dicks around. But that kind of almost like that Scandi Hives Turbo Negro thing, it's not the the primary thing they do, but I think it kind of... it just sort of exists within their DNA because of where they're from. I think it's de- it's well cool. Proper yeah, man. It's, more it's, like it's kind got... of proper rock and roll than the kind of arch artsiness of some of the more the something like Sleep of Mods. Yeah, exactly, man. It's just it kind of you know I don't know. I, I always get a bit of a Emperor's New Clothes vibe off of some of those bands. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, you're just fucking saying you like this because you think it's cool. Do you know what mm. I mean? I just. Uh, I'm, I'm not anyone to judge. If people like what they like, and it's fucking fair play to them, man. I'm, I, who knows? Maybe I've just got a tin ear for it. But you know, this it, feel, it feels like a proper band. Like you said, they've got some swagger. I, I'm like, oh yeah, I'd like to see these guys live. I'd like to see what, what they've got going on. So yeah, I enjoyed this album a great deal. So check it out. Yeah, it's good. You heard this? You, you listen to Sam? I have. Yeah, yeah. Because I I listened to Welfare Jazz off the back of the Riot Act review last year, and then I saw this one was coming out. I was like, oh cool, yeah, we'll keep up with that. Or oh, I'll make a note to keep up with that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an improvement on the previous album which um thought was very impressive and as you're both saying it's like they do fall for me just on the right side of kind of yeah that kind of tasteful it's sort of nudge nudge wink wink but not to a kind of wacky extent that you do get with i mean yard act are the the prime offenders for me it's just a bit too like oh look oh, you aren't them, we? Yeah, i really do and i feel really bad because I'm, I'm sure they're really nice blokes and actually i don't think their music is interminable but there's something about the characterization it is proper for me it does feel like working class cosplay which is one of the problems i have with like park life by blur for example but that's ah, that's a whole conversation for another day i think there's a bit in yard Act where he goes now then the over he actually says now then before he starts singing the chorus oh, fucking like, jimmy savile oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah awful um although that was actually my most listened to song on my spotify wrapped unbelievable oh well unbelievable, unbelievable. Do, you know, do, do, do you know what mine was it's fucking Peppa Pig or something. It was Peppa Pig, mate. I'm, I'm in the top 5% of Peppa Pig fans. Wow. I listen to more Peppa... Yeah, mate, you're fucking nuts. Um, yeah, I've got a two-year-old. Um, she doesn't like Peppa Pig, though, which is strange. Uh, <laughs> Are you just, you just, just the owl? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just really like it, man. I just, I just fancy her. That's the thing. Just fancy yeah. Peppa Pig. Yeah, so it's just a fetish that I got into. <laughs> um, what's your number one, Dave? Uh, I've gone with Cheat Codes, Danger Mouth and Black Thought. Ah, uh, yeah. Now I I I kind of when I was doing this I was like I was like this is almost a bit of a pedestrian choice and I'm aware of it right but oh, for fuck's sake can you hit can you my dogs are barking in the background I can mate I can we sound like John Candy out. in Trains Planes and Automobiles yeah my dogs I, yeah they they they're outside now that's alright <laughs> uh, um well, I'll, we're I'll keeping do that, that in. we're keeping that in by the way we're oh okay fuck Stephen Hill doesn't right. edit that's the point it doesn't edit absolutely <laughs> never. Now, right. Okay. So anyway, as I say, look, as I say, this this one just it ticks my boxes, man. I mean, I love a bit of Danger Mouse production. I think there's some really, really nice production on this record. Uh, you know, Black Thought for me is just the MC from the '90s that never ever fell off. He's, he, you know, they he existed in that fucking. You know, the weird thing about Black Thought is you you don't see him on the lists. You don't when people are naming their top five MCs, you never see Black Thought there, but. But he's fucking there, man. Black Thought has been there just banging out brilliant lyrics, very flows for 20, well, since the 90s, man. He's always been completely spot on. He's a smart dude. He knows his way around a metaphor. And he's still full of it, man. He's still got the flows. This is a lyrically, intensely 
dense record. It's got great production on it. It's got single after single. It's got probably probably my favourite song of the year. If we're doing songs of the year, uh, yeah. is Acma Acma oh, fuck it, I can't say it. Aquamarine, which is the the, the one with Michael Kimanuka. Michael Kimanuka, in it. yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's great. I love that track, man. But you know, darkest part, which has got Raekwon on it. Um, uh, like because, which has got Joey Badass on it. Um, Batiz with the late great MF Doom. This is a record that I, I, I was up in Edinburgh this year and I had it on the headphones. I was just busting around listening to this and yeah, really, really just, it, it, this is a, a record that I just really gelled with. I think it's really, really well crafted. Uh, it's not breaking amazing amounts of new ground, I guess, um, but it's just a really good archetype. It's just a, a, a great example of this type of thing done well. Yeah, I think um, we had when we reviewed this album, we had Gaz from Track One Side One on, and he was he. I think he summed it up brilliantly by saying, "This is like you can smell the kind of crate digging. If you're yeah. from that era, you can kind of smell the like, you know, the the sort of coffee house crate digging vibes from from that. It kind of transports you back to that time. It's just such a warm, beautiful kind of analog, like you say, love letter to a really fertile, brilliant." alternative time in hip-hop it, it's wicked this album um i was going to ask you with this being your number one did you listen to the marlo album no okay mate marlo three i think that's very similar to mm. this and i would say when we reviewed it i actually maybe might just pluck for the marlo album slightly over this one i think it's very very close but they both give me this the same thing so i think marlo three i think you you you'd be into yeah. that i mean i'll tell you man full full caveat on all of this is there's a lot of stuff that has you know has going to have passed me by this year i'm going to at back end of this year i'm going to be like paying a lot of attention to everybody else's lists because there's a load of stuff that i know has passed me by you know i mean there's, there was stuff that you know that i kind of that nearly made my list you know i i, I like that zealand album mm. a lot um I, obviously, I always like a clutch album, but it just it was just a bit pedestrian for me this time around. Um, not that it's a bad album, it's a great album. Uh, I would have put the fucking Black Star record in, but they made it so difficult for anyone to hear it. And yeah. it's like, put it behind a paywall, you've got to fucking sign up for Luminary. I've heard it, it's great. It's, it's great. It's, 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 it, you know, but I haven't heard it enough because I'm not giving fucking Luminary's got Russell Brand's shit podcast on it and I'm not giving them any money, <laughs> basically. That's a fair point. Fuck, I'm not supporting yeah. him. He's a diddler. <laughs> He's diddler. a diddler, man. Everyone's going, oh, who could Catherine Ryan be talking about? He, they're talking about him. That's everyone fucking knows. Anyway. Mm. Well, uh, like I say, edit that I out. don't. I don't edit stuff out, so expect a season. So I've heard, so, <laughs> so allegedly. Can I say that? Fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There you go. You've done. Um, you brought this in, didn't you, Sam? You waited. So you brought this in. You pointed this out to me. It's Black Thought and Danger Mouse album. I did indeed. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's interesting. I think you're absolutely right to say that the Marlowe album. I think kind of from a sonic perspective has a kinship with it with that warm analog um i definitely preferred this to the Marlowe album myself um this isn't one i've gone back to loads and i think part of that is this year's definitely been a kind of discovery of hip-hop for me because um i think as i've as i've mentioned once before like the first album we ever had bought for me was the uh, marshall mathers lp on cassette tape the censored version nice. from stafford market that's the the ideal version really um Obviously, and then yeah. to be honest until we get to um kendrick releasing damn i've got a real kind of blind spot in in that era of hip-hop so um black thought is not someone i'd ever particularly come across i was really really impressed by this album so i'm very pleased to hear you batting for it with a uh, such vigor dave that's really cool 
I love this record, man. I think it's I think it's great, and I I love Black Thought, and I you know I'm glad that you know he's kind of starting to be in that conversation a little mm. bit. If you ever uh, he, he had a feature on the last Eminem record, there's a track on there that's got a big kind of Buster Rhyme sample through it. Um, what fucking what's it called? Is, it, is that the music to be murdered by? Uh, I, I can't remember, man. I, I don't listen to Eminem albums, albums no. anymore. It's, I think it was, maybe, maybe it was that one. It was the yeah. one that's... I'm it's currently got, it's doing got... worst of best of Eminem for Louder. I'm trying to work out what is the worst Eminem album. And that is quite, <laughs> Stiff competition. Uh, quite a bad, bad album, whatever it is. I haven't decided <laughs> but, yet. But it's I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely got to be one of the ones around like the fourth or fifth albums. I mean, some of those were fucking terrible, man. I had to just check Relapse. out completely. Ooh. A relapse encore, all of that. Ugh, fucking yeah. gives me the shivers, that shit, man. And anything that he's got Skylar Grey on it, bad. Yeah, some appalling. Anyway, we we don't have time to talk about Eminem and how bad he has been for a long time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, man, this album's really good. Uh, really glad that you brought that one in mm. because I think probably would be one of those like honorable mentions when it comes to my top 20 personally and i because i do think it's really really good maybe just like i think yeah i would probably just pick the mile album but i think two fucking great records they're both really really great um you've also got a top five gig list as well dave you've been to many gigs this year you've done a lot i mean we've done a couple together haven't we? yeah yeah i've done I mean, it's a couple of them on here funnily enough um yeah I've, I've done a few i've not done as many as i'd like to because obviously i've got a kid and i work in comedy so i'm out gigging yeah. myself a bit um but I've, I've, I've done a bit this year i've certainly Certainly, uh, done a few that I've really, really enjoyed and have stood out. Um, if I go, if I go five uh, from two, uh, that Deftone show that we went to, Kenneth uh, Town, awesome. uh, the Forum, that was fucking great, mm. man. It was just, obviously, it's an in- intimate show for Deftones. I didn't get to go download this year. Um, I, I went on holiday instead because you know I w- why wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> uh, and yeah, fucking the only thing I was really gutted about missing was Deftones because I, I, I do like them. I, you, yes, it's always a toss of the coin with Deftones. Who who are we going to see? Is it going to be one of the best live bands in the world, or is it going to be a pile of shit where fucking Chino's really fucking fat again? Uh, and you know, this was uh, this was definitely on the, the the former end of the scale. It was really nice to see him in that. Uh, small small area with their full production or as much of it as they could get in really nice set list first time I'd heard some of the songs off the newer album obviously because Covid wiped out the other tour uh, but yeah I had a good time you know uh, generally have a good time with the Deftones this was no exception it was fun yeah it was good um, they were rubbish at download really sound was terrible it was yeah. really rubbish so and, and they were 10 20 times better when it came to that forum show. and you had to watch them with people at download who will sit there during uh change of the house of flies and go why is there no gallop where's the triplets and it's like oh fuck off yeah they weren't good with that as well yeah Oh mate, yeah, don't. Anyway, um, yeah, n- 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 number four, uh, McCluskey at the Electric Ballroom. Oh, love, lovely stuff. Love, yeah, fucking love McCluskey. Uh, love Future of the Left. Love uh, everything that Falcons really does. Obviously, this was celebrating uh, twenty years of was it twenty yeah, years? Yeah, twenty years of McCluskey does Dallas, which is arguably uh, their fucking best record. Uh, McCluskey are one of those bands. I mean, they've got the fucking best song titles in the world. Uh, it's, I, I arguably between them and Mogwai for the best song titles. But um, the difference between you and me is I'm not on fire. What a fucking name for a song. Um, and yeah, McCluskey. It, it was just, it was just one of those things. It was an old school reunion gig. Just got to hear those songs uh, in a way that I haven't since like fucking Reading in the 
like early 2000s just a really really good time just kind of a riotous evening of kind of beer and loud noise and inevitable next day tinnitus yeah you you would have seen mccloskey what is it 16 times this year sam uh, 15 15 get it right 15 uh, no oh, actually, i was due to see them uh six times i uh, know seven times across the year i was due to see them i think i ended up seeing them five times though four times in in like a two-week stretch on the 20th anniversary tour and including the electric ballroom one which was fucking brilliant i completely concur that was yeah, a yeah. superb gig and I, I saw him. I saw him. Uh, I saw him later in the year in uh, the old market in Brighton as well, um, and that was a decent show as well. But you know, the first one is always going to be the mm. best, isn't it? Uh, as is the case with my number three choice, uh, which was uh, the clipping show that we saw in Fabric. Yeah, that was a fucking great show, man. It was, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, by by virtue of the fucking uh, limited access into the venue, ended up much closer to the front of the show than I would generally uh, uh, go down. Um, but that, you know, but the sound was amazing. There, it was really immersive. Fucking watching. Uh, I mean, you know, talking about great MCs, David is just absolutely on point. You know, just beat on beat it's like just so fucking precise in terms of what he's doing uh watching what those guys are doing behind him the way they're fucking with the sound and just manipulating everything just these enormous walls of bass and immersion and it you know you just it, it was very very um transformative you've kind of i just stood there just kind of letting letting it kind of wave over me and wave over me and just there just the whole time being like fucking hell man i feel really alive in this moment watching this i feel really like i'm part of something and i feel better than most people because they're not here <laughs> it's just one of those kind of you know what i mean one of those fucking music doucheberg moments um i went and saw him again last week in brighton and it was uh you know it was still really really good the crowd wasn't quite as good uh in brighton wasn't quite as well sold um the sound was still really good uh, and they didn't cover jaquan so and that's so that oh, obviously what n- yeah didn't do it they did something else instead what did they do I can't remember the name of the song, okay, mate. I'm rubbish with song titles. Oh, but yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, I would have loved it to make because you said to me, "Yeah, just come down, come down to Brighton." I would have done, and uh, I got, I, I, I could, I just couldn't make it. Just couldn't make it, and it, I was fucking got the whole evening. I was like, ah, I could be watching clipping right now. Mm. It was fucking awesome that show, fucking awesome. But you know, can't do everything. Um, we got a top two, top two. What's your second favorite? Second one, uh, this is—I mean, this is a kind of an experiential thing, and also just on the basis of uh, you know fucking dream lineups for an old fucking cunt from the nineties. Uh, I went to Boston uh, with my family earlier this year, and I saw—and literally, it's one of these things that I—I—I I, I saw this lineup come up for the gig, and I immediately saw it, and I went, "Ah, oh, fuck! We never get lineups like this in the UK because it was a US tour." And it wasn't until later in the day that my mate phoned me up and went, aren't you in America when that's happening? And I looked it up and I went, fuck, this gig is two days after I arrive, yeah? So I went, saw the House of Blues in Boston. I saw uh, Clutch. Hold on, hold on. Just, I, I know what he's about to say. And if you have similar music taste to me, just sit down for a minute because you're about to be gutted you missed this. I'm just going to give, this is a, tr- a trigger warning for us here in the UK <laughs> that we didn't get this. Go on, Dave, sorry. Yeah, so it was uh, it was uh, it was clutch uh, headlining uh, with quicksand opening uh, and helmet in the middle. Fuck off! Oh, uh, fucking hell! <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. That's, yeah. I mean, Quicksand are one of my favourite bands of all time. Like, literally one of my favourite. Like, like, to the point that when they reformed for the first time, well, 2005, whenever it was, I was so worried that they wouldn't make it to the UK or it wouldn't be a good show in the UK that I flew to Chicago to see them uh, and haven't regretted it at all because it's one of the only chances you've got to see him with... Uh, with matey Tom uh, before he had massive drug problems and wasn't able to tour with him anymore. Uh, obviously, Quicksand playing as a four-piece with your man uh, from Cave In playing guitar. Um, Brodsky. Uh, which was- yeah, which was fucking lovely. Uh, brilliant set from Quicksand. Uh, uh, I mean, I yeah, a, a little bit. Obviously, they've got a new album, so there was some of that stuff in there. Obviously, the classic beats are still really where it's hitting. I do like that new Quicksand record, though. Uh, Helmet uh, did a set from... Uh, they were obviously making... I think they've been out doing a lot of greatest hit sets. And I think they were really making a point that they were playing across their uh, across their catalogue. So, you know, there was no one sung, for example. Do you know what I mean? Um yeah, so they didn't they didn't do all the hits, but it was a fucking great fucking pounding set. Great stuff there. Uh, Clutch, you know, were excellent as always. Uh, I was in the House of Blues. I was a bit drunk. I was with my cousin. I was with my wife. It was a fucking great night, man. We had a really good time. Sounds good. That sounds all right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, number I one. Number, I know what your number one's going to be. No, of course you do. Of course Obviously. you do. What do you reckon it is? <laughs> It's not five finger death punch. Again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, five finger death punch. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 outside outside a school in a tank tour. <laughs> um, now go on and talk to us about tool. What do you? Yeah, think? go on then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tool. It's t- it was tool. Uh, tool at the O2. Uh, it was the second night. I would say is my would be my choice of the two. Uh, it was it, it just kind of edged it in terms of performance, in terms of the vibe of where I was at, and uh, and set list as well. I mean, they played fucking Numa on the second night. I was fucking oh, no, sorry, they played um. Not, I mean, they played Numa both nights. They played you got Undertow, um, didn't you? I think. Well, they played Undertow, yeah, but they also played um. Fuck, what's that track called off the last album? My brain's just gone completely. Oh, Tempest. Oh, um, got a number Tempest. of Tempest. Yeah, yeah. Tempest. Tempest. Yeah, fucking yeah. They played Tempest, which I fucking love, and didn't expect them to play. Uh, no, so yeah, brilliant. Either, yeah. yeah, I just, I mean, you know, Tool, I, I mean, I've been a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been a massive Tool fan since Undertow uh, became, you know, Anima's probably my favourite album of all time. I keep it quite quiet because there's nothing worse than Tool fans yeah. in this fucking world. Uh, as I found out at the first gig, uh, I, I would tell the story, I've told it to Stephen, but... Uh, it would incriminate myself in case those people that were there listened to the podcast, but I did something a little bit illegal to some cunts. <laughs> anyway, um, we've all done it. Not their abacus <laughs> out of their hands or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, uh, Stephen will tell you the story cool. of camera, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. but I, I, but I, I know exactly what would happen. I'd get fucking. I'd, I'd incriminate myself. I'd grasp myself up like Mag Frankie Fraser on uh, on the brass eye. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no one's grasped themselves up. Uh, yeah, but mate, fucking magical set, man. I I, I love them. It, you know, it's it's one of those things. A tool show now is always going to be about the songs that they don't play because it's like, oh fuck, they've got such you know, there's there's so much back catalogue and so much breadth. But after having seen them, I mean, I, that, I think that was my I don't know eighteenth time seeing Tool, something like that. I've seen them a lot, man. I've seen mm. them a lot. Uh, and they went through that kind of period where they were playing pretty much the same set for a long time. You know, you'd get that kind of extended version of Stink Fist. You get, and it was really nice to see them on a 
different set. It was nice to see the tracks that they bought out. They played a lot of stuff that, you know, slightly deeper cuts, stuff that I really love. I mean, Krista went with me. He was, you know, Krista, as as we know, is more. He's a guy I do the podcast with. If you don't listen to it, he's more of a kind of a singles guy. He wanted to hear forty six and mm. two, and he wanted to hear those things. So you know, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, less fun for him. But for me, it was just like, oh, this is fucking Get, absolute nerds night out. For <laughs> getting right in two, isn't it? That's one. I love like. right in two, man. Love right in two. I mean, yeah. the moment for me. I, so I went to the first night. I, after the fact, I was like, oh, shit, I should have gone to the second. But I did go to the first night. And even though I'm a nerd who likes to look up the set list before I go and everything, I don't, I don't care yeah. about spoilers. And even though I knew it was coming, when they went into the grudge, I just I, it, even sat right. down, absolutely lost my shit. A fucking great night. Great, great night. Yeah. I mean, how old, how old would you have been, Sam, when they on the Grudge tour, on the on the Latour oh, tour? Oh, God, seven, I think. Oh, no, I, I would have been Fuck seven that. when it came out. So when they were touring it in the UK, probably like eight. Yeah, maybe. Fuck, yeah. man. Yeah. So my, my and, he, and yeah, and he st- and he still didn't go and see it. Pathetic. Fucking. Do you know what I mean? Poser. poser. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've now seen him three times there, twice at their own gigs, and it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to see him again, but I've I've had three very, very, very good tour shows. Yeah, yeah awesome. and, and and that is the thing now as a tool as well. You you're at that point where you're like, ah, how how long will this carry on for? How long will Maynard be asked to do mm. this? Do you know what I mean? And, and I guess the question is, how expensive is a vineyard to run? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that is will play into the 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 thing I would have thought as well. You know, he got he's got a, he's got to fund his wrestling habit as well, hasn't he? When he's with Pussifer, so you know. Um, anyway. Yeah, that tour gig was brilliant. Again, I expect Sam and I will be talking more about that when we get to our kind of gigs of the year, no doubt. Um, so we'll leave it there. Dave, thanks so much for coming on, mate. No worries, man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. Lovely to see you. I think me and you will be talking about something on a podcast again soon, one day, won't uh, we? Sh- well, should we, should, we, should we just trail that here? I yeah, mean, we sure. Trail that here. Well, so, like, I mean, if you, if you haven't ever listened to our podcast, and fucking why not, you cunts? Um... <laughs> Our podcast, Pop Collaborate and Listen, we li- we are reviewing in laborious detail every number one UK album of the 90s, uh, and it is a task that we have come to regret uh, deeply because things like this keep happening. Um, basically, uh, we've got... It turns out that uh, Shakademus and Pliers had a number one album in 1994. So we've got... Uh, we've got uh, yeah, we've got reggae pops number one advocate Stephen Hill Hello. coming in <laughs> to add some add some uh, light and shade to that motherfucker. I'll be there, floating like a butterfly. Oh baby girl, I'll be doing a lot of that, mate. I'll be doing oh, a mate, lot. I, of- I, I, and I'm going to be saying, oh, he's doing the voice again. Quite a bit. You're going to be like the Mark Wahlberg, the Donnie, the Donnie Wahlberg of the PCL podcast. Oh, I look forward to it. Okay, mate, thanks so much. Um, well, very much look forward to that because um, I was actually listening to that album the other day and um, I don't have a lot. Well, spoiler alert, it's, uh, it's a silly album, but you know, let's, let's see how we get on. Anyway, nice one. Cheers, Dave. Cheers for coming on. Yeah, cheers for having us, mate. Take care. Bye. There you go. Uh, there's Dave. Hopefully, we got sent the, the, the audio of him doing... Because I haven't been sent it yet. I'm going to ask him for the same so I, <laughs> oh, I don't God. know if that came in, basically, for him doing <laughs> Ebenezer Good or not. We will get that to you at some point, though, whatever happens. Um, we also... So, 
I, uh, I, we also spoke to, or I say we did, you, you were off to work doing your real job when we did what this next chat. What a little prat. That's oh, unbelievable. Slinging two thirds of imperial stouts to hipsters. Oh, God. You won't drop everything for this podcast. <laughs> pathetic. Sam wasn't around. Um, and I got in t- contact with James McMahon. Now, James is someone who I haven't really known that long, but I, um, we sort of started chatting over Twitter and I'm sort of aware of James and over this year or so we've chatted quite a bit and he's got, you know, a couple of podcasts. He's got a podcast called Shame, um, which is a bit more of a sort of, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's about, I guess, like culture warsy sort of stuff, um, which I thought some of that is very interesting. But his music podcast, he's had people on that music podcast, like, I mean, the Graham Coxon from Blur, he had to Symposium have been on this year and, mm. um, I started listening to James's podcast and he's actually, like, he's got a really lovely way about him when he chats to people about music. And um, I wanted to get him on to uh, to discuss, you know, not just music actually, but what's been kind of quite a weird year for him. We ended up going into, you know, away from music a little bit in this chat and talking more about kind of the, um, the, the rather challenging year that he's had. And I, you know, I really appreciate him opening up to me and having that chat. And he's also picked, again, some really fucking interesting records. So uh, from the James McMahon Music Podcast, here is me and James McMahon. James, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I love the fact that we're pretending we haven't been talking for... <laughs> 30, 30, I mean, just in the, in, in the, in the interests of... Uh, truth three chords in the truth like uh, i just thought i'd reveal that the way that we're doing this but uh no i'm, I'm good as you as you know yeah yeah i know because i've been talking to you sorry i said i i should know but you've told since you've told people what we've been doing i've actually been talking about me getting divorced for about 15 minutes of that so i don't know if i don't know if that's brought your mood down <laughs> <laughs> a little bit anyway because that's really irrelevant to the conversation that the people need to hear but you know since we're uh sharing and everything <laughs> that, that is what we were talking about i think i think i think you've got it all in hand people shouldn't worry i think that you're um, in a good I think, I think you're in a good place with it yeah i feel i feel i feel good uh anyway enough about me people are always having to listen to my shit on this podcast um 2022 we're kind of reviewing the year How's it been as a year for you, just broadly, personally, and in a sort of artistic, musical standpoint? Well, do you know what? Like, um, as I, as you know, because I bang on about it endlessly to you, I'm writing this book at the moment, and um, in lots of ways, you know, the year's been amazing because I got a, a book deal, and it's something I've always wanted, and that was super exciting. And but kind of like thinking about the year, like when I've been shaping the book and plotting it like on paper it sounds awful um my dad died i had some bonkers mental health episode um psychiatric units all this nonsense which i which i should say that i'm no stranger to but i really didn't think i'd still be having to deal with it this year but i feel like the year's been really good in lots of ways you know like with respect to my dad which is you know kind of broke my heart but there's been a lot of really good things from this year it's just on paper it sounds shit but i think sometimes it's like it's kind of like what you learn from things or what you take from things and yeah i'm ending the year feeling really up for next year and kind of really good about myself actually so uh yeah that's no, been good i think i think it's been loads of brilliant music um i still get frustrated that there isn't more of a music press or there isn't more of the music they like on the radio or like there's less of a music community than I would like there to be. But 
there's certainly i mean there's there's good music everywhere and i my podcast um has kind of really grown this year and i put loads more effort into it than i probably did the previous year and it's been uh it's been really good kind of i don't know almost sort of like trying to build my own little contribution to all of the things that frustrated me that that are absent that i just mentioned before so yeah no it's been a it's been a good one that's good it's good to hear it's interesting you say about you know the kind of the ups and downs of a year because i always sort of think sort of personally speaking is any year ever just really great or is any year like kind of i mean maybe some years some people do feel just like endlessly endlessly bad or loads of great stuff happens i don't know but i think back to some of my favorite years of my life sometimes and they're also <laughs> the years where some of the most appallingly awful things happened but yet the stuff around it was was really really great so you can achieve loads whilst also having to go through this it 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 feels like those two things i mean for me personally i i don't know if that chimes with you at all but like we're on the on paper that's a really interesting seesaw to get a book deal and to do all this stuff and like you know i listen to podcast a fair bit and you know i some of the chats uh, shout out the the recent jamie lemon episode which i thought was absolutely brilliant um it's great but yet yeah there's obviously personal things that we all have to deal with and we and you know unfortunately you know i've dealt with them you're dealing with them we all will have to deal with and it's it's hard to go oh this 12 month period was good it was bad like do you know what i mean it's it's always weird so just doing this chat feels weird you know no well i think though that you know it's like with um you know i'm all i'm very open about my ocd and like my whole thing one of the things you learn with that is that like for years and like the, it's, it's all about like um ultimately ocd wants certainty and it wants perfection and th- both of those things are unachievable in life and therefore the torment that the absence of those things cause you uh you know is is frankly in- excruciating but actually one of the things that i feel like anyone in recovery which i i think that i would consider myself as part of that stable um that actually when you accept that life is neither life is neither black or white life is neither good or bad like a year isn't you know either good or bad it is uh, a mixture of everything that life has to offer like actually i feel like that's when you can start to heal from it so in a weird way much as i despised the condition like it sort of regularly teaches me things i think that are important for you know to be a mature person to grow up so you know it's like i remember years ago like when i first got really ill with it like i remember speaking to someone who i had so much respect for uh who i worked with actually a, a job i was at and he he confided in me once about how ill he was and how he had real problems with mental health and i remember him saying to me like you know like there's no one in the world that enjoys a cup of tea more than me you know like i just love drinking a cup of tea and like i would have never said that like when i was younger and was was troubled and i totally get that you know i totally get that that it's like you just gotta get the surfboard out man you know ride some waves absolutely i can't and, believe um, i just said that about surfing <laughs> yeah that was you rubbish big, big surfer of the web Right, yeah, well, you certainly are. Yes, mate. You have some tsunamis that you've you've ridden on on the the, the, the web. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cheers, cheers for inventing that one. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about music. 
let's talk about music um five albums and a few other things that have kind of surmised your year let's do the records first i've asked you to pick your five favorite records of 2022 i didn't ask for any particular order i don't believe unless but if you put them in a descending top five then let's do it that way if you feel like it i like the drama of the countdown you know like sure you know you can be bruno brooks um so at number five Mm -hmm. uh I love that drug church record, Hygiene. I thought that was magic. Um, I had a big old chat with them for the podcast. I've sort of had a sort of loads of loads of thoughts in recent times about like culture wars and what my politics are. And and he's a fascinating guy. Loads to loads to talk to about that. So that was really good. And also a covert plug for that episode of my podcast. But that that record's mm-hmm. wicked. I think that like they kind of sound like what a punk band could sound like in 2022 it sort of feels a little bit like people did kind of twig how good it was but I, I, i've seen it in a, few, in a few lists but that band i feel like deserve a lot more uh uh cred than they get mm. i've slept on them a little bit i've got to be honest i have listened to that record a few times there's been a few records that have been i i, I think i've seen a lot of people saying about how great their drug drug church album is and i kind of came to it late after the fact because there's a lot of music out. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot. There's, there's been. A, there's always a hell of a lot of music out. And it's very. I mean, I've said this a lot, but it's really hard to kind of keep up with everything. So you kind of end up like I found myself this year, particularly going back after people have said you will like that. And Drug Church was one that people said, "Oh, you will like that." And I still, I listen to it, and I'm like, ah, I wish I was there when it came out and everyone was excited about it because I feel like I'm a little bit late to the party. And that in turn has made me sort of go, "Oh yeah, it's good. I can see that it's good." But I know people that. I fucking love it i mean obviously it's in your top five so you're one of them but i feel like i feel like an idiot for sort of missing the boat on them a little bit and i feel like that has led to me not being as excited about that record as i would have liked to have been yeah but they're one of those bands as well that like you know they'll put out like 20 more albums in the next 12 months you know so it's like at mm. some point you should just go fuck it i'm never going to be on you know i'm never going to be on their schedule because there's, there's just so many good songs you know like everything that's prior i mean i was fairly like i was fairly new like i I was into the record before but like they were relatively new to me then um so yeah no you you just got uh twist it to you've got loads to enjoy when you do get there you've charmed me i will do that um all right good number four number four is homosexual by darren hayes wow love that record okay i also thought as well i mean you know knowing uh, a bit of your tastes like you'd really like <laughs> not your homosexual tastes your musical tastes that you would find a lot in that record too i have good taste in homosexuals as well by the way i, I, I think i think i do so you know that's fine yeah i mean it, it, either either or steven either or but it's uh it's nice no, an amazing record i've really realized um in recent years that I'm really into uh, like sad electronic gay pop music, um, and it's just beautiful that record. There's just moments on it that they sound, you know, it sounds like sort of erasure, kind of most soulful. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's just, and and, and there's there's more gay, there's more sad gay pop music to come uh, further down the line. But no, it's 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 brilliant that record, like. Yeah, I've spent loads of time with it. 
I've not listened to it, and I don't know if that's me being a little bit of the sort of teenage snob of me coming out and being like, well, I'm not going to listen to a Darren Hayes solo album in 2022. That does seem like a mad thing to do. But I found myself finding these things that are like, on paper, that should be ridiculous. And why does that even exist? But then going, actually, this is really quite good. You're not, I mean, you're not like that, though. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I hope I'm not. Well, I mean, this 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 particular podcast isn't, you know, it's almost the what I think's really interesting about your your rebrand. You know, you just like, mm. well, it's just, you know, I mean, it's almost it's almost that record's a little bit like should almost be like sort of a the house record of this podcast, I think, like because it's um, thematically it covers all those bases, but it's it's kind of um, I don't know, man. You just get to that point, don't you? I mean, what we're the same age, aren't we? Mm. And you get you get to that point where you just like. You know what? I absolutely love "I'll Fly You to the Moon and Back" by Savage Garden. Like, I I love it. I love it as much as "Ride the Lightning," and I love it as much as uh, "I Want to Be Adored." Like, incredible, you know, indie stroke metal songs or whatever. Like, I just, it's just, I just love that stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, it's it's a it's a properly good record. And again, I, again there's a deep dive on my podcast with with Darren. So. Yeah, I've not listened to that yet because I was like, oh, okay, maybe I will at some point. But you've again even more so than a drug, drug church album I, I now feel like i've yeah i'm definitely going to listen to that yeah and, and i just know as i just know you're going to really love it good okay i really, I really do think you're going to love it all right great okay well if there's more of that to come then let's let's get let's get cracking we're into top three what's taking the bronze for 2022 for you james so number three is a formentera which i never know when i'm saying that correctly um by the band metric do you know about metric i know the name but i haven't heard this is another record that i haven't heard so they're a metric are a canadian indie rock band who um they were sort of like almost rams in the noughties you know when i was at the enemy i felt like i went to see metric like every you know every week you know they were just always like the the opening band at the barfly or what have you um Although they were like, as their press person would remind me regularly, enormous in their native Canada. Um, but it just never quite happened here. But there's that band in the film, in the Scott Pilgrim film, the the like the the, the band that he's hung up on with the singer, um, who's played by Brie Larson. Like they're the backing band. They they recorded. Oh like, really? That's a dreadful film. <laughs> I saw that a couple of weeks ago. It was on telly a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I wonder how this has aged. Oh, Terribly. really? Right, right. Terribly, yeah. I, I was really, I was obsessed with the, not to be that guy, but I was obsessed with the comics. And I thought the adaptation was pretty good, actually. But um, but yeah, that was almost like their sort of, their, their most notable moment. And then, you know, the idea that somehow I would be making a, a top five list in 2022 and a metric album would be in there is it not something I would have predicted. But it's just such a good record. Uh, opens with this like 11 i think it's 11 minutes it's like 11 minute uh song that uh it's called doom scrolling and um i remember hearing it being like well this sums up the the cultural moment of the time and and just like every just every song was just like a a, a cracker um I spent the majority of the time listening to that record in the car with my wife this year and it's one of the few things that musically we've agreed on in a while it's just yeah it's just a it's a brilliant record and again i'd be amazed if he didn't like something in it hmm. okay yeah i've never checked that band out like i say i'm, I'm pretty sure they are 
as you say, the sort of band who I maybe would have missed supporting somebody back in the 2000s. But um, yeah, I'll... Uh... It sort of makes me think of like, I don't know, mostly, I mean, it's a bit of an obvious one because they're, they're, there's a woman fronting them, but like sort of blondier, they're sort of more poppy. Although there's like oh. way more sort of synth this time around. It's like, uh, mm. yeah, they're good. All right, good. Uh, what's the album called? Just to put on the spot <laughs> It's the new Metric album. Formentera? Okay. Well, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that that is correct, unfortunately. But uh, Silver Medal, number two. Number two is really boring. It's the Ghost record. That's not boring. Well, it's boring in, this, in, the, in the sense of, like, I mean, anyone that has ears that work is going to put that record in there, like, you know, top fives, top tens this year. Like, it's just amazing. Um <laughs> It's like it's like what more do you need me to say about it? Do you know what I mean? It's just class. It's like every song's a winner. Uh it's it's different to the record before, which is different to the record before, which is different to the record before and all that. And um irritatingly, like when I went mental like this year and was ill again, it was it coincided with their uh their London show. And like I genuinely lamented that all year of like because when, when I saw them at Wembley the time before that, I mean, it was just amazing. It was like one of those gigs that, you know, I'm 42, I'm not supposed to feel like this anymore. But, like, I would just, it was, like, a happy place. I would, like, go back to it and just be like, oh, I absolutely fucking love that gig. So hopefully next time round. But, yeah, man, what a band. Yeah, I love that record. So good. I mean, unsurprisingly, it's topped a lot of polls in the sort of rock and metal press because I think like, oh, it's nice to have a band who, I mean, I've said this before, and again, at the risk of always sounding like Patrick Bateman, just those big fucking songs, them sounding like Def Leppard and ridiculous sort of 70s AOR, that's just better than doing sort of grumpy doom music, isn't it? Just is. Yeah, 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 no, totally. But also, I just think as well, like, this, there's, there's just... I mean, you know, I've interviewed him. I've interviewed him a couple of times. I mean, he's just such a student of of rock and roll as well. And like, there's there's licks of you know everything in those records. But I I think you know I I knock about with a lot of people who have no interest in anything that would get anywhere near the rock press, and um, they just love that band because they're like you know they're sort of a pop band at heart. You know, like the mm. the tunes are like pop tunes. You know, but. And also, I just, I don't know, I just get excited every time that band do something, you know, I'm just like, oh, there's a new Ghost video, you know, that's like a treat, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I wonder what they're going to be doing in the video this time around. Like, I love all that. Like, I wonder what Papa will look like this time. Like, I just, I just love that. They they seem like they just give a shit, you know, they seem like they care about wanting to make their band people's favourite bands. And I think that's uh, sort of been lost a little bit, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. But sorry to be predictable. No, no, that's that's fine. It's it's only predictable because it's such a predictably good record. I think it's only a cliche because it's true. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. But something is topped it. This is your favourite album of the year, James. Do let the people know what it is. So number one, it was a, a late entry and it came out in September. But um, I was telling you before and um, sort of going off on a bit of a, a rant about early 90s indie rock. There's this band called The Beths that, um, from Auckland in New Zealand and like boy, girl, girl, girl. No, I got that the wrong way around. Girl, boy, boy, boy. And uh, 
I can't even remember what number this record is, maybe the third, fourth. But it's called Expert in a Dying Field, and it's just the best collection of indie rock songs that I've heard all year. But again, like, you know, if I was like doing if if I was doing this list for like um I don't know, I like Cardigan's fanzine, like it would almost be like ghost in the sense that they'd be like, Oh well obviously like the best record's amazing, you know. So it is a bit kind of like predictable if you kind of like that music, but um yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a total winner. But you should come and see them next year. They're playing, um, they're in the UK. Obviously, it's kind of not the easiest thing in the world for a band from New Zealand to get to the other side of the world. But no, it's, um, yeah, it's wicked, that record. Yeah, it is good, actually. I listened to it after you said it was going to be your number one. This was the only one that I knew in advance. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's very, very difficult not to like music like that. I think, especially if you're, you know, of our <laughs> age and <laughs> genetic makeup. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost impossible to, 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 to not listen to music that sounds like that and go, "This is brilliantly kind of acerbic, spiky indie rock with lovely choruses and just like a, just all the stuff what you want from that type of thing that you've been listening to for 30 plus years. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And there's, there's always been a bit of a thing of like, whenever I've worked for a music magazine, like anyone who's kind of wanted to like moan about my taste in music would call that kind of music McMahon like um, sort of like female fronted indie rock. But like, I just like to call it good. Like, I just love that. I just love that music. I mean, not even just that it being female fronted, but I just feel like it, there's been times I mean, I love, I'm a lifer. There's too much music that I love to think about doing something else. But there's been various times where you've sort of gone, oh, you know, there's nothing really going on. But the thing that always drags me back is that, like, ultimately making that kind of music, I mean, that kind of music is brilliant. Like, and it all, there's all, it's always there. Like, um, it always amazes me that every couple of years there'll be a band like Muncie Girls or, like, Doe or um Lemuria that just sort of become my favorite band for 12 months you know and I, I don't know I just think it's because it's amazing music and um yeah you can't go wrong with it really yeah dead right uh well there you go that's your favorite top five albums of the year I also asked you to pick a gig a live music experience that you would say is your favorite of 2022 you've been to many gigs this year I don't want to be that guy. I feel like I, 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 you know, I like to, I like to tell the truth, but I feel like I just want to lie because I, I hate it when people are like, oh, gigs, you know, you're like, especially when you work in music, like you're like, you literally people are throwing opportunities to go watch music, at you, and that's something that you would have always craved. And so I'm going to use the excuse of um, I've been absolutely off my rocker for a lot of this year for having not been to loads of gigs. And not the fact that my knees hurt when I get out of bed, but I've I, I, I probably been to more gigs than your average person. But it's not been a, it's not been a, I, I, I've not broken any records this year, you know. But I went to see um, Biss, who are my probably probably my favourite band ever uh, at Oslo in uh, in Hackney a couple of weeks ago, and they've got a new record out. It's called Systems Music for Home Defence. Um, could probably, if I put my mind to it, work out what number that is in their discography. But off the top of my head, I can't. I can't think. But it's a it's a great one. It doesn't sound like a record that is this far into their career. It sounds like something that you know a, a sprightly set of young books would put out. 
And I loved that gig. It was weird, you know, like my entry points of writing about music was fanzines. I'm 42. I did my first fanzine when I was 14, you know, just getting my dad um, to photocopy my fanzine at, in his lunch hour at his workplace and, you know, selling it at gigs and no one buying it at gigs. And that was my sort of entry point to it all, you know, that kind of DIY thing. And Biss were like such an important band for me at that point because they all did fanzines. So you would like trade them with them. Um, I just followed that band. I, you know, wrote, wrote the sleeve notes to their best of and um kind of become friends over time and just kind of my career has sort of been a bit in tandem with them really when they've been up i've been up when they've been down i've been down um and it was just mental being at that gig because i looked around the room and there was just people i knew when i was like 14 15 and i i you know i'd hop the train to london um to see them play I mean, they're from Glasgow, but they would always play in London back in the day. They'd never get anywhere near Doncaster or whatever. And um, it was just mad just looking around the room and just being like, oh, hello, I remember that guy. You know, he's got less hair now and more of a gut. Or, you know, I remember that girl, like, she gave me a pin badge in 1997 or whatever. And we're all, like, kind of older and we've all got more baggage and we've all lived more. And it was just so... It just summed up everything that, you know, people talk about with punk rock, like, you know, community and... um all that stuff that people talk about, but you're really lucky if you actually get to experience. So it was probably, you know, it's more than just a gig. The gig was good. The songs were good as well, but you know, it was everything around. It was really, really special. Yeah. Biss are one of those kind of quintessential for me. They're like kind of quintessential non Brit pop indie cult nineties bands that people either knew nothing about or fucking loved. I saw them in 1998 at the Yulu in London. Yeah. Because I went with them. I did a kind of gig swap with my mate who was a big, his favourite band ever in my life story. And, um, which is, you know, okay. Uh, of, and, of, of the age. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you come see Biss. And I took him to see System of a Down. And that was a sort of gig swap we did. And, I mean, I feel like uh, you couldn't really pick two bands that were more sort of sonically different at that time but yet also weirdly both of them had these kind of insanely crazy obsessive fans because the music was just odd um i've not seen or thought about biz i have to say for probably about a year after that uh gig but i i feel like i want to listen to them now so i might go and listen to them after this you and uh you and I would say 99% of the Earth's population yeah. as well. I, I, as they're sort of acutely aware, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to make you a little mix actually of everything that you might have missed because there's been, there's been a lot of good stuff. And in fairness, they they did go away for ten years as well. Um, you know, they're kind of in many ways kind of music industry casualties. You know, uh, but it's really amazing to see them kind of older, wiser, kind of just making music and. I always thought the thing with that band is, you know, everyone always says that thing about the Velvet Underground where, like, kind of basically no one liked them, but, like, anyone who did like them formed a band. And certainly with Biss, it's like, they weren't hugely popular, but everyone who went to see them, they were, like, their favourite band. Or, like, you know, it, they they didn't, it, like, invoke mass uh, adoration, but they certainly, in the hearts of the people who, you know, stuck there, like, everyone would be, like, everyone who was watching the other day was, like, no one was indifferent it was like this is amazing <laughs> this has always been amazing um, <laughs> like a slayer show 
kind of like, but like certainly not like the latter day Slayer shows, but uh, at some point, yeah. I should, yeah. Got, I should have got my scalpel out and carved bits into my arm or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I do. I, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to go back and, and revisit Biss, I think. I think I might do that. I'll do Darren Hayes first, then Biss. That's the, the order of, of plays as soon as we finish. At some point, order some poppers as well. I think I feel like you need poppers before uh, the Darren Hayes record. He would approve of that messaging. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. Um, is there one song for you that defines the year? Well, I guess I, I did. I do have a favourite song. You know, I do have a mm. song that is um, a song I return to all the time, and it's it's back on that theme of you know, like sad gay pop music. There's a, a record by he wear he wear of the musician bitch. I, I'm, I'm not. No. So bitch was like um, bitch was. I, so I, as a straight person, I never like saying the word queer. Like I know that almost like queer core is like a genre, but I always feel like a dick, right? Um, using the word queer, but I'm just going to use that as part of the vernacular because that's how she would describe herself. So that kind of queer core scene of the '90s, that you know, sort of comes out of Riot Girl, Hill Rock Stars, all of that, everything that's happening in Olympia in Washington in the states. Um, she was like part of this like kind of queer core folk duo called Bitch and Animal, and um, you know, there's some good music there. It's not hugely my thing. It's very kind of folky. And then she goes away for ages, and she came back this year with a record called Bitchcraft, which is on Kill Rock Stars, and um, and it's really good. And there's some really good songs on there, but there's the second song in called Easy Target, and it's just this like sad, this sad electronic pop song. Almost sounds like sort of Yazoo or something. <laughs> like uh, she plays violin. There's this really kind of like sorrowful violin part that like runs through the song. Like this, the the drum beat, the percussion is like this. Um, it's almost this like kind of ele- electronic pulse that runs through it, and it's just so sad but like beautiful. And um, yeah, no, I've been I, I've been there a lot this year. I mean, the, the record the record's great and could have easily have been in my top five, but just. Uh, to rep someone else, I thought I'll just talk about this song. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a bit of me. I'm going to check that out. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, to kind of finish off and to surmise the year, James, uh, a moment from the the best moment and the worst moment of 2022 in terms of music for you, would you say? Oh, right, okay. From the best and worst of music. Well, actually, I said best moment and worst moment. I mean, t- I, I didn't even specify music. I didn't know if you'd done it that way. But however you choose to take that question, um, I don't want you to be like, oh, this is a, the worst song I heard. But just, I think, you know, yeah. However however you choose to, to answer that is fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I sort, of tried to, I sort of tried to encompass that at the beginning, really. But just, I guess that, like, I'm going to... Um... I'm gonna use it as an opportunity to just to talk about OCD again. I when my when my dad died, which was uh, he died about maybe four months ago now, and um, I spent the day with him. Um, I mean, he was you know I'm not sure he knew I, w- I was there, but I sat by his bed with my family, and then I had to go home at some point, and then when I came in the following morning, he he passed away, and I I sat with his I sat with his body for. A, a few hours which was unlike anything that i've had to anything i've experienced before 
and um my OCD was 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 intolerable like it was just I could not stop thinking about someone in my life that was like you know in the grand scheme of things like relatively inconsequential and I could not stop obsessing this person with I, I could not stop thinking that this person didn't like me and I'm sat there with like my dad's still body and I, I really loved my dad um and I really miss him and I was so furious with my OCD that it was like depriving me of this moment you know this moment where I should have been present like mentally present in the room and um and I thought about it ever since. I, I thought almost thought about that moment every day, almost like, oh, well, you know, did I do my dad a disservice? Or, but also just like that's the cruelty of OCD that these thoughts pop in your head, these loops, these, these ruminations, these like, you know, I've, I've had it before. You know, I mean, I had it sometimes when I was editing Kerrang, and I would just be like, that yellow isn't the right color yellow, and it would plague me. You know, it would be like I wouldn't be able to think of anything else because the yellow wasn't the right color of yellow. Right? It's a stupid illness. But this, particularly with my dad, it just reminded me just how how cruel the uh, how cruel the illness was. So yeah, the, the the you know Dave and Dad died, and you know that that going on as well was a particularly shitty day. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, like you know, it's like I say, you know, I, as I sort of a, a, approach the end of the year, um, I'm well up to my guts in writing my book. Um, I had when I went crackers this year. I mean, you know, I was, you know tried to do myself in at one point you know and i i think about so when i'm sat at my desk and i'm making my podcasts and i'm i'm writing the book and i feel like i've connected with i feel like i've made some really good new friends this year like sometimes that uh, oh, we should include yourself in that sometimes you know these things come out of you know bad times and i i just feel like as when i approach the end of the year and i kind of go like I'm thinking about the, the night I went missing um, this year, and I'm thinking about. I mean, I was trying to get on railway tracks, right? Like it was, it was grim. And I think about that, and I'm just like, I just don't feel like that person at the moment. I just feel so far away. I feel like I've learned so much about OCD and what I need to be better. I feel like even everything with my dad is starting to make a bit more sense. You know, like I've got his flat cap by my bed. I wake up in the morning, you know, say hello. I feel happy when i do that as opposed to like devastated that i did a couple of months ago um i'm just excited about next year you know my, my book's really good <laughs> this is like a really early plug but it's really good i uh, don't quite know when it's out but uh, i would imagine it would be the end of next year but it's, it's really good everyone should put aside like a tenner so they can buy it <laughs> okay well mate thanks for sharing i mean you know obviously a few people will go well, i didn't like it when you know, the Biffy Clyro deadline download or whatever, but that is what you've just said is a much more um, interesting uh, piece of insight, I think. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I'm, I, and it's been, you know, I know it's obviously been a, I, 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 I was going to say, I know what it's like to kind of go through, you know, loss and grief and that. And I do, but then I sort of don't, because I think everybody does it a little bit differently. Everybody has that thing in it. It affects them in a, in a in a different sort of way. So, you know, um, I just think I just think it's that thing. I mean, you know, you again, you know, this is a little bit sort of inside baseball or behind the behind the scenes. But I mean, there's been so much this year that you sort of, you know, kind of helped me think about things in a more sort of. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to blow your credit, but like think about things in a more sort of like sane and sober way. You know, like 
and that's been like hugely helpful. And I think the thing with grief is it's like I always used to have a thing with my OCD where I used to be like, and it, and just people will unless you have OCD, right? You'll never know like what it's like. It's maddening, right? And I guess there's always that thing with my OCD is I've always felt like quite a bit sorry for myself because I'm like I shouldn't have to deal with this. Like everything is more difficult than it has to be. Whereas with like grief, like when my dad died, there was a degree of like, well, we're, we're all going to have to experience this at some point. It's just the way the OCD kind of complicates it, really. But um, part of me does feel I probably should have said something like, yeah, you know, um, Reading was good this year. But, um, you know, <laughs> that, 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 that wouldn't be very authentic to myself. So I hope you don't well, mind me getting an email. No, mate, absolutely not. I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you felt yeah. comfortable with, with sharing that with me and our, our listeners. All right, thanks so much to James for coming on. Like I say, check out the James McMahon Music Podcast. He's got a lot of... Um, to- if you're into the 90s, then uh, there's loads of, of cool shit on there and from many, many different genres as well. Um, Steve has threatened to saw both his legs off at the knee just to get one of James's guests on at some point. So <laughs> yeah, pretty, just so you know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> now, uh, I, as I said before, I used to be on Team Rock Radio and... I didn't always... Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know. You never, you never mentioned never that. Was it a happy time for oh, you? Well, it wasn't the worst. I, you know, the guy, <laughs> it, it was a hard time. And I think, you know, when I think back to that period, it's a long time since that's, that's gone now. But um, some of the guys that I used to do Team Rock with went on to do Primordial Radio. And I maybe there was a, a sort of slight touch of bitterness from me at some point towards Team Rock, but more really to their listeners. I have to say, one person I always loved hanging out with when I did Team Rock and beyond, and I'm always delighted to see, is Jewsbury, who's one of the presenters on Primordial Radio. He is uh, just a, a lovely, lovable, big, furry man. And he's great, great energy to be around. And we haven't done anything. We used to sort of, like, get on each other's shows and stuff back in the Team Rock Radio days. But we've not done anything for ages. And we've sort of chatted before about, oh, maybe we should do some sort of crossover thing and blah, 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 blah. And it's not actually happened. So I thought, now's the time now's the time and i reached out to him and um i reached out to him and uh i, I took ages to get back to him when he said yes which probably then felt like a snub it wasn't a snub <laughs> just incredibly incredibly bad at getting back to people so i uh, hope he doesn't take that personally but it was lovely to chat to him he's a man who loves he loves damn metals so if you're one of those people who listen yeah. to us and go you're not doing enough fucking metal this is a chat for you this is me and sam talking to primordial radio's own Jewsbury. Here he is. He's here. Where this has been? This has been a long time. Juice. <laughs> it's nearly a decade since you and I have spoken. Not spoken. We've spoken. We have spoken, but not in recorded, broadcast audio format, such like as what we're doing right here. It's been a long time. It used to be a regular occurrence, and now it used to be every it's day, didn't it? It used Pretty to be much. every day. Now the last time I actually saw you was. Bloodstock 2021, I think. That sounds about right, yeah. Because I certainly wouldn't... Have, well, I certainly wasn't at Bloodstock this year. Uh, yeah, it'd be Bloodstock 21 was the last time we actually spoke to each other, uh, like, saw each other. And uh, we, we've been talking about doing some kind of podcast recording thing. I think you're right, for like a decade. It's been quite a long time. <laughs> one thing I do remember about... It's, it's bad because it's lovely seeing you at that Bloodstock, but I have to say, one thing I liked about... Uh, 
that bloodstock is that I was talking and someone came up to you and went, oh, all right, how are you doing? And started talking about new bands and went, I tell you, it's a good new band, Wargasm. And I went, oh, for fuck's <laughs> <laughs> I just had to be like, it's been lovely seeing you, mate, off your trot. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. This is Sam, but you've, 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 we've done the introductions, but Sam's here as well. You all right, Sam? Oh, yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, I, I feel terrible for you, Dewsbury, because every time I get a phone call from Stephen Hill or any kind of contact from him, my heart sinks. So to do it every day for that long blimey you poor thing <laughs> yeah it's not great anyway look let's get on with this mate how's how's your year been mate it, tell us about what's been happening it's been an up and down one of a year you know uh with everything going on in the world uh business is difficult ask anybody who's running a company right now and they will tell you that times is times is tough you know especially when one of the main elements of your business plan is putting on live events. And we all know the the difficulties that the live event situation, yeah. the, the the live music scene is facing right now. You know, just the other day from when we're talking now, I saw a, a news article on Metal Injection, I think it was, uh, from Devin Townsend, who's attempting to book a tour for 2023. And he can't figure out how to bring it in on budget because like if he has any production any staging lights all that kind of thing all of a sudden it's too expensive to tour like the cost of everything you know so live events is struggling however on the flip side of that i became a dad this year oh congratulations good to say congratulations man how's that like you, you, you look like take this in the the, the spirit is meant you look like a dad <laughs> you do like in the nicest possible way you've got a you've got a lovely dad vibe about you well as in i just look permanently tired and uh now that is great he's just about to turn six months and he, he's an absolute joy i uh, really mm. he's the he's the kind of baby that lures unsuspecting first-time parents into a false sense of security to think, we, we've got this, we've got it easy. This parent in Malarkey is no problem. Let's have another. And then they give birth to the Antichrist second time round. Mm. Always happens. My sister's recently had a had a, a baby, uh, which is her second one. And the first one, lovely stuff. The second one just will not sleep. Just pukes and shits. And that is it. That is it. 20, like a big shitty puke machine. But like, he's lovely. Uh, and it's not my problem, frankly. Yeah, um, not, not but, your problem. But, I mean, yeah, but it is. A, that's a, let that be a warning to you. Yeah, well, he's an IVF baby. Because uh, we, over the course of COVID, as well as the COVID pandemic and everything being all up in the air, we also had, oh, I'm pretty much infertile. That's great. So going then Crikey. through the whole IVF process, and it's it's been an absolute... Can I swear on your podcast? I presume I can. Can yeah. you swear can on you my bollocks? podcast? Can you I just real, I just realised, I'm like, fuck. What? Man, of course I can fucking swear. So it's been an absolute head fuck of an emotional roller coaster up and down the last few years mm. when we didn't think we'd be able to do it. But then every the stars kind of aligned. And oh, man. Uh, so the chances of a second one ever appearing, they're pretty slim, but... Fate does have a certain sense of irony. So I'm not counting those particular chickens until they don't hatch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Mate, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I mean, congratulations. I know that it's been a, like, I'm not going to get too much into it now, but I know it's been a kind of, it's, it's been a, 
uh, it's been a road it's been a long road and I'm, yeah. I'm really delighted for you man so like it's that's really really lovely to hear congratulations um to you and the fam and i'm glad it's it's all gone really really well it's lovely to hear um anyway mate let's 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 get into your top five albums of 2022 good year for music in in your eyes yes and it was only when i was going through a list so uh for anybody listening I, you can assume that I come from the, the, the rock and metal side of things. And I've gone through a list of albums that actually came out this year. And I'd forgotten that so many amazing albums have come out this year. I'm like, oh, wow. There's been mm. so many great albums. And so figuring out... thing is, this is not the five albums that I think are the best albums of the year. This is my five favourite albums. The albums that I've listened to Fair. non-stop. Okay, cool. Well, have you done them in a descending top five? Yes, let's do that. Lovely stuff. We can do the the, the countdown as Paul we had on the other day described be the Bruno Brooks. So um, <laughs> coming in at number five, coming in hard at number five. Up what three we got? places from last year. <laughs> <laughs> in at number five is what I think is it's a fabulous modern metalcore album. I know that you've uh, you you've, you have you have your opinions on metalcore, Steve, and I I'm do. with you. It's been overdone to death. The whole shouty shouty verse, singy singy chorus, all that kind of stuff. I think that's been it's over the last twenty years. It's been done to death. However, yep. as with any music scene, the in my opinion, there's like this five percent who are absolutely the pinnacle of whatever scene it is and are brilliant then you've got maybe 20 25 percent who are pretty good and then you've got the edemas of the world <laughs> who are making <laughs> yeah. up the the rest of the new metal numbers you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think bleed from within dropping shrine this year that the production the songwriting the some of the orchestration like on tracks like levitate i think shrine for me is one of those five percent albums where yes it's metalcore that has been done to death there's some singy bits there's some screamy bits there's big chuggy riffs then there's some beat downs and it ticks all the metalcore boxes but for me it's one of the five percent and it is fucking brilliant for me I'm so fucking relieved <laughs> that it's been from within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so relieved. When you said metalcore, I was like, oh, oh please God. No. I'm actually, uh, like a little spoiler, spoiler for next month's metal. I'm, I'm actually interviewing a, uh, a, a very, very big hype metalcore band this evening. And I was hoping you weren't going to pick them so that I'd have to give my kind of... Uh, Show your of hand. Deeper thoughts about them. But, um, but you, well, maybe they're still coming. Who knows? But, um, but Bleed From Within are a band that I think are exactly what you said they're just really fucking good at it and that they've got a bit of that lamb of god stuff i think when i when i thought metalcore i that that shiny pristine clean trying to be poppy like that kind of we want to be bring me the horizon but we're nowhere near as talented as them that whole thing bleed from within do not go for that at all um and they're amazing live and they're fucking great dudes as well as an aside um sam are you are you into bleed from within at all uh a little bit yeah i think if i'd have discovered them earlier in my sort of musical listening life i would have been well in because as you say they do take as much from the kind of um that southern groove you know the school of pantera lamp yeah well so once upon a time my absolute favorite band so yeah i think if i'd have come across bleed from within earlier in their career and earlier in my life 
I'd be batting a lot hard for him. But no, Shrine, I did listen to, and it's it's a strong album. I think fair play to him. You know, in in that world, I think they're you know definitely near the top of the tree, aren't they? So yeah, no complaints so. from me on that. Good shout. Yeah, I'm I'm into. I'm I'm glad to see them because we didn't even you know we haven't talked about that record. We haven't reviewed it, but I always listen to a Bleed from Within album because I do think they are, uh, like you say. Five percent. I think they might be even in the three percent. If we're yeah, maybe really mm. kind of. If we're gonna do, if we're gonna splice it there, I think they're they're pretty high up in that. So yeah, man, good shout, good shout. What about number four? In at number four, and a, a heavy <laughs> album that I suspect is going to be featuring on a lot of people's end of year lists, despite the fact it's way heavier than the kind of stuff that I normally listen to. You know it. It's the pig squeals. It's Lorna Shaw with pain remains. Okay. Right, oh okay. my Christ. Now, the whole deathcore thing, the 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 most I've ever got into, death, into deathcore is a bit of Suicide Silence and a little bit of early Bring Me stuff. That's as much of a dive as I've ever done into like deathcore kind of stuff. But when I hear Lorna Shaw and the epic, what's it, the three parts of The Pain Remains, the, the, the trilogy, I think it's like 20 minutes Three a three part epic taken in. I saw Nick Nocturnal talking about it. Is it a deathcore ballad? There's some incredible melodies as well as the ridiculously oh boom mm. the proper detuned brown sound. This is the soundtrack to your prolapse stuff. <laughs> there, there's there's so much melody and the orchestration. It kind of reminds me of. Right now, don't laugh at me. Right. I used to be right into Cradle of Filth, especially around uh, Cthulhu Dawn, Gates of Midian. What was that album called? They, Midian. They, was it Midian? Yeah. I was writing really Midian into that album. Nymphetamine sort of era. Yes. You know, yeah. where, where they've got the, the heaviness, but they've got the, the proper overblown gothic orchestral yeah. mm. production in there. But I could never really get into, you know, the, the dressing like a, a badger on meth. That that whole <laughs> that whole face paint kind of thing. I was never into that. But then Lorna Shaw come along and I hear this and it's like they've got the similar fucking uber uber fast blast beats in there, even heavier than Cradle of Filth used to do it, with a very similar kind of overblown glorious bombastic orchestral production in there. It's just like these things go really well together. Even Dimmu Borgir, isn't it? Yeah, Dimmu yes. Borgir, like that. When I listen to that, it's like you are doing a kind of, and again, like they look like a deathcore band, but they're like a kind. Uh, th those symphonic elements, I think, are a really interesting thing to put into that style. I think a few people have done it before a little bit, like Carnifex, maybe in a more kind of gothic way, had a go at it. Mm. But certainly, I don't think it ever got taken to where Lorna Shore have taken it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the vocals. You, you just listen to it, you're like. I don't know how he's doing that. That's mental. It was it the um, what's the the charismatic voice? They did. Uh, she did a video where they put a, 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 a it was an endoscope something like that, a camera down mm. his throat mm. while he was doing the ooh, and it's just he can do things that nobody else can do with his voice, and it just sounds incredible. But the fact that yeah. the band look like a band instead of you know like extras from. 80s WWE with Legion of Doom, like with Cradle of Filth did back in the day, you know. Because they look like a band, for me, it's just so much more 
hashtag relatable content. You know, it's people who look like people <laughs> playing music as yeah. opposed to 90s wrestlers playing music. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, like we spoke about them when uh, when I reviewed the Parkway Drive gig. I mean, Sam, do you didn't? Did we talk? Did you talk much about Lorna Shaw? Did we have that chat? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, Deathcore. I know, I know they're not strictly Deathcore, but Deathcore's a genre I've rarely, if ever, got any time for. Like, I don't mind a bit of fit for an autopsy stuff. That's about where it starts and ends for me. Um, Lorna Shaw, they don't really do loads for me. I'm glad that people are taking to them because you know, Will Ramos is clearly a very, very, very talented vocalist. Um. Musically, it's never really grabbed me, but it's, you know, not to say that they're right off. I'm not a huge fan of The Pain Remains, but I would be interested to see where they go next because they are clearly, you know, dipping into some some stars that you wouldn't usually associate with what I think can be quite a creatively bankrupt um, sort of subgenre. So fair play to them, fair play. And I'm glad people are getting on yeah. board with them because it's nice to see a a band that, de- uh, you know, kind of touches more in extremity, like a Cradle of Filth or a Dibby Borgo, get a bit of a mainstream push. So, you know, I've got no problem with them, just not for me. I think I would liken them to, in terms of like what's happened with them. I remember when Thy Art Is Murder became like the kind of trendy deathcore band for mm. a little bit. You know, there was a couple of, and like I, I do I like deathcore. I mean, there's a few deathcore bands that I really, really like, and as a style, I am always seduced by just the sheer kind of gluttonous heaviness of it. So <laughs> when Lorna Shaw came along, I was like. Yeah, but, you know, I've heard Whitechapel and I think Whitechapel have moved along and I think if I want something which is just like, you know, drop a bowling ball on my scrotum, then I've got a couple of other bands that just do that, like that heavy thing. And um, seeing Lorna Shaw, I was like, this is probably the first time I've seen a quote-unquote deathcore band where, I mean, like Will Ramos, not only does he have that mad voice, he's got a lot of charisma as well. Mm. There's a lot of breadth to it. And the Parkway Drive crowd fucking lapped it up. You know, and I think if you're, it's not just like they're playing Empiricon with a Muir and Carnifex and, you know, Fit for an Autopsy or whatever. They're, they're playing with a partway drive crowd and mm. they're they're going to be at download. I think they're going to be at download. They are going to be at download. Yes, they are. Download think, 23. Yeah. So you've got like them taking it into other areas, which again, I think the only band you would look at from that scene really who nearly did that. I mean, bring me, yes, but they had to change style completely. Yeah, they weren't doing it as a crossover. death metal band, were they? And, you know, Suicide Silence, for a little tiny bit, looked like they might do it. Oh, they were so close. Mm. They were but so it didn't close. Really, but it didn't really happen. And so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if with these extra accoutrements, A, Lorna Shaw get a lot bigger, and B, we stop referring to them as a deathcore band in the next couple of years. Because I do think, even though I haven't listened to this album much, I was like, you know, fucking fair play, this is clearly the best one of these things for a, for a long time mm. i would say anyway um yeah i've got no beef with that either you're doing well so far dude you're doing well <laughs> well done you haven't upset either of us uh, not yet not sno- yet snobby snobby pricks that we are um what's your number three number three album sam you might dig this one uh because if you want to talk about the grooves holy shit balls malevolence dropped malicious intent this year and it has got balls of fucking adamantium. They are so heavy, grooves for days, and in, I think it was the lead single, Unbroken Glass, my personal favorite riff of the year, when it's got the intro, and as it kicks in, that riff 
makes me want to bang my head through a fucking wall. It's incredible. That was very never mind the buzzcocks, which is that. <laughs> <laughs> well that. Um, it's just, it's a jaw dropping, a jaw drop for me anyway. It's just a jaw drop, hardcore meets little crowbar. bits of thrashy. Yeah, meets crowbar, meets Lamb of God. The, there are riffs in there that have just got off the plane from fucking Arlington in Texas. There's, there's a proper swagger in there, a very Lamb of God Pantera-y swagger that I miss from a, a, a lot of my, my music because I was the hugest Pantera fan in the world. I'm not overly enamoured with the, yeah. the situation. Whatever's going on. Whatever doing, yeah, whatever's yeah. going on now, but, you know, this conversation isn't about that. But mm. those kind of riffs where there's a groove, there's a swagger, I am all in on that Malevolence album. Malicious Intent is my number three album of the year. Right. Now, we did review this, didn't we, Sam? Yeah. Right? The, 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 the right act dates. The first week I ever stepped onto a microphone with you, uh, in between, mm -hmm. it was in between Liam Gallagher and Harry Styles reviewed this, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, is it better than the Liam Gallagher album? It's not oh, better than the Harry Styles album. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain the idea that it's better than the Harry Styles it's album. It's not better than the Harry Styles album. It is light years ahead of Liam Gallagher. However, <laughs> as as I remember saying, sorry, I'm, my friend's cat is round at the moment and she's just climbing all over my fucking hi-fi. Makes anyway. a change, doesn't it? From yeah. Your, your, a cat attacking your mic. Yeah, I know. And, uh, exactly the same as Bonjour. She has literally been hid under the sofa until about three <laughs> minutes before we started recording. Anyway, um, yeah. no, <laughs> As I said in the, that review, um, I did like this album. I actually still think it's my least favourite of um, Malevolence's releases, which is not to say it's poor. It just doesn't quite do it for me, uh, like uh, particularly the debut, I would say. I think, um, oh no, uh, sorry, the, the second album, which has got Serpent's Chokehold on it, if I remember right. Yeah, that's but great. That record, when they yeah. go proper down and dirty Southern Fried, which they do on this, but I think they lean a little bit more into into that kind of crowbar-y Nola stuff as opposed to more pantera -y. It doesn't quite hit my buttons, but it's, you know, it's it's not an album that I'm going to object to someone absolutely loving because Malevolence are fucking great and I hope that it does big things for them, really. Because are they... Well, down? it has. Yeah. It already has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not, I've I mean, not been paying attention to them. They, they did the arena <laughs> tour with Architects already. Yeah, uh, so right. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they are on the up with this album. Like... Mm. And fair play to them. Fair, I don't know what they put in the water in Sheffield. Well, you know, we've got we've got sleeps, we've got bring me, we've got malevolence, we've got Def Leppard. Human obviously. League. <laughs> the Human League. Let's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget Phil uh, Oakey. <laughs> no, definitely never. Um, I'm going to kind of. I'm going to admit that I I was very very positive about this record when we reviewed it. If yeah, you, remember, you enjoyed it a lot and more than me. Yeah, and I think. Like I haven't actually gone back to it that much, so I can't say how I, I if I still feel about it how I felt about it then because I think the thing was we'd gone a few weeks without listening to anything really heavy mm. at all, and I think I said you know the fact that I've not listened to anything very heavy at all for a little while meant that when this came in it was just such a brilliant like breeze block in the face and i do think that you know those 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 riffs are massive and i love the i don't know what the guitarist name who does all the like kirk weinstein like all that and i was like oh yeah that is just like you can just feel like you know you're you, it kind of gets your blood pumping so much and I, I, I like Malevolence a lot. They were excellent on the second stage at Download this year as well. They're really, really good. Um, 
but I, I think it might be slightly telling that I haven't gone back to it that much. I don't know why that is. You're a poser, Steve. But that's I feel, why. Oh, that's right. Absolute yes. poser. It's because yeah, I'm a poser. It's because you Sorry only listen to that, Adele, man. don't you? Just Adele, yeah, but basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know. I've actually got a, a team of experts who sit in the other room and I know, and they just sort they of feed, feed you lines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just try and go, like Adele, oh God. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I've, you know, I'm, I've, I've not listened to Adele for... I've not listened to Adele, really. I don't listen to Adele. But yeah. I've, listened, I've certainly listened to her probably more than I've listened to this album, weirdly <laughs> enough. Um, because I did listen to it the week it came out and then I just I just haven't. So I feel like I want to go back to it now because you reminded me how much I enjoyed it when I did listen to it. Excellent. Although I have just had a, a mashup cross into my head. Knowing your, some of your other musical tastes, Steve, how mm. about a Dellinger escape plan? Hey, I mean, Irony's a Dead Scene's the greatest EP of all time, so Dillinger can definitely work with other artists. Who knows? Yeah, I, I would love to see that happen. A Dillinger escape. Yeah, it, it works for me. Rolling in the DEP. Isn't it? Oh, oh, he's done it. Oh, there he goes. Sort of. Oh, oh, a bit clunky, that one. Let's move on. Oh, Very quickly. About, yeah, all right. Just move <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, number two. Number what two. I've no idea how popular this one actually is. Put it this way, amongst my friends and the people that I talk to most, I am literally the only person who loves Polyphia. But uh, okay. I am a huge fan of Polyphia. And they dropped Remember That You Will Die in October. And basically, I mean, to be honest, it could have been Tim Henson twanging his foreskin on a guitar for 13 tracks and it would still have been on my favourite five albums of the year because that man has more guitar playing talent in his little finger than I have in... than any other guitarist. It's just mind-blowing. I honestly thought, when the first time I heard Polyphia's Goat, that hearing that, it's like, this is how people felt in 1977 when they heard Eddie Van Halen playing Eruption. I know it came out in 78, but he was playing it live before that. I'm like, mm. this is how people felt then. They're looking, they're listening to it going, how is he playing that? And then with Remember That You Will Die This Year, it sees him going further from the shred instrumental. I mean, Tim Henson was a core kid. Going further from that kind of playing, further into the electronic. Uh, there's more EDM beats in there. There's loads of trap beats in there. There's loads of hip-hop influence. But there's still this incredible production and incredible performance in there there's a couple of tracks in particular that jump out for me one of which is my favorite song of the year that we'll come on to chat about in a while yeah but i absolutely love this album it's similar to for some reason i like bands whose names begin with p polyphia protest the hero and periphery are three of my favorites but similar to those bands there's so much happening musically. Like, you can listen to this guitar line, that guitar line, that synth line, that drums. What the fuck is the bass doing there? What's happening here? I can listen to it over and over and never get bored of listening to it because there's so much happening. And I just, I absolutely love it. Remember That You Will Die is, it's my number two album of the year. Sam, have you listened to this? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off for a second. Uh, I have not listened to this one. I do remember listening to uh, Goat, the previous one, and being very, very impressed by it. But um, I think 
instrumental music for me, uh, it definitely falls into two camps. There's basically the kind of, I don't know, Russian circles and most of Mogwai's side, where it goes a bit more post, where I get really enveloped in the kind of simplicity and openness of it and really enjoy it. And then there is stuff like Polyphia and Animals as Leaders, where I sit there and I go, bloody hell, I could have you know a billion years in cryostasis and i still probably wouldn't even be able to play what are your riffs um and i'm always really impressed by it but how often i go back to their stuff um like i can't i can't say their their albums i put on on the reg but uh but if i was at you know a festival and polyphia were playing i would absolutely go and see them just to kind of stand slack jordan marvel however uh no i've not heard this one i've heard a lot of buzz about it i've heard a lot of people mm. going mad for it so i'm glad that you really uh, you're so taken with it um Dewsbury, particularly if you were already a fan of them it's it's always good when a band that you love manages to kind of keep consistent with your expectations yes and you don't have to pretend and go oh the, yeah this yeah. is good <laughs> isn't it i want to like this because i like the band but it's actually dog shit I did that with yeah. X-Men 3, The Last Stand. I took all my friends to go and see that after school. And I was like, no, that was as good as the first two. And they were like, it wasn't, mate. It took it, me a good week wasn't. before I was like, oh, no, that was really, really, really <laughs> shit. In a, in a tale as old as time itself. <laughs> We've all um, done it. I was like that with Rise so, of Skywalker. No, like, oh, please. Come oh, on, okay. don't, I don't no, be no, awful. No, no, no. But it, it, it was actually dreadful. And now I've watched it back like another couple of times on Disney Plus. It's really bad. Like, oh I, uh, yeah, yeah, I came out of that. I've never been so angry walking home from the cinema at three in the morning. And it's an inconsequential space opera, but fuck me, that was a slap in the face for film. Anyway, sorry, yes. Steve, you should probably talk about you music You fucking instead. nerd. Shut up. I'm let up, me say I'm my bit. Come yeah. on. Music, yeah. We like, <laughs> yeah. like music, yeah. So I hadn't listened to this and you gave me a little heads up that it might be on your list, right? Mm-hmm. Or it would be on your list. So I was like, well, I should listen to it. This album is, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, <laughs> fucking hilarious it is hilariously ott i i was like what the fuck is going on i mean i from the first track i was like oh it's one oh it's a you know it's it's that kind of animals leaders thing but it's all kind of major key and it feels yeah. really up but there are like you mentioned i mean there's a song in it called abc with sophia black <laughs> and it is so it is so ridiculous it is so unbelievably ridiculous that i was just like if you have got the talent to make this record to put this record together in a kind of like in the terms of the texture and the composition and the just the technicality to put this together i think that's impressive mm. and i'm always like you sam like i always wonder like some of the animals the leaders do they have any songs i don't know <laughs> if these are great <laughs> songs but fuck me, they stick in your fucking head and they are so over that. And I, I've got to say, like, something that I sort of missed from metal, from when metal was, like, a shocking genre. Like, it's kind of not anymore. Like, pop music and little Nas X and, like, you know, um, Megan Thee Stallion and stuff, they're more shocking than, like, oh, Randy Blythe is saying fuck off, like, in a, gro- in a growly voice now. <laughs> it's just not shocking anymore. Whereas this, I was literally, like, my jaw was on the floor for something, going, A, how are they doing that? And B, wh- why, why are they, are they doing, doing that? Where has this come from? <laughs> it is a fucking mad... It's, like, I, I've given it one listen, so I can't tell you whether or not I think it's actually good, but I respect the shit out of anyone who can make me go, what the fuck is this? And some of this, I was like, this is true lunacy in musical form <laughs> and you know you gotta love it you mentioned eddie van halen it feels like fucking mr bungle to me do you know what mm. i mean it feels like a kind of like a, a kind of 
TikTok Mr. Bungle <laughs> with tech metal guitars. Like, it's really weird. But, Trace Bruce mate, with I'm, a face filter. I'm really, yeah, I'm with bunny ears. Yeah, you know, yeah. That actually is what he would have. Well, um, to be fair. <laughs> mate, I, I am really glad I listened to this. I don't know how I feel about it, really, other than I think it's funny. But I'm fucking delighted that because it completely passed me by. And I'm fucking delighted that I listened to it. So good shout. Excellent. So would you, would you like my number one album of the year? I think, yeah, I think some, it'd be rude not enough, to. To follow it, to follow up that. It better be something, mate. Go for it. It is. Now, this isn't the best album of the year. It's my most favorite album of the year. That's fine. The album that I've ended up accidentally buying three times because <laughs> Amazon <laughs> fucked up. And so I ended up getting, I ended up buying the CD, which now lives in my car, which is the reason why this is the album I've listened to more than any other this year. Classic. The, classic classic middle-aged man reason to have an album at number one. We had a couple of them. Like You get to an age and it's just like, Whatever's in the CD player in the car, <laughs> well, that's yeah. what I've got to listen well, to. Between... The kid, you'll get you, your Spotify rap will soon be like dominated by Peppa Pig. Yes, and fucking. Well, here's... what are they called? Right, so, Paw Patrol. With having a kid this year, between you and me, I've been very confused trying to put together mm. my favorite albums of the year. My favorite album was absolutely going to be Amazonia from Gojira, until my addled brain realized that it actually came out last year. Like, oh, bollocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, that, that was actually I mean, mate, April 21, wasn't it? In, in, in your defence, we recently did a podcast where we realised that Q magazine put Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys in their albums <laughs> of 1990 for some reason. Oh, really? So, yeah. know, like, so like, it wouldn't have been the, the stupidest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. But, um, but, but go on, mate. What is number one? Let's, so uh, it is have it. a live album of... An, uh, it's a live recording of an album that came out last year. For those that wish to exist, Live at Abbey Road is my absolute favourite jam of the year. I tell you what, that is... We didn't talk about this on the, on the podcast this year. That is the definitive version of those oh, songs, Oh, isn't... I think. Oh. Yeah, I completely oh. agree. Yeah, they sound great. It's incredible. So it's from the live stream that they did of uh, For Those That Wish To Exist, Live From Abbey Road with the Parallax Orchestra. And it is staggering it brings the songs to life there is there's a whole new level of heaviness when you hear just the the just it doesn't have to be detuned death car to be heavy and i always say this because i used to like back in the day i used to play in orchestras with uh, I used to, i'm a drummer as well as a guitarist i used to play in orchestras and you think you felt heavy Try sitting in front of a full orchestra playing the Jaws theme. You want to talk about <laughs> the amount of air that is moved. That's what that's what makes makes you feel it. Heavy is a full is an orchestra at full chat, and putting that together with the incredible songs on for those that wish to exist, it doesn't work for me. In some particular bits, none of which leap to mind. It doesn't quite hit the spot of perfection that the rest of the album does. But then for me, you hear stuff like Impermanence with the orchestra. Oh my Christ, do you really want to live forever? Oh, with a, a, a Sam Carter. Bleh. You could put one in there. It's just yeah. incredible. 
it 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 absolutely flabbers my gas or gas my flabber every time I listen to it. Yeah, it's dead good. Did you listen to this, Sam? You know what? I haven't got around to this in full, actually. Because um, I, uh, well, when we reviewed uh, Classic Symptoms of Broken Spirit, um, I said I wasn't mad keen on For Those That Wish To Exist when it came out. It's not really an album that's stuck with me hugely. But hearing the uh, slight but I think noticeable progression of the new album and knowing that people really, really took to this as a live album, I've, I have heard a lot of people say it's the definitive version of those songs. I feel like I do owe it to myself to listen to it at some point. And to be fair, last few weeks I've been absolutely boshing S&M by Metallica all over again. So like, there's no arguments from me about a metal band play with an orchestra. And you're, in the, the you're in the zone for it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Clearly it's something I need to stick on sharpish. But no, I'm afraid I've not listened to it, actually. Yeah, I mean, particularly, obviously, Animals is the big song yeah, on that yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. It's what they've been ending with. And when you listen to that version of Animals with the orchestra, almost kind of like that that big, like, dug dun dug dun 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 dug dun When the old orchestra kind of dart in and out mm. of the, those, but it's really good. Well, I can yeah, imagine I the kind of soaring, stabbing great. strings across the chorus of Animals mm. as well. I can imagine mm. that in my head, and that would sound really, really rich and really full body. Very good. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. You got a take on the new Architects album while we're, while we're chatting about them, Juice? It's oh dear. <laughs> now don't get me wrong, I uh, I adore Architects, which is why, you know, for those that wish to exist, is my album of the year. For my money on the new stuff, they they're plumbing a a, a bring me the horizon esque path, mm. which to be fair, I read an interview with um one of the Duplantier brothers from Gojira a little while back. And they're mm. doing a similar thing, except in a very Gojira-ish kind of way. When you start playing to bigger audiences, and Architects have just done an arena headline tour, when you start playing to those bigger audiences, the songs don't hit the same. Instead of really intricate metalcore screams and breakdowns and all that kind of stuff, like earlier Architects stuff, you need slightly more simplified bigger sounding riffs and bigger hits that translate well to a bigger room where you haven't got 250 people there intent on every single note you're playing. You've actually got 8,000 people there. And I get why they've, they're going down the slightly more... I mean, it feels ridiculous talking about architects as commercial, which... You know, you listen to know, you know, they, the heaviness. They, they are. They, but it is they what are. they're doing. Very similar to Bring Me, slightly more commercial, which is greater, which is better, sorry, at going across to the bigger rooms that they are now playing. I didn't really twig it until I read that piece with um, whichever Duplantier it was, that Gojira have had to do exactly the same. Now they're playing bigger stages to more people. Let's just tone down the incredibly complex tone all that stuff down and just make some massive chunky riffs that you can play for however many thousands of people are going to be out there bouncing along to them i get it mm. yeah i mean i've I, the, that arctic sound massively grown on me bangers fucking bangers all the love in the world watching <laughs> anyway um Gig of the year, Jewsbury. We asked you for a gig of the year. What was the best gig of the year? Ah. Now, bearing in mind I currently have a six-month-old child, <laughs> let me tell you, my favourite gig of the year... There's not exactly a big pool to pull from here. 
of all the gigs I've been to this year, I'm like, okay, I'm not entirely sure about this one. Uh, I can tell you uh, what would have been uh, two of my favorite gigs of the year that I didn't go to. Right. Um, the Ghost Inside at Brixton, which was the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the, the, the gig was the day before my son was due to make an appearance. Oh, wow. Oh, really? okay. Bearing in mind, I'm in Manchester. Brixton Academy is categorically not. <laughs> nice. And he, he uh, Beck went into labor on the due date. So I would have been waking up in a mate's living room, probably on the couch, a little bit hungover after a gig at Brixton. And I would have had a phone call from her probably about 11 in the morning going, I think my contractions have just started. Come home. Like, no. And I, I wanted no part of that stress. So I didn't see the ghost inside. Uh, which That's fair. Which I was absolutely gutted about. And uh, what with spending the last couple of years indoors and the last five years working from home on Primordial, my immune system isn't what it once was. And I was severely not well for Parkway, Sleeps and Lorna Shaw. Ah, mate, I missed that as well. I'd been waiting three years to see that tour. Mm -hmm. uh, and yep. I had to fucking miss the Nottingham date in the end just because uh, I was knackered. So, yeah. Ah, losers, I went. Ah, Ooh, you're in hard. your face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was totally right. uncalled for. That's all right. But you, you've got, you've got yeah, what's coming good. to you. You've I can easily you. list the other gigs that I've been to this year. Uh, Alice Cooper, The Cult. Alice Cooper and The Cult were great. Uh, Creeper mm -hmm. absolutely knocked it out of the park as the opening band. I absolutely, oh, yeah, I I absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Gold, who I saw at a Primordial event, was so much fun. They were so much fun. I can see why they've been booked for download next year. They're the, the mask-wearing, new metal-sounding people. I don't know them at all. Yeah. They were great. Absolutely loved them. Okay. Tool was this year as well, I think. It was indeed. It was, yeah. yeah. She probably remember that one. Just mate. the that fifteen be... years since they were last here, apart from download twenty nineteen. So, yeah, that was an experience. It was staggering. And finally, with tickets that I bought in fucking twenty nineteen, was it? I finally got to see the Black Crows. I've been wanting to see them for forever. Ah. I loved them, and they were great. However, they weren't my gig of the year. Uh, do you know what? Just really, really quickly, I didn't get, I didn't see Black Crows this year, and I don't know what was going on or what happened. I just, there's been a lot of gigs, and yeah, I've, I've still never seen the Black Crows, and I fucking love the Black Crows. But anyway, they were so you got me back. I would, I would, I would trade the Parkway for Black Crows. So <laughs> you, you got me on. But that, that is literally take, all the gigs I've been to this year. Like, and most of them were pre-June. Now, my favorite gig of the year. It was unlike anything else I've ever been to before in that I bought the tickets for it back in 2019 as a birthday no. present for my dad. Me and him going along to a gig together and we accidentally ended up with some of the best tickets in the house for one of the hottest tours of the year. Mm -hmm. So he's the guy, my dad is the guy that got me into playing guitar. And so we're both guitarists, and we've always wanted to go see Jeff Beck. I, oh, wow. I got him tickets to go see Jeff Beck in, back in 2019 when they were announced. Because uh, we thought, Jeff Beck, he's a musician's musician. He's not, apart from like earlier on with like um, Hi Ho Silver Lining, he's never really been 
a big draw. He's never had like mainstream kind of, oh yeah, that's Jeff Beck, paparazzi, falling down the street, all that kind of thing. Yeah. No, he's Jeff Beck. You know, he's a muso's muso. So I accidentally ended up getting tickets on like the fourth row of Manchester Apollo, right on the end of an aisle. It was perfect tickets. And then it was discovered that Johnny Depp was touring with him. Really? Fuck, I didn't know this. Yeah, I remember seeing that story. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Independent weren't happy. I'll put it that way. Their, their music column, they were not best pleased. But it was a gig unlike anything I've ever been at before. It was absolutely crazy. There was a buzz that we were seeing something that was incredible. I mean, the kind of people you'd expect to see at a Jeff Beck gig. Old musicians, there'll be a lot of denim there. There'll be a few skullets. <laughs> you know, there'll be a lot. The smoking area outside the front will be full in the interval. Yeah. You, you know the kind of people that you would expect to see at a Jeff Beck gig. They were there. I was there. <laughs> you know, I was out in the smoking area. However, there was an entirely... It was like there were two audiences at this gig. There was the people you'd expect, and then there was for want of a better phrase, the normal people who came along to see Johnny Depp. And you could tell Funny. there were so many people for whom gigs aren't a way of life. They're not used mm. to gigs. Mm. I think it was it was one of the core sisters, Sharon Corr, I think it was, uh, who was opening. You know, listen to the radio, all the songs mm. we used to know. And she did some of us, her new solo stuff, did a couple of core songs. It was... But it, it wasn't like pulverizing in your face loud, you know? And there were so many yeah. people at the bar at the back of the Apollo making so much noise. She had to stop the yeah, gig. For fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. She had to stop the gig and kind of, you know, I'm paraphrasing, like, you can go outside and have a chat you want, you know? Fuck off. And But then they shut yeah, up. And been a bit of that this year, isn't there? Oh, we mm. spoke about it on the show already. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's fucking annoying i've heard mm. opeth gigs are the worst for it apparently apparently they seem to attract no, bellends yeah. just Oof. all the time yeah but it, it was like that and as i say two separate audiences and mm. so when jeff beck came, comes on you know he's playing his stuff and you can tell it's like it, it was like when iron maiden decided to do the whole of the new album in full and the crowd's a bit flat but then as soon as they kick in a run to the hills the entire place livens up as soon as yeah. he announced his friend coming out on stage, mainly from the the the, the balcony and the, the back of the room, which were obviously the tickets that were left when it was discovered that yeah. Johnny Depp would come out and, on tour with him, it was like being at a Beatles gig. The screaming. <laughs> the scr it was insane. And me and my dad are just... like My dad's, what, 67 years old? And we're just sat there in the middle of this. And there's people coming, like, rushing down the front, down the aisle to get pictures. And we ended up sat right in front of Johnny Depp, like, four rows in front of him. I'm just sat there going, this man is... He, this was when the court case with Amber Heard in the States was just coming mm. to an end. But like, mm. where's... That man right there is right now possibly the most famous, talked-about man in the world. And he's right there playing a guitar fucking hell that's mad it was crazy i mean it was a what it was a, a fab gig and there were some great yeah, songs yeah. 
and seeing Jeff Beck play like Jeff Beck plays is that's something I will never forget. But I'll never forget the mm. vibe of the evening and the, the experience of the gig. It was so strange with having yeah, two separate nice. crowds there who behaved in totally different ways. It was so weird, but it was one of the it was one of the best experiences of this year, musically speaking. Crazy, man. great, and certainly sounds unforgettable as well. I mean, that's <laughs> one to tell the grandkids, isn't it? Yeah, one for the grandkids. Yeah, isn't it? definitely. Um, uh, mate, nothing. Song of the year. You said we've given a little bit of a spoiler for it. Yeah. What's your fave song? Favorite song of the year is from Polyphia. Please be Remember ABC. That you will die. Please be ABC. Please, please, please be <laughs> ABC. That has got to be the one. It is not ABC, but that song is just madness, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, it man. is Bloodbath from Polyphia. Bloodbath is the track. Uh, Sam and Noel, you, you mentioned about like the instrumental stuff on the new Polyphia album. They do have a lot of guest vocalists. Blood, oh, okay, cool. Bloodbath featuring Chino Moreno. Oh, it is. Lovely. It's Chino's voice. After all these years, is still as hypnotic, as alluring, as as ethereal as it has ever been. And oh man, for me, this song—it only came out like at time of speaking. It came out like what, like six weeks ago, and it's yeah. gone right in as my favorite song of the year. It's just incredible. It is a banger. I mean, I did see that and I was like, okay, I'll take this one seriously for sure. Um, yeah, love Chino. He just comes in and adds a bit of, I needed a bit of much needed because it's not much, like it's a, a, a nutty album, but Chino brings a bit of class to it. I, I, mm. I did enjoy that. That's a kind of genuinely good thing. Um, mate, it's been lovely chatting to you now I think we've actually we said we said 20 minutes yeah it's been a while <laughs> it's been on nearly an hour can i do so a special shout for what of course it's not my favorite song of the year you know my favorite song of the year mm-hmm. from polyphia what i think for the 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 rock and metal an alternative scene what i think is the most important song of the year go on go ahead it's ed sheeran and bring me I'll, okay. I'll be honest. I'll plead the fifth. I've not heard it. <laughs> I, I mean, I have heard it. For, yeah, I mean, so they've done bad habits mad. together. For my money, it's the most important song of the the year, rock and metal speaking, because of what it means of the the gateway that it creates for Ed Sheeran fans who likely may well never have heard of or completely dismissed quote unquote heavy music. They might not never have even given it a thought. But for Ed Sheeran, an artist of Ed Sheeran's level, to go, hey, I really like this heavy band. You should check these guys out. That's the gateway that maybe thousands of younger, likely younger people may need to go, I'll check out Bring Me the Horizon. Ooh, that's, I quite like this stuff. Ooh, what's this other band? While She Sleeps, they're from Sheffield as well. And all of a sudden, you may well have the next generation of metalheads. It's a fucking power play for them to bring Ed out on. I think I said when we reviewed the Reading. You know, I went to the Reading show and saw Bring Me. I thought they were great. And when they brought Ed Sheeran out, you go, that is a hell of a power play. To, you know, that's not them coming out of his show. That's him coming out of their show. Mm. Like it's, it's undoubtedly big, like opening the Brits. Um, yeah, big. I mean, do I love the song? Not really. But uh, but it's a it's a it's certainly an interesting... <laughs> important moment i think you're dead right um mate it's been lovely chatting to you it's been a good time i'm gonna let you crack on likewise um 
Do you want to get? Do you want to pimp, pimp, pimp your shit before you go? <laughs> the Tim Westwood show, wasn't that? Boom! Big dog <laughs> in the house. No, let's not do that. Are we allowed to even talk about Westwood anymore? Oh, we did it a few well, weeks we, ago. We we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. He's a he's a wrong one. Yeah, big wrong one. Yeah. He's, he's a rotter. Let's just leave it at that. He's a <laughs> yeah, rotter. yeah, yeah. Oh uh, well, if you want to find out more about what I do, check out promodoradio.com. That's it, man. That's all, that's all the plugging I got, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Okay, mate. Lovely stuff. Well, look. Um, let's not leave it another eight years. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's. Oh, okay, fine. I was gonna say let's let's do it again soon. But you know, we we can do it every eight years if you want. I can like pencil you in. We'll for, probably have our, our semi-annual bloodstock meetup next year. You know, I, I, around the summer this year, I couldn't do any festivals. You know, obvious reasons with mm. we we babby. Uh, however, mm. I intend getting out to as many as I can next summer. So might see you at one of them. You too, Sam. You might do, mate. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Nice it's been one. A pleasure. Thank All right, you, mate. Cool. All right, there he is, Johnny Depp and uh, Jeff and Beck Jeff together Matt. at last. Um, and with what Juice. a funny segment. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, anyway, cheers to Juice. Like we, 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 he'll be back in 2030 if our um, relationship yeah. is... If your maths is correct. Maths yeah. is correct. Uh, last guest uh, that we, we asked on to talk about his, his albums of the year and his year was our good friend Gaz Jones from the Track One Side One podcast. Again, I went on Gaz's mm. podcast, had a really lovely time. Gaz is great. Um, he absolutely loves just music from that period. But that's not to say, as I think his choices prove, he doesn't keep up with new music still. Like he's a proper, proper just fan of all types of music and all different genres. Mm. Um, I picked five very quite eclectic songs, I would say, when I went on this podcast. And he was like, they're all great. They're all great. They're all great. It's just a fun person to, to be around, to talk to, to music about. And I would suggest that, you know, if you go on and, uh, and listen to his podcast, you'll find uh, someone who is, you know, doing it for the sheer love of it and is also incredibly well well read and well researched and knowledgeable in all kinds of music so definitely wanted to get gaz on and also you know he's going to be chatting to us about marco in at some point soon so look out for that if you like this mm. here is me and sam talking to gaz jones he's back it's only gaz jones j jones j jones g jones, g. jones. Even. i fucked up yeah fucked up your intro straight away how you been mate how's it going yeah yeah it's all, all good my friends how are you i'm all right just uh, enjoying chatting to a bunch of people that, that aren't Sam, to be yeah. honest. Sorry Makes about that, Sam. Yeah. No, that's all right. Yeah. You need to get some more friends your own age, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do. <laughs> Straight in there, low blow. I'm, I'm oh, 42. Nah, well. um, so anyway. it's 50, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, mate, how's your, how's your year been? Talk to us about how your year's been in general. Just a general overview. Uh, general you overview. Um it's it's been alright. Well, it's obviously better than the last couple of years. Um, started going to gigs again, which was bloody wonderful. Um, yeah, you know, talking to lots of lovely people on the podcast. Um, lots of lots of fucking good albums this year. Um, I, it was only after I, when I started collating. You know what? You know, my shortlist was about forty albums. I was like, fucking hell! It's actually been a really really good year. Yeah, it has. I mean, you sent me a text going, "This has been brutal." Mm. <laughs> yeah. whittling it down to five yeah. I mean mate my life over the last fucking decade or I mean it's, it's like everybody's life over the like since they get into music essentially yeah. it's just like come the sort of 25th of November you start off you write for Metal Hammer the 25th of September you start like <laughs> whittling down what your favourite album of the year yeah. is and it's fucking brutal so um 
that's why we got people like yourself on to do it rather than i mean we are going to be doing it but like you know take the pressure <laughs> of us a little bit if we happen to miss out on something yeah. um i feel like i because we haven't asked anyone in advance <laughs> but i've got i've got a top five in my head yeah. and i wonder how close to it i am what for me what as in my top five yeah okay. yeah yeah i've i've predicted like fucking pull the octopus <laughs> i have predicted your top five and i'm not going to tell you what it is in okay. case i get it spot on okay. but we're going to go through and i'll be honest yeah, please. if i get it right or not but um let's go with your number five what did you pick first of all okay um starting off at number well can, can i do a few honorable mentions first oh, of course, mate, quite, yeah. course you've got 35 of them haven't you so you can do yeah i know right yeah i'll, I'll <laughs> pick out a few i mean i mean stuff that didn't make um my top five um uh, Foles, Life is Yours, which was nice. Great album. Um, I finally got Foles this year. I finally got it. It just something just clicked in my head, and I was like, "Yeah, it's so fucking good that album." Um, Porcupine Tree, incredible comeback. Um, uh, Taylor Swift, fucking oh, yeah. banging okay. pop yeah. album. Again, I finally got Tay Tay this year. It finally clicked. banging <laughs> pop album. Yeah, I think For it's Midnight. Yeah. Banging pop album? Oh, I, th- I think yeah. so. Not much as not as much of a banging pop album as Harry Styles' Harry's Place. Fuck well, yeah, yeah. that's a banging pop what album. An album. Yes, yes, yeah. mate. Um, I, he was actually that was actually my film of the year as well. Don't don't worry, darling. Just like I get oh, that. Was it? Yeah. No, okay, I've not seen it's it. It's no. fucking great. It's great. He's not great in it, but it's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard he's quite bad. Well, he's t- he's and, too busy uh, spitting in Chris Pine's groin. Really, yeah, so. there's lots of shenanigans going on in that film. Anyway, we don't have time. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, done we've, done I mean, we've done that three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, Feeder Torpedo, I thought it was great. The last couple of albums was... have been, they've finally gone back to the polythene sounds. It's taken 25 fucking years. <laughs> so I'm going to fess up now. Feeder yeah. was one of my predictions for your top five. It was in there until a couple of weeks ago. Ah, it was in there until a couple of weeks up. ago, mate. Um, uh, Danger Mouse cheat codes just missed, mm-hmm. just missed by the width of a Rizzler paper man. Uh, but the, <laughs> the the biggest one for me, and I, I wish I could have got it in the list, was uh, was the latest album by Skid Row. Because it was fucking, oh, yeah, it was so much oh, better yeah. than it had any right to be. Slayer of shits, listen to Skid Row. Oh yeah, oh, they, oh fair, yeah, yeah. Eighteen and life's better than Angel of Death, is it? Yeah, fair, yeah. Man, yeah. Well, you know, definitely. you said it, not me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is poor advice. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's that, that's poor well, advice. You know, anyway, I'm, I'm a, I, I've been a staunch like you know hair metal de- defendant for most of my life, and um, this out al- that album, um, the latest album, it had it was so much better than it had any right to be. Um, I mean, they basically got a singer in that they discovered on I don't know, was it Swedish pop idol or something like that? Oh, he okay. basically sounds exactly like Seb Back did in '89. He can do all the screams and all that, and yeah, I mean it's a bit, you know, it's a bit. Um, what was it? What was that film Rockstar? You know, when they yeah, when they the when they yeah, got yeah, the guy, yeah. you know, the Judas Priest tribute band and all that. And uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know. Uh, but anyway, my number five records um, is um, was the thirty fifth full length album by Guided by Voices. Oh wow! Okay, mm-hmm. uh, cool. it was called Now I didn't. This is totally off my radar. Yeah. To be honest, this album. I mean, I, was, I know you're a big fan. Oh, massive! Come, we we spoke about it on when we did the Reading preview yeah. special about you know the biggest regret the bands you missed, and it was yeah the opportunity to have seen God of Our Voices at three Readings still eats me up inside. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, um, I mean they released three albums this year. They they usually release at least two, if not three, sometimes four albums a year, even this far into their career. It's ridiculous. 
Um, I'm an absolute kind of indie legends. I mean, this album is called uh, Crystal Nun Cathedral. Uh, come out in about March, April time, I think. Right. And uh, I mean, it's a perfect encapsulation of what makes this band so fucking special to me. Um, I mean, the quality is so high, it's laughable. Like, God knows how many songs Robert Pollard has written in his career. It's thousands now. He's like the soul kind of, he is God of our voices, basically. Um, mm. And I do generally think he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time that you've never heard of. He's in that kind of elite kind of club. Mm. If you know, you know. You never get like a casual Guided by Voices fan. They're usually kind mm. of frothing at the mouth and want, <laughs> wanting to show their kind of vinyl collection to you as you're walking away. Right. Um, but, you know, it's kind of wonderfully succinct this album. A lot of their kind of early stuff, the kind of more revered stuff from the like, mid to late 90s, it was very, it sounded like it was recorded on like a fucking boombox, you know, it's, it's pretty raw. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the songs were like sort of 40, 50 seconds long. But this album, um, it's got kind of genuine kind of structure to it. It's almost like, I don't know, if like Prime Era, like The Who, made an, made an indie pop album, it would sound like this. Oh, wow. Hey, cool. That's a hell of an elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You stick that, um, put that on the hype sticker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mate, they're one of those bands who you, I always saw their name. Yeah. I'd see them in every single NME, yeah. Melody Maker, Cube, end of year listing. And I'd always like, I, I don't know what this is. Mm. I don't know who they are. I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Like, no fucking idea. Just looking at it now, they've already got two albums ready to go out in 2023. Yep. yep. By the looks of things. Yeah, they have. Um, yeah. That's absolutely insane. So, yeah. They... they in that sense, I mean, again, I, I, I don't think I've ever listened to them. They're a bit like the Fall, yeah. where I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. That back catalogue, it's, it's, it's almost quite scary looking at it. It's like, where the fuck do I start? But yeah. I, I would actually say this is probably a perfect place to start for really? someone who okay. hasn't probably really listened because it's got everything that makes Scott Above Voices so fucking great on there. I mean, songs, songs mm. like Come North Together, and um, especially Never Mind the List. You'll lo- you'll I, g- I generally think you would love this, Steve and Sam. You both okay. really dig this. I think it's it's wonderful, kind of perfect slacker, you know, with pop hooks, and it's it's yeah, it's it's wonderful. And I I, I thought I felt I had to put a Guided by Voices album in there this year. Fair, fair All enough, right. man. I will check that out. Please definitely. do, please do, mate. Do, do you know that? Do you know? Are you aware of this band in any way at all, Sam? Because they have um, been around a long fucking yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard the name, and I feel like they're a band that I hear about from people who are massive obsessives of of that sort of form. Um, and as you say, I definitely have seen him pop up in like NME retrospectives and album of the year lists, and so on and so forth over the years. But I have never listened to a note of them. Um, yeah, well, sounds like this is going to be my first album. So looking forward to it. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll give that a listen definitely. All right, mm. mate. Number four. If a band that you love that much is number five, then Ma- band maybe up. I've got this badly wrong. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, number four. Uh, again, this it was so hard, kind of getting these in any kind of sort of semblance of order, especially like five, four, and three. But uh, number four for me was uh, the third album by Lil Karner. Hugo. Ah, fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Now, I definitely knew you were going to... Th- th- this is a this is a sort of almost a wild card because I know that you... Like, I, when I think of you, I think of kind of late 80s to, through the kind of two, mid-2000s indie, punk, metal, yeah. alt-rock, all that stuff mm. and that hip-hop from that yeah. era. But I knew because you said to me that you love this record. Yeah. 
I'm just going to say, I'm probably not going to say very much about this yeah. when you talk about it because it might be coming up in the next couple of weeks. I th- but I thought, go you, on. I thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it, I, I think it's a fucking hip hop masterpiece. I've been into him from pretty much day one. Like hearing him on, um, I remember seeing like a fire in the booth clip that he did years ago with, was it Charlie Sloth on, um, mm. on, uh, on Radio 1? I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And um, started hearing the stuff on, on Six Music. And um, he's no longer like the best kept secret in British music. Like, I mean, he announced that tour just after the album came out and it was an arena tour. He's doing Wembley Arena and stuff and it sold out like that. I was, I was, I was thinking, oh yeah, 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 you know, definitely going to see Lord Connor on, um, you know, on his tour next year and stuff. And I was like, nah, not a chance, mate. Gone. And, mm, um, and, and, and wow. fair fucking play, man. It seems to have been kind of bubbling for a while. But this is the album. Like when that first track um, dropped uh, a few months ago, uh, Hate, and like the video with like the one take, kind of, you know, with the three of three Lord Carners in like the mini Metro or something. And yeah, yeah I've not seen that. It's, yeah. The video is it's incredible. And it's, I've, and I've always loved his like almost vulnerable kind of delivery and those like, like jazz inflected kind of samples that he uses and stuff. It's very me. It's very kind of, you know, early to mid 90s. Um, in a similar sort of way that I I love the Danger Mouse album where you could almost kind of smell the mustiness of the record shops as they're doing the yep. crate digging and stuff. But I love the way this album goes deep in, uh, in on, um, I mean, really deep at times on like identity, mixed race roots, complicated relationships with father figures. Um, and it, it absolutely fooled me. Like I said, I mean, hate is like the ultimate call to arms and like, Lord Carner has never sounded heavier and more kind of pissed off as he does mm. in that song. And it, yeah, and look, um, produced by Quez, it's 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 kind of flawless with those, uh, with the synths and the jazz inflections. Um, but blood, blood on my Nikes, that's the tune for me. Mm. Um, I mean, look, it's, you know, it's like a, st- a stunning kind of exploration into the, into the almost normalization of violence. Um, mm. And yeah. It, it, it's really it's 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 bite my tongue. Yeah, yeah I'll bet. I'm, I'm, really, I'm sorry, mate. I'm, you know, it's, <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, it's, it's like one way conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, Have you heard of this I'm guy, like... Lord Carney? He's very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just like, okay, don't, don't, don't say anything. Um, mm. Sam, I don't know if, you, like, we, we reviewed it and we were both fucking frothing at the mouth mm. at this. Oh yeah, we yeah, really yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy to go uh, a little bit more in depth on my feelings on it. Um, it, it, it will come up at some point next week, but uh, not in my actual end of year list i'll put it that way um yeah this is fucking superb um i uh, feel yeah feel like i've been under a rock to have not heard lord carter and i know you're saying he's no longer the uk's best kept secret but it's like i feel like i probably should have heard him before uh, because this is an absolute masterclass. as you say the the depths of kind of emotional vulnerability and that stark just openness of it i think it's absolutely staggering and it's all just produced so lushly and it can be you know kind of beautifully warm and enveloping at one moment and then so cold and so stark at other times to really just match i don't know the intensity of what he's talking about i think blood on my nikes would be the moment for me as well i think you know him describing seeing the mum of a lad who has been stabbed um on the bus home after it's all happened it's like fucking hell it's powerful yeah. stuff it's it's a superb album i'm really really glad to hear that uh it's resonated so well with someone who is already into you know this kind of stuff from a different era i'm glad that it's translated so well so excellent it really really yeah, has really and good. i'm yeah uh, it, it, I, I try to it's, I, I definitely don't do it as much now as i'm getting older you know trying not to be kind of 
precious with those kind of secret little bands that you have and you almost get a bit annoyed when they get bigger you know like when um i mean you know this is one for steve sorry sam but like when a when a hit paid debt with nothing i was like no they're my fucking band how dare you where were you when five in the morning came out as a single do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i was at the reading alley cat exactly, when they were right? on the how Ace of buildings tour in front of no one yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, mate, we were all... I was about to say, we were all there. We weren't. There were about fucking 10 of us. Yeah. So yeah. that's definitely yeah. not true. Oh, no, th- um, there was but, actually... Yeah. There was two people there the first time I saw Ray. <laughs> yeah, that's twice as many as there were when I saw them the first yeah. time, I think. But yeah, but no, you're right. Yeah, you've got... I mean, someone... But the thing is, is A, you looked at that and you were like, well, that's a surprise because yeah. A, getting big. Yeah. This is not a surprise. This you, no. you can't You can't hang on to someone as clearly generationally brilliant as Loyal Kana yeah. and what he does no, in his no, record. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy that it's done as well as it has and the reviews across the board have just been, yeah, this is this is, in, this is an incredibly important British hip-hop album as far as I'm concerned. Mm, yeah. And it's the best one yeah, I've heard sure. in a long, long time. Mm. Um, go on in, number three, what's the bronze medal for you, Gaz? Uh, bronze medal coming in. Um, uh, in third place, we have um, the second solo album, from um, Paul Draper, X Manson. Oh right, okay. Cult, right now again, cult leader tactics. I, totally, totally flew under my radar. Yeah. This, but, but go on. Um, I mean, you're a Manson fan, Steve. I know that. I am now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember you yeah. like reviewing um, uh, six. Uh, like, yeah, I think six year? was the one because yeah. obviously, yeah. yeah I rem- you know, that was one where I'd seen that on so many lists. Yeah. And never listened to it mm. because I was just like, you know, I'm in a wide open spec. Yeah. And I just thought like, you know, you're just fucking teenage fan club with different haircuts or whatever, aren't Ooh, you? But like, it's a bit harsh, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I know, but that's what I thought when I was a kid. I was like, oh, stupid yeah. indie band. You yeah. know, by the time that came around, yeah. I wasn't really interested in that thing. Yeah. And then yeah. like years later, you listen to it and you yeah. go, oh shit, I got that badly wrong, yeah. didn't I? So, Massively. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, like I said, it's the second solo album. Um, incredible. Like... It's the closest we'll ever get to a new Manson album. It's much better than it. I mean, his first one, I think it was called Spooky Action, came out about four years ago. It was okay. I mean, it was the first kind of new music he'd done since, God, the last Manson album, I think it was 2000. And he just kind of disappeared. I think he was doing like production and stuff like that behind the scenes. Um, but it, it was great to have him like doing music again because I've always adored Paul Draper's voice, uh, his lyrics, his kind of songwriting style and stuff. Um, it's you know that kind of Gary Newman meets Duran Duran meets Magazine meets Tears for Fears kind of thing that they always had. Um, Manson were such, you know, they were obviously like lumped in with the whole Britpop thing, but there was so much more than that. It was like when I don't know Karang lumped Deftones in with New Metal. It was like it was so much more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, there was something just much kind of darker and sexier and slinkier about Manson than say Be Here Now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was, yeah. It was more, yeah, being a girl rather than lads, lads, lads. Yeah, it really was, not it? Um, but yeah, but it's, you know, it's, like, attacks, it's, it's loosely kind of based on like the concept of a self-help manual. Um, I mean, it fizzes along with all the, everything that made Manson such a great kind of band in the first place. Um, You've Got No Life Skills Baby was so close to being my my track of the year. The video is hilarious. I mean, it sounds like a lost Depeche Mode classic. You will, honestly, Steve, again, 
you fuck me you will love this <laughs> right it sounds okay. like high will as well yeah I mean, the only man the only manson i yeah. know is uh currently under investigation by the fbi so this is a <laughs> yeah yeah for me but yeah <laughs> um uh, uh, Stephen wilson from porcupine tree uh he duets on a fantastic track called amiga man which is great um there's a track oh, called wow. uh, dirty tricks which is it builds on this massive kind of tears for fears groove um you know, there's there's lots of really cool kind of yacht rock inflections on it. Um, yeah. Loads of Gary Newman kind of vintage synths, and uh, yeah, but it's it's the best thing Paul's put his name to since since six, which was what ninety eight, and yeah. yeah, it yeah again genuinely yeah floored me because his first album I was like it, it's it, it was okay it was good but this one yeah it's he's gone back to doing that kind of concept thing again that he did with six. Right, okay. And, uh, wow, fucking hell. Yeah. Mate, that's a great shout because yeah. I, I wasn't even aware yeah. that that was a thing. Yeah. So I am definitely going to check that out because, yeah, mm. I was just sort of totally blown away by that mm. record when I heard it and I felt like such mm. a fool as a man who's like, oh, I know all the stuff from the 90s <laughs> and then to just be like completely <laughs> ignorant about that album was ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. So um, good shout. What's it called again, the album? Uh, cult, the name cult Leader Tactics. Cult Leader Tactics. All right, sweet. I'm going to find that in a bit uh nice. number two that is a strong mm. five four three so you two and you one mm. probably Better not be good be... mate Better be good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pressure. probably not what i what i pre- what i predicted to be honest but go on yeah yeah <laughs> uh, right number two um again oh this number one and number two it, even gods like i was listening to my number one number two albums on the drive home earlier and I was still kind of like, are they the white road, man? What do I put in the ball? Fuck. Yeah. And I was like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to leave it as it was. So number two uh, is Blending by Hi-Viz. Hey. Great stuff. What a mm. fuck. It's, this is this mm. has got me all over it. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, jangly post-punk meets baggy psychedelia. Um I mean, talk for hours is like when that kicks in. It's it's just Oasis meets the Happy Mondays meets the Cocteau Twins. But it's also got a bit of like, because you know, funnily enough, I didn't know you were going to pick this, but mm. I was because you know we're doing our top twenty yeah. and stuff. I listened to this record last night, yeah. right? And when that came in, I was like, "There's a bit of epitaph in this, isn't there? There's a yeah. little yeah, bit yeah, of yeah, sort yeah. of epitaph, yeah. sort of sneering." Yeah, I mean, yeah obviously, there's, Liam there's punk snarl. But... I mean, they came from that kind of London hardcore yeah. scene, didn't they? Yeah, uh, um, Liverpool hardcore. Uh, just uh, I know somebody would be very, very annoyed if you oh, uh, say London hardcore. They are oh, very no. much immersed. <coughs> Sorry, there was a frog in me throat. I'm obviously, mate. That's Liverpool. all right. Obviously, Liverpool, my friend. <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Just, just so you don't, you know, so you're allowed to go and see them. That's all I'll yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking call me a fucking hey, Londoner, you hey, bastard. Fuck off, mate. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, go on. Yeah, let's talk more about this. Um, great <laughs> record. Yeah, great. Go on. Um, I mean... There's a lot of ride on this album, which is wonderful as far as I'm concerned. Those kind of shoegazy kind of swirls and the kind of more kind of like punkier end of Oasis as in like the, you know, uh, what's it called? Bring It On Down and stuff like that. Massive, the drums, production on the drums on this album is amazing. The toms Mm. sound so big, so Mm. big. And, but it's, it's, it's the hooks. It's just, I'm a sucker for... Like, uh, uh, like what's song? Uh, Out cold. You know the way it starts off with that huskadoo riff. It just sounds like it just sounds like something Bob Mould would come up with in about '88. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 
when then when it goes into the chorus, it's it's so it's so British and like like I've been kind of pretty much firmly entrenched in like the British kind of DIY punk scene of the last I don't know fifteen twenty years um, of band, you know bands like say you know Milloy and um, Vanilla Pods uh, you know Faintest Idea all all these like incredible UK punk bands who they they take those american influences but put a brilliant british slant on them and i think hivers do that so amazingly um i, I went back because I, I i generally i'd never heard of this this band until a good friend of mine uh, he, he texted me going oh new hivers album's out and uh, i was like okay what who I, I don't know he was like he was like mate you'll fucking love it just trust me just just play it and then send me a text in half an hour going thank you <laughs> and, I did. and yeah it's it's been one of those albums like my number one album that has been repeated plays have only made me love it even more I think the songs are so fucking strong and given me because you know I'm not going to lie there's been a bit of darkness this year and stuff but it's albums like this that kind of give me hope and raise a smile in, in some of the kind of weirder times of the year and stuff that I've had and it's given me kind of something to hold on to and um, give me a nice kind of nostalgic hug because it reminds me of so much mm. stuff that I've grown up with and uh, yeah. yeah it's 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 truly truly helps I hope that kind of makes up for me saying they're from London <laughs> I'm, sure I'm, sure I'm sure they won't mind. I'm sure they won't mind. Yeah. Uh, again, I might not talk about this that much. Yeah, yeah me neither. Spoiler. Good okay. times. Yeah. Um, we all, we all have taste. What a shocker. We, we, I mean, but again, it's a similar story. I was going to say, yeah. my mate sent this to me and yeah. he just went, you know, every band you love from every genre you love. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. And I yeah. went, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And I was like, it can't yeah. be though, can it really? Surely. It's, and it sort of is. It, isn't it? Isn't it great when mates know you so well, they can just go listen to that. Mm. Trust me, you will fucking love it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, it's really I, good. I, I basically had the same experience, but a slightly longer term one which is a mate of mine paddy uh told me to listen to this band on their debut album and i never got round to it and he said yeah. mate have you listened to the new high visits like oh i haven't even listened to the last week he said fucking stick it on yeah. and it's like oh i was an idiot i should listen to you more shouldn't i mm. yeah it's dead good that <laughs> dead good anyway yeah I, I i haven't got many of these right to be honest but um go on what's your number one guys i think you've got this one right steve do you want to announce I it I might... <laughs> do you want to announce it um <laughs> did did they direct jaws yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Yes, we have the Steven Spielbergs. <laughs> with uh This is a very good record. Vesley. Oh my goodness me. Uh yeah. Best Norwegian band since Aha. Come on. Ooh, oh fucking hell. Varg Vikernes. Varg is not happy. Mental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mental. Yeah, 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 come and find me, mate. <laughs> I'm just north of Peter well. or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um yeah, yeah this album is this album's cool. It's it yeah. Good. Like I was saying about um High Viz. Again, I, God knows how many times I've listened to this album since um I I'm trying to remember where it came out. I can't remember when when I came on. Um when I came on right. It was about August time. Some yeah, July, August yeah, time. just before yeah, Reading. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, of course, yeah, and, and literally, I don't think a couple, I don't think maybe 
two days have gone past where I haven't listened to this, or I've put something else on, like, oh, God, let's just, just, just put something else on now. Just, just listen to, I don't know, fucking Collapse Lung, or, so, you know, <laughs> or someone like that, and I'll be like, yeah, I just want to listen to Spielberg's again. And I just can't help what? it. There's, it's everything I love about emo, punk, alternative rock. Uh, it, it's 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 just like it's almost just I don't know like Gaz Bingo you know Idlewild check Biffy check Jimmy well check Get Up Kids check bit of Swerve Driver check you know House I win you know it, it, it's it's all on there and it's it's so anthemic um, they took all the great things from the first album um, which is was incredible and it was uh, my album of the year in 2018 and they've kind of distilled it and made it to sound even bigger and like rawer and pissed off um and you know the, the like I said when when I reviewed it with you Steve like the way it goes from um like the end of there is no way out into that beautiful classical piece uh, goodbye and then when it goes into me and my friends and that whole like last five tracks of the album uh, you know, George McFly and songs like this. It's faultless, faultless alternative rock, as far as I'm mm. concerned. And I, I can't give this band enough plaudits. They're two for two now for me. And I, mm. I can't fucking wait to see where they go next. Yeah, you know, you know I listen. I, I, so my, my guesses for your top five were mm. Feeder Placebo, Loyal Karna, Beach Beachheads. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Beachheads was great. It's nowhere near as good as the first one, though. But, okay, no, I, yeah. you're probably right, actually. Yeah. Um, and and this. Yeah. And I was like, well, the only one I'm sure about is this. Well, and Lord, I was quite sure about Lord Connor, but yeah. I thought it's this. So I went back and listened to it. Mm. And yeah, I, I, this is great. I mm. hadn't listened to it for a little while. Yeah. Even though I was, very, I was super keen at the time, but yeah. you know, just as life goes on. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, it does. It, it does sort of the same thing as High Viz does, just with different types yeah. of music. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's really good. Have you listened to this, Sam? I have, yeah. I've not been back to it for quite a while myself, actually. I listened to it uh, after hearing the two of you review it, and mm. I was like, oh, yeah, Spielberg's. I remember the debut being yeah, really, really good. Uh, yeah, no, it's an album I've really enjoyed this year. Mm. It's uh, not been one that has connected with me as much as mm. uh, others. I mean, obviously, I've got my 20 coming next week and everything. Mm. But yeah, it's a super strong album. Um, yeah, Spielberg, it's, it's just so much fun, isn't it? It's a yeah. really nice kind of, it's a warm hug of an album yeah. it's lovely uh, yeah I, I'd be very very keen I'd be very keen to see him live to be honest yeah. I'd be very keen to see where they go next so yeah very very strong album of the year you get a yeah. thumbs up from me good top five Gaz a good top five let's just do Cheers, a few man. more things before you head off sure um, gig of the year oh uh, well don't say what I think you're going to bloody say but I think I know what you're going to say oh well now you see you know I, I knew you were going to think that but uh, it's not that okay Symposium reform this year. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It basically, yeah. Turns you into like uh, a fourteen-year-old schoolgirl yeah. <laughs> at Harry Styles concert. How excited was I when I saw you in London a few weeks ago, mate? <laughs> I, I had to turn around to, to Dave, who we were with, and go, uh, he's, "He's he's going to see symposium," and he was like, "He's fucking that excited about." It. I was like, "You were really excited, <laughs> yeah. really excited." Anyway, um, but it, I mean. But, to like quickly run down like my top my top three gigs of the year like n- number three was it was uh, uh when i went to see reef and a oh nice yeah oh, mate a supporting reef 
Oh, was, what a night out that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, Back in 1999. Oh, my God. It was... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did... Uh, like, Jason Perry, like, did, he did this thing called the age-appropriate mosh pit, which was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It was just loads of people in their mid-40s just walking. It's <laughs> very good, that. that it, was is good. Ge- it was fucking genius. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, coming in at number two, uh, there's a pattern form in it. It was Symposium. Uh, but my, oh, my gig nice. of the year... Uh, was the uh, reunion show that Headswim did. Um, oh, in, yeah, cool. You see, yeah. yeah in, uh, I was October. away, I was in Greece yes. but, um, when that was going on. But yeah, yeah I would have liked to have seen that. That was uh, that was special. It was really, really, really special. I mean, the symposium was just like, I, I don't know, opening up a dozen cans of Red Bull and just spraying them everywhere. It was loads of fucking fun, kinetic energy. Mm. Ross spent most of the gig in the fucking crowds, crowd surfing and stuff. Um, but like seeing seeing head swim, like I saw symposium so many times back in the day, as did you. You know, you knew what they were going to play. They played everything; it was great. But I only I only ever saw head swim once, and that was when they opened up the main stage at Reading in ninety eight, I think ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, and by that point in their career, they weren't really playing anything off the first album. And when they did this reunion, uh, like a good friend of mine, um, he um, he. A guy called Joel, he runs uh, Trapped Animal Records, Wicked Little Indie label, and um, they they re-released um, Headswim's debut album, Flood, um, earlier on this year. The heavy one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the one that, that sounds like Soundgarden meets Pearl Jam if they were from North mm. London. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and they did the whole album in its entirety at the Underworld, and it was it was wonderful. Um, d- d- just hearing those songs live and they finished with uh, to- uh they did tourniquet like the hit of the second album and um yeah it was they still got it they could considering that they haven't done a gig since about 2001 they sounded absolutely fucking incredible yeah and uh yeah a couple of days later i got covid so yeah hey. oh no <laughs> worth it though yeah. well, worth way it. to celebrate Mate. yeah i know right yeah. mm-hmm. Mate, I've probably, I mean, we haven't actually recorded it yet, but I've probably talked about, in a similar way, about Girls Against Boys at the garage the other day. And yeah. I'm, um, most people probably forgotten about oh, that. Oh, wh- incredible. Did that, was that House of GSBB? GSBB, oh. yeah. They didn't play it in full, though. They didn't, I don't know. I'm all right with, no, but that was the la- the latest stuff they played oh. was from that album. They well, didn't play anything after, from sort of Freak on Icker. Or oh, the oh they didn't do like see. Park Avenue or anything. That's a shame. No. I know, yeah. All this, I mean, you can't. You I know. Be already hearing this, but like, you can't fight what you can't see is my favorite album. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but they're that fucking good. Yeah, they are. The they're fucking still amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Sam, do you know Head Swim at all? You familiar? I can't. With I can't say I do actually. No, I oh, mean, there's um, a patron coming for you, yeah, lad. Another nineties <laughs> band for you. Yeah. To slack off. Let's hope Stone Gossard's not had his fingers all over it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. They're definitely. I, I. I will check out that debut album. It's great, I mean, yeah. yeah that, that's a good elevator pitch. Stone Garden, uh, Stone Garden, Pearl Jam meets uh, Soundgarden by way, well, by way of North London. North London, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give yeah. it a try, ma- man. Ma- massive riffs, yeah. I think mm. you'd dig it. I do like riffs. Oh, so there's riffs good. on that out first album. Fuck me. Um, yeah, and I do like the idea of an age-appropriate mosh pit because actually Steve sent me a video from the Girls Against Boys yeah. uh, gig that he was at, yeah. and uh, I've never seen a crowd look so bored during someone doing a cover of Joy Division. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what what, Joy, Div- what Joy Division cover was it? Oh, she lost uh, control, wasn't it? Oh, okay. yeah, she lost control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they used to uh, do like, that back in the day, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every, I was mm. just standing there, and it was like, yeah, bad backstock, isn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not, they're not dancing to anything anymore. The, those days are gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, you've also picked a reissue of the year. I, 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 I have, mate. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's not Symposium as great as hits. It's all right. It's not. <laughs> but no, it's, no, it's actually um, the. <laughs> it's um, like the. Uh, I think it's a lovely people at uh, is it Demon Records who do like the lots of re- lots of really cool reissues of '90s stuff. <laughs> right. Um, they they uh, they put out again um, the first two albums from Silver Sun. Right. Okay. Yeah. A couple of months ago, um, which which go for. I mean, I've, I've I've fortunately still got my original copies of. They they go for a, a pretty penny these days, mm-hmm. um, and I Silver Sun were always one of those bands that I always t- say to people, "Do you remember Silver Sun?" And a lot of people don't. They might remember like their one big hit, which was a Johnny Mathis cover. <laughs> um, but it's always the band where I'm like, "You need to listen to Silver Sun. You will love Silver Sun." You know, they kind of sound like cheap trick with with like kind of buzzsaw guitars and Beach Boys harmonies. Yeah, they were sort of the like this sort of Br- the Brit rock Weezer. Yeah, they? They they were, yeah, the, perfect. the, the yeah. sort of nerd yeah. nerd we like British nerd core or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and they, you know, and unfortunately, like the singer James, who died, who died, I don't know, about three, four years ago now. Um, and it, and it was just lovely that um, that these are, are are out there again, so people can buy them and stuff. And it, it's yeah, it's just it's just a really nice thing to to see like like um there seems to be a lot of people kind of in whenever i, I see posts about silver sun on twitter it always seems to get a lot of likes and like reposts and stuff like this and you know the fans are still there and it's always nice to see because you know those singles off that first album you know golden skin last day julia um absolutely fucking lava absolutely insane yeah never owned that album and I, no. I, I might have heard it back in the day I'm sure I must have heard it back yeah. in the day because yeah. so somebody always owned one of those records yeah, but yeah. I, I do I remember Golden Sun being a single yeah. as well and I remember Kerrang sort of just make it being like oh look at the specky indie yeah, boys like yeah. doing their maths and stuff and that's sort of all I really remember about it so I feel bad so I feel like I'm going to go and listen to that album and yeah. give it the proper it's, I feel like it's, maybe it's a bit of a lost classic again it, a 90s it, album that I don't remember very I know well. mate Shit. I'm, e- I'm educating you, mate. It's all right. We're all friends <laughs> no, here. On, on my, my <laughs> on your no, podcast. On my podcast. <laughs> See you in Strasbourg. My, my <laughs> specialist chosen subject. Yeah. Uh, anyway, got anything else? Any, anything you want to shout out? Any highlights? Any things from the year that you feel? Passionate uh, well, you well. Uh, I mean, I, I, you asked me to pick a track of the year. Yep, go for that. Go for that. Um, well, it, it comes from probably my 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 the album, the, the biggest disappointment of an album. I heard this year, which was unfortunately um, a puppy's second album, which I was gutted. I don't think it was much cop. The first album was fucking incredible. I love the goat. I still listen to the goat, but mm. the first single off it, the kiss. I mean, it's fucking. It's the best Billy Corgan riff since 1995, isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It was between that and Beachheads that I was going to pick as maybe one of your top five because I thought our oh, puppy will be absolutely a bit of you. I- yeah. I like that album. It's much more pumpkin yeah. It's maybe not as much fun, but mm. I, I actually quite like Pure Evil. I liked it a lot, and I'm surprised that people have been so kind of disappointed by it. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think it is quite as instantaneous and shimmery in its kind of melodies. And mm. as you say, Steve, it's, I don't think it's quite as fun, but it's like, well, just be more miserable. Just don't like fun. That's the easy way. <laughs> then you'll like is. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Sam. Oh, Stop having fun. Big goth yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> Still too much fun, even though it's not as much fun. Yeah. Still too much fun. Um, when Puppy come out with like fucking a Godflesh covers album. That's yeah, too right. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Boo, yeah. don't do Black Hole. <laughs> do shut me down. 
Uh, uh, good. Um, we don't have time to play Entombed, but we are going to play Street Cleaner in full. Uh, <laughs> doesn't make sense, does it? Uh, anyway, uh, anything else, Gaz? Um, well, you know, massive highlight was, um, you know, being on here the first time, being invited back for the second time, and having you on my podcast, mate. That was an yeah, absolute man, pleasure. And fun, uh, yeah, uh, buying Curb Dog tickets for next year, that was a big highlight of this year. Hey, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he likes everyone he knows what he likes yeah yeah, no yeah. About it. yeah can we talk about brit rock have you heard <laughs> mate it's lovely having you on always a pleasure always always a pleasure and you might hear more from gaz if you're on our patreon page very very soon but mate um good luck again with the podcast it is a lot it's a real it's like a real like fun podcast to be on and Cheers, i've listened to a bunch of them and whoever you have on mm. and no matter what they pick mm. you're always really kind of knowledgeable knowledgeable and enthusiastic about it. and i think that is uh that is a cool thing so we always want to kind of big you up and you're just a just a nice man as well oh, cheers mate appreciate that go on sam say something nice to our guests come on come on uh you've got beautiful eyes thanks <laughs> i look a bit dark in, in the laptop picture that's what he likes about them that's oh, what he likes about them anyway i like i hate the fun i like the dark. oh no go get away oh god uh anyway cheers for coming on man much appreciated no problem mate merry christmas you filthy animals merry christmas all right, shout out Gaz for coming on. Lovely stuff, lovely time. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like I say, we just wanted to give a voice to a few of our friends and peers. I was going to say marginalised voice. No, no, you never hear about white men talking about music, do you? I mean, that is a big problem no, in the music no. industry. Um, but like I say, when we do this again, we do this next year, um, I will probably reach out to the, the same people and say, do you want to come on and stuff? But, you know, nice to get a bunch of new albums. Nice to get our tastes kind of... Um, uh, like affirmed by people that we like and respect and yeah you know uh, it, it was a good time it was nice so that is what you our listeners that is what our friends and peers think about 2022 hope you've enjoyed the show we're going to go now like I say please give us a give us a little review if you like follow us on Twitter it will be me now we're just doing all of our social media stuff uh, I'll try to be yep. semi-professional um, fuck you Elon Musk you <laughs> bastard give me my fucking any anything non-professional you want to talk to Steve about, please um, direct them through me because my Twitter account is fine. Yeah, that's so. fine. And I'm not going anywhere. Um, we'll be back next week. Our top twenty albums and our sort of review of the year over the next couple of weeks is coming. So those will be the next two things, and then it'll be Christmas. And hey, we might even have a little surprise Christmas treat coming for you right around the festive season too. We'll see. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later, Sam. Bye. See you next time. See you time. next time. Bye-bye.